<laughs> All right, guys, we are live. Episode 42 of the Salt Lake Sit Down. This is one I've been wanting to do for quite some time. Uh, I've got one of my favorite guys with me today. I'm very happy to have him on. I've got Ryan Stone with me today. Here's the thing, guys. We're not going to be talking about red pill today. We're not going to be talking about how to get the girls and, you know, wipe your ass and brush your teeth and don't shit your pants. We're going to be actually talking about the art of storytelling to some degree and also the video creation process, particularly how Ryan does it. And I'm going to be obviously throwing in my two cents of how I do it. I was uh, telling Ryan early here while we were shooting the shit and realized, fuck, we got to go live, is that I've been following him from very early on. And so I've been watching him not only grow his channel as far as subscribers go, but I've been watching him from his early videos up to his most recent stuff and watching him grow as a content creator, as an editor, as a storyteller. And, you know, so yes, I'm fluffing you right now, Ryan, because you've done an amazing job. <laughs> and, and I've enjoyed it uh, a lot because one of the things I've noticed about a lot of other content creators in our sphere, in our, in our little fucking circle, not that they don't make good content, because they do, but they don't, they're more just kind of like what mine can be, is kind of talking head, they turn on the mic and then they go. And there's nothing wrong with that. But you actually tell a story in addition to giving out the message, giving out the nugget, the, the red meat sometimes, whatever it may be. And I find most of uh, the other guys, it's, okay, how, how long can I sit here and stare at the talking head before I start getting bored? Dude, that and, freaks me out, by the way. Do you know? Do you remember those, like, when 1984, like, V for Vendetta, all those things? There's always that one scene that lets you know it's dystopia when there's some idiot yelling into the screen mm -hmm. about them. And every time I see a YouTube video, I'm like, how cyberpunk did we got? <laughs> that's why I don't like doing them if I don't have to. <laughs> uh, and I get that. And, you know, and that's one of the fun things is that your videos are so different. Even though you're saying a lot of the same message a different way, yours are so different that it's like, oh, I can I can sit through this because it's not done the exact same way that everybody else is doing. And so yeah. I've really I've really come to appreciate your your style, I guess, or your take on it. That it's like, okay. And like I was telling for the guys in the chat, um, I was telling Ryan that what got me into Da Vinci, which is what he's also got up on his screen there, was a conversation that he and I and a couple of handful of other dudes were having on Twitch one day. And I had asked Ryan, you know, hey, when you edit your videos, what are you using? And he's like, oh, I use Da Vinci. And I'd heard about it, but I had never downloaded it because at that time I was using Filmora which is a great video editor itself. Um, their latest version, 10 or X, uh, is very phenomenal. And it, in my opinion, where I've used both, it, it's, it's up there with DaVinci. DaVinci has a very, very steep learning curve, in my opinion, because 
coming from Filmora, which is very uh, user-friendly, very intuitive, very simplified, but it's very powerful. Going from that to DaVinci, it was like I had to literally relearn almost how to edit videos all over again. Yeah. And, well, and I, go ahead. Yeah. Well, I was going to say the part I like about it, yeah, is because you're focused. You have to focus on the fundamentals, like literally like here. Um, actually, you know what? I'll talk about it later. But like when I start a project and I didn't know how to use this thing, the first thing I learned is how do you cut? <laughs> but then I had to focus on the cuts, which is like the most important part of video editing. But you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I'm not worried about, oh, this fancy button here that gives me the Instagram filters. Like, no, it's how do I how do I put one foot in front of the other? How do I make the volume of the sound go up? What's the ideal sound? And then I focus on those things. And nobody knows those things. They just know when those things aren't there. It's like shoveling your driveway, right? Nobody notices until it's not done. (laughs) Absolutely. And, And it's funny when you mentioned audio, that was also a big sell to me, I guess, when it comes to uh, DaVinci mm-hmm. with the, the Fairlight page. Uh, it is literally a full-fledged digital audio workstation because one of the other programs I've used on occasion, and I definitely use it for my audio-only stuff, mm-hmm. is a thing called Reaper. Oh, you Man. use Reaper? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Reaper's awesome, dude. I mean, it's got so many bells and whistles. Oh, it's it's the DaVinci for audio. Yeah. Totally, it is. But I didn't like the idea of, okay, I gotta record my video in like Filmora or in OBS and then take it over to Filmora, do all my cuts and edits and everything else, and then dump it over into Reaper and then refine the sound and process all the sound to get it the way I want it, and then go dump it back into Filmora again to finalize it, master mix it down, and here we are. And, and I, I hated doing that, even though I could. And with DaVinci, the majority of the stuff that I need anyway is in DaVinci, kind of like it is in Reaper. And it's like, oh, God, this is great. And a lot of that, at least for me, was kind of native. That it's like, oh, I can do side compression. I can do this. I can do that to mix the sound to make the background music and everything fit yeah. with the, the audio volume. And... Filmora is still, they're getting better, but that's one area they lack. Their their audio tools are very simplistic and very, uh, to me at least, they, they're lacking. It's like, no, because I, I believe that audio is probably half of your video. Oh, you I'd know. say it's more like 70, 80%. Is it? Yeah, it's like everything I've seen on YouTube and from the performance of my videos is people will put up with potato quality video as long as your audio is switched. And you know what? I would agree with that. And not to not to throw the guy under the bus, uh, not to shit on Aaron Clary, but I'm going to shit on Aaron Clary for a second. And that's simply because where he does his videos and he's using a, a Blue Yeti. Mm-hmm. And those videos are great. I don't mind them. I think they're fantastic. But what's funny to me is when he'll do his car rants on occasion, which he oh, doesn't yeah. do too often anymore. That's but because I we w- keep making fun of the Rolo Tomasi guys talking from their Toyota Tacomas and Honda Civics. He's well, probably yeah. like, oh, that bad horse is done. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you know what? And, and you know what? It should be. Because 
one of the times that he did do one and he had uh, uploaded it as an audio, which is where I would listen to him versus going through YouTube. I'd go like through SoundCloud or whoever the hell he's using for his audio version. Mm -hmm. And that way I could focus on driving while I was at work. Right. Well, the crazy thing is I would get so distracted from the road noise of his car. So you could, you know, you could hear the if he had the window open or if the, just going down the road noise, the stuff, the car, the vibrations, shit rattling. And it would be so distracting trying to listen to him rant and rave while he's driving down the road that I would end up ejecting out of that audio real quick. It's like, yeah, I can't do this. You know, and and that's where for me it's like that's why besides the whole you know the Rolo Tomasi clones ranting in their cars, that is also <laughs> why I don't do car videos. Is God, it, it, I just it's like Aaron, I just I can't listen to your stuff while you're driving around and I'm hearing street noise and all this other crap going on. I yeah, which is too bad because if you have good soundproofing in your car, I can see it being a decent little studio. It's fairly intimate. There's a lot of like noise cancellation in the seats and all the fabric around there. Although he doesn't drive. What does he drive? Does he actually I, drive a Honda I, Civic? Or? I, I No, I, I'm trying to think what the hell he does drive. He said it at one point and I forget now what the hell but he But I'm assuming it's like a normal car. It's nothing yeah. like rich with his R8, oh. which by the way, definitely designed for noise cancellation in that car. Oh, I believe that. Yeah, no, no. He, Aaron's, no, Aaron's driving the equivalent of a Ford Pro. So. <laughs> gotcha. He's driving a used piece of shit that he bought somewhere that he keeps in good shape. But he, he, yeah, he's not spending money on cars like Rich does. So. Uh, well, I guess one here for the audience, guys. We we're talking a lot about what tools to use, but we haven't really talked about why. And I'm hoping we're not losing you here. Do you mind if I just get into like jump right some into of the whys? It, by all means. Okay, it's funny. When you make things with this, there's always a why. And as soon as you can answer the why, it makes sense. So if we're going to do a video, we start a new project. I mean, that part's easy. Oh, yeah, damn it. All right, I got to fix the goddamn window. I forgot because I have mine in a multi-meter monitor setup, so I'm going to switch it to a single monitor setup. Okay. Oh, dual screen, dual screen on. There we go. So it's, now it's a single screen. We're going to add it up. If you guys get used to it, definitely setting it up where... There it is. You have a dual setup. It's much better. We're all going to go silent on this one. Almost no view of us of our ugly mugs. It's just going to be straight up content. Then you're left with this goddamn window. Absolutely brutal to look at. I just figured I'll put together me making a pot of coffee because it's like it's good footage that I always have on hand if I need it. And I won't get into how to organize these things, but let's just say, okay, we want to do a video where I'm making coffee. So what's the first step? I'm going to, you know what? I'll just drag it all in here. Where's it? Bean, blend, oil. Oops. The first window is where you input all your stuff into your media pool. That's an easy one. The only thing to worry about on this is formats because you were talking about taking stuff, recording it on OBS. Mm -hmm. A lot of guys don't know that a really great format to film in OBS is something called MKV. Okay. Mm -hmm. Because if your stream gets cut off halfway through, if you're filming in like an MP4 or an ABI, mm -hmm. it'll ruin your entire footage. Like it has to be a continuous full clip. But MKV, if it crashes, you'll get everything up to the last keyframe. So at most, you lose about three seconds of what you already have. Nice. Now, see, that right there for me is worth the price of admission. I didn't even know that. I know the MKV format. I know what you're talking about, but yeah. I didn't realize that. But here's the problem with that, though, is that uh, DaVinci can't edit MKVs. 
I've something to do with the way the wrapper is set up, and okay. I won't get into wrappers and underlying yeah. codecs and that. But it has a Remux option, which it converts it to an AVI after you're done. So you have two copies of the file. You have your raw, and then you have your editable. Okay. Drag the editable one in here. So this one is just for like viewing through all your media files. What kind of files do I have? On? So you can take a look. All right, what file do I want to use it first? I'll start with that one. Pouring beans into a cup. Easy one. So that's beans 7. You go to this window. This is your editing window. This is your special effects window. This one's your color. The mouse works. Okay, good. This is color yep. correction. This one's fair light. I don't play with much as I should. And this is the one where you're actually rendering your videos. Yep. The editing one's the one you spend the most time. Do you spend any time in the cut page at all? What you mean? Well, I know with DaVinci, there's the cut page, which is... What version of DaVinci like, are you the, using? Oh, 15. Oh, okay. Oh, my God. Wow. Here's okay. the thing. Version 16, they're uh, billing it as a full version. The problem is it's not a full version. It's actually a uh, beta version. And you're talking about 17 being the beta. Because that's where we're at now is 17. Oh, the 17? Okay, 17 yeah, is 16 probably the full is 16. Here's, well, here's the problem with 16. When I go through 16, the way it renders videos, like as you're pre-doing this, it actually creates a cache of like low quality stuff that is good enough for you to make your edits to. So you don't uh -huh. actually have to go through 16 gigs of video every time and everything slows right to a halt. All right. For some reason, DaVinci 16 wasn't able to use your uh, video card very well. And so it just grinds viewing to a halt. So I had to go back to 15. I haven't... <sighs> I might upgrade to 17, but I know what you're talking about. There's like the quick editing window and the normal one. I just yeah, there's the cut page and then the edit page. Yeah, I'm looking at your icons at the bottom. It's like, you, you don't have the cut page. It's like, yeah, but I, I mean, I never use the cut page anyway. I'm sure oh, okay. it's easy, but again, that's the beauty of DaVinci is that everything you want to do, there's five different ways to do it, so there's no way you're limited. The one thing I forgot to do, though, is the first thing you do is go into your project set. This stuff's important. Otherwise, you're going to screw up your video. I don't even worry about the timeline resolutions. If you're making a YouTube video, for example, if you want an end card, you need 16 by 9 formatting. So that's 1920 by 1080, 1280 by 720, 720 by 480. You know the HD, SD formats, yes. I'm pretty sure. Now, my last video, the Stedman one, if you'll notice, it has like a different format. It's, I call it like the Lawrence of, Lawrence of Arabia or uh, IMAX, which is 2.2 by 1. So this ends up being, if I'm not mistaken, 810. It's technically supposed to be 817, but the way programs render is that if you do it in odd numbered frames, it fucks everything up. So for YouTube, they actually lower it down to 18 or 810. Just realize if you do this, you can have something that looks more cinematic, it changes your framing, but you can't have end cards. So like these are choices you make right away. I don't worry about this shit. Frame rate, again, these are choices that matter right away. If you're doing, I mean, this was old CRT TVs, 23.97 seconds. 24 is like film, movie films. 29.97 is also uh, uh, TV frame rates. 30, oh, it's supposed to replicate 30. And then there's 60. So if you're doing like hardcore game footage, like football or video games, 60 might make sense for you, especially if your video games run at 60 frames per second. Me, I almost always stick with 24. I like, like there's a blurriness that happens to movement because you're only showing at 24 frames a second. And that's an aesthetic choice on my side. Like I'm sure you guys have seen where you walk into Best Buy and then used to watch the Avengers, but the Avengers looks kind of too clean. Does that make sense? Yeah. 
Yeah. You guys know what I'm talking about. That's because they're showing that shit at like 60 frames. So just yep. try it yourself. When you make videos, try rendering one at 24, one at 60, and you'll see the difference. And that, it's like really a creative choice you got to make there. I like the idea of this. It makes the idea of these things being movies. My whole point of making movies is I want evergreen content. I don't like doing, hey, remember the latest gossip? Prince Harry's a cuck. <laughs> like people will watch that for like a month and then they'll never watch. Like nobody's watching a Tim Pool vo- video right now about Trump's plan for the White House. this November 16th now and he's going to do this 40 thing. Like nobody cares anymore. Right. So the idea of this is kind of like, yeah, tap into that. Now this is all subconscious. This is the kind of thing that your brain might register on a subconscious level, but you're never even going to think about it. I'm going to leave all this shit because we don't have to worry about it. Uh, then we drag, so you just start, we'll drag our clips and we'll just grab a uh, bean seven and bean. That's the problem too. If you film, it's always good to film in the same frame rate that you're recording, that you're going to make this on. Yes. Now this is an exception. I'll tell you why I'm doing, I didn't do it in this one. It's because there's panning shots here and it's something I learned when you're filming. If you want to have smoother movement and you don't have a gimbal, what you can do is you film it at like 120 frames per second and then you slow the footage down so this is just me holding a camera and panning left to right but because it's a lot faster you're going to get very very slow movement see what i mean it's just inching yeah okay and so what i can what i want you to do is just go to your clip speed now if you do 500 it'll be oops that's the other thing you can't actually select the duration which is annoying you can change your frames per second or your speed although also another option Enter it manually by double clicking and typing the number or just click and drag. That thing is really nice. You can also reverse it. Freeze frame. I'll get into that in just a second. So let's say if it was 500, you'll see this is about how fast it was me moving pi normal. See how it's kind of jittery there? Yeah. But the idea was if you move it to like four or 300 percent. And this is why I, I use 15, not 16, by the way, because this shit will grind the computer to a halt on 16. The movement looks much smoother even when it's still got the same things. It's just like a nice little, it's like an Instagram filter for their face. (laughs) Um, So that part I like. Also, if you want to, like you'll notice, let's say you're doing, like it goes over to here and you want to add clips. I can't remember where it is on this one. (laughs) See, normally it's always open for me now. There's the part here where you can select your, oh, effects. Yeah, effects. effects library. There you go. Titles. Yep. So let's say I want to add a title here. Now, you know, it's pretty easy. Select your title. Um, these are just different versions of this. Like you can make these yourself. It's not a big deal. I don't like using their templates. Mm-hmm. Scroll. You can make it yourself, but this is so much easier. And text plus, that's a powerful one. That's what I'm talking about. Special text. I'll show you that. Okay. But let's just say there's a comment. And you want this to, in this speed, to pan over, freeze frame right here, and then carry on. One thing you can do is when you do your clip speed changes, the frame that you're selecting as your head frame, when you freeze frame, it cuts automatically. And this becomes, everything past that cut becomes a freeze frame, which is nice. Because then it's only going to be for that length of time. You want the video to continue on. Oops. Keyboard shortcut. For some reason, and I don't know why it does this, but it automatically cuts when you freeze it. But when you decide to resume, it doesn't cut. So you do keyboard shortcuts of your friends. B button mm-hmm. for blade. See the blade icon gets selected and it'll automatically snap to where your head's at. Just one click, you cut it. If you don't have anything selected, it's going to cut everything in that frame. So if I just do this. Yeah, you're going to now have two. You're going to, it's going to cut your, yeah, everything got sliced. Yeah. So it's always good to select it first. Although that time it didn't. I think it has to do with the text. It doesn't matter. Anyways, clip speed, have it carry on. Then you're going to have like a seamless, it continues on. 
that's something very simple you can do there. And it's it kind of jumped ahead where I wanted to do, but I figured since I'm already open speed, we might as well go through it. You can also have it go backwards with reverse, whatever. You sometimes have to do math. Like if you know, let's say you have uh, a two second area you want to get filled. And the space in here is three seconds. Obviously, you know, that means you need 50% more frames. So 24 times three versus 24 times two. Then, you know, when you go in here, you change your speed. Oops, you're going to... You're going to change it to like 100. Why do I keep doing that? 150%. But don't worry about that so much. Most of the time you can just eyeball it. So let's just do what we're going to do here. Because I wanted to get to the very basics. Very important part. So I do a nice 400. So it's still smooth, but it's not 100% as fast as it would have been otherwise. All right. Now, because there's such a long drag there, I'm actually going to start it just as it comes into frame. So you're zooming in and out. There's two things you can do here. If you want to move this around, the, you go to the edge of the frame, you're going to get two icons. You get one with a single head and then one with a double head. Mm -hmm. A single head just means you're moving this one frame. It'll always snap to that, which is good. Another thing you can do. So let's say this is um, two camera footage where it's like two different cameras film the same shot. They're all in sync. You cut from here to here. Like if you're doing dialogue, person A is talking person B. If you decide that you want the cut to be actually here, when you do this, and I don't have enough footage to do it, but here i'll show you how it works if i did it like this you should be able to oh that's why. you can actually move both of them together mm -hmm. it just little things like that'll save you some time but in our case we're not doing two camera two camera shots we just want to edit here other thing you can do is if you're it's up to you whether you want to or not there's these options here bookmarks and uh this one's a bookmark and this one's like a set transition or something. It's basically just like a marker. When you select it, you make the marker on that video. You'll always snap to that part of the video. So if you have to fiddle around with a lot of shit, you always know exactly where you have to go back to. If you don't have anything selected, it'll make a marker on the frame. That would be important. Like say for example, and here's where I got to go to YouTube. By the way, if I'm losing here, you want expansion, cut me off because I'm just kind of... No, you're doing great. Okay, so here's what I'm talking about here. Why would you want to do that? Here is how much people watch. This is the Pat Stedman. No, this is the one before. Yeah, coffee before the Pat Stedman video. You look, 100% of people are watching it when it starts. It drops to 72% by the first 30, 40 seconds, right? So maybe for me, that means I need to make a note. In my first 30 seconds, I have to hook you guys. Otherwise, 25% of you are going to leave, which is standard for YouTube. Same thing here. I noticed at this point in the video, there's like a precipitous drop as well. What am I doing there? That's different. Sometimes you'll notice neat things like that. So one, for example, when I add end cards, I'll watch this thing just nosedive off. Nosedive off. Yes. So it lets me know. Okay, so our end card's useful. In case I look, I get out of a thousand views, maybe four clicks will be from end cards. I'm like, they're pretty useless. That's why my newest one, I just got rid of it. Nice. Okay. Okay, so I know here, uh, second 41 is going to suck for me. So I'm just going to make a note at you know, 41 seconds in whatever, as a marker. Actually, it's probably better off if you do it as a bookmark. Oh, no, wait, no. Bookmarks are for when you want to like make DVD chapters and shit. So you make a marker. Rename it if you want to. Where was the name for that? There it is. Everything before this is exciting. I would honestly suggest take your notes when you're making a template because when you're hung, hung over on a Sunday and you want to do some video editing, this shit will save your ass. 
<laughs> no, that is good. That is yeah. good. I like that. Color coordinated as well, yeah. Oh god, yeah. Now but now you're getting molecular level, which I understand. I don't know if all the guys in the chat would fully appreciate it at this moment, but well, I Well they'll it. appreciate when you can make three videos a week instead of one. That's the uh, point, right? Yep. If this thing is all templated together, it's much easier for me to do this as opposed to inventing the wheel from scratch. Uh, so yeah. I know. If I'm doing it, like what I do in my videos to try and hook people is the first 30 seconds, I try to do a little skit. It's nothing fancy. It's like me sitting down, holding a book. Like the latest one was me holding Rich's book, reading it. Yeah. Hearing the nani when I hear about Pat Stem getting arrested, getting up, going to make a coffee to talk about it. I love it. I love yeah. it. But if I know I have this long, that gives me some constraints and constraints actually make it easier to work with. So uh, let's get back to what we were doing here. We're going to do edit. This is actually later. So we want to make an edit that goes from this, where it's just panning, showing the copy's been made, to this, where you're actually pouring it inside. I think I had, okay, that's a normal speed. Uh, there's six different main categories of edits, and I'll explain why we use all of them, and I'll try to show you with the footage I have best examples of it. So the first one is called Cut on Action. Actually, I guess now I don't need this open. Okay, look at my ugly face. Cut on Action. The idea of cutting on action, the easiest one I can think of is like watch a Jackie Chan or a Kung Fu movie, throws a punch, and then it cuts to the guy getting hit by the punch. That's cutting on action. The idea there is edits. You want it to create a seamlessness to it. So your brain doesn't register that as two different scenes. It In your brain, it's no different than if you look at somebody and then you pan over as he's punching somebody else. Now, the ideally you want to do that on action. So that way you can move from one thing to the next without people's brains having to refocus. It's that little bit of extra attention that makes things harder for people to watch. And nothing will kill your video more than things that are hard to watch. It's the same way you were talking about Clary. How uh, if he has background noise and shit, it takes you out of the moment. Yeah, it's too distracting. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's why all of this editing shit matters, guys. All this shit. Because your goal here is to kind of get a guy lost in this. He should be able to turn off his brain, sit back, and just enjoy the ride. It's a very... I think they call them hot mediums. Uh, Marshall McLuhan talks about hot mediums and cold mediums. The idea is a hot medium is it doesn't require more than one sense. That's why TV is a hot medium. Don't think, just sit here and I'll tell you a story. As opposed to a cold medium, which is like a blog, a book, or um, radio. Because on a radio broadcast, you can hear the guy, but you have to picture him. You have to right. use more of your brain, and it's actually harder to consume. I guess the best way to describe it. Now, maybe that's what you want. Sometimes that is what you want. But like, like I said, everything here is purposefully driven. Uh, so that's cut on action. The second one is a match cut. A match cut is where you cut one scene with another scene. And that's the one I'm going to do here. So let's say... So we're going to make a cut right there. So B, and then A goes back to the normal. Let's get rid of In fact, let's just get rid of the audio. Oh, link clips. Right click on it. Link clips. Greatest option ever because most of my filming shit is B-real stuff. And the audio is just random audio. So yeah, I want to get the, rid of that the noise of you doing whatever, so you can get rid of the audio. So it's basically a silent film. Exactly. Now you may. There's other reasons to want to do this too. That's the one for now. We'll get to that. That's a different type of thing. You can just get rid of that. There's two ways to delete things. You push the delete key or the backspace key. The difference is backspace just removes a clip, leaves everything as it is. The delete key will shift everything to the right of it back. Do you want to show that to the audience? Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> All right, so right-click when you have your thing selected. Right-click, link clips. That's how you link or unlink things. You can link video, audio, doesn't matter. Delete just deletes things, keeps the frames in place. Delete 
key, or sorry, backspace, just that. Delete shifts everything around. It's like the equivalent of just pulling everything together. I hate delete. I've never found it to be useful unless I'm just taking a big series of jump cuts. But we'll get to that in a second. So match cuts. Here's the match cut right there. Make a note because that's the part when I want to cut. And we're going to do something here. So a neat little option you can do here to line things up is the opacity. So this is called the inspector. When you're in, have any clip selected, you make sure your inspector is selected. This is where you do most of your like movement stuff. In this case, I'm actually using it for a different purpose. I'm going to drag my opacity down because I want to see when I can line these things up. Which is right about, you know what? So that's about the center frame. Probably right about there. I'm pretty sure this is right. Yeah, so that's about right. Why am I doing this? Because we're going to do a match cut. Now, everything in DaVinci, three ways to do it. Either drag these over. What I find is easier is just cut the one that, that you're cutting and just drag it down. It'll automatically do the first one. This is a match cut. It's a bit clumsy, but that's the idea is that your eye has something that is drawn to. So, okay, in this case, you see it's moving to the right. Then as you cut, it'll uh, it'll be, it's still in the same frame. It's a completely different action. It's a completely different scene, but it's probably bad place to have done it would have been right there where I wanted it to be. Yeah, this will probably look better. Boom. Right. So the idea for a match cut is there. You want to have some continuity. Now there's a meaning behind this and this is where subtext is important. If I was just showing a clip like this and I just want to show me pouring things in there, I just pour something in there. It's very boring. But if I show a match cut, now let's say this isn't even, maybe this is a different cut. Maybe this is just a cup of coffee itself. Like an actual cup. I think I have some of that. Yeah. Like this one, for example. Technically, this has nothing to do with this, but I want it to have something to do with that. In your brain, you'll draw the connection that, okay, there's a cup of coffee he's about to drink. And then we're cutting to this. Your brain makes the connection. Okay, so this is him going back in time and making the coffee. Mm. Sometimes it's something simple too. Like uh, somebody's, go like I said, Kung Fu film, somebody's going to throw a punch and then it match cuts to somebody handing his girlfriend flowers. His arm is still outstretched the same way, but in your mind, you're realizing that these two events are connected. They're related. And that's the idea. So if you have two things that make no sense and you want to make them make sense together, match cut your friend. Next one is a smash cut. Smash cut is funny because it breaks everything I just told you guys about continuity. Take this one. I like this one. So a smash cut could be just about anything. It's going to be some old Super Channel 1980s video. He's making coffee. But you see how that was like very jarring? Yeah. That's the point of a smash cut. Ideally, you want to use a smash cut to break the knot. If this was jazz music, smash cut would be the equivalent of uh, the musician changing the key all of a sudden, which makes you all freaked out. It builds tension. And you always want to play around with tension and release, push and pull. Hey, here's a game and pick up things right there. So, for example, you're one of those talking head videos. You know, hey, whammon ain't shit. Did you guys know? Here's 10 ways to be alpha. And you're one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. And everybody's kind of lulled and they're following along. It's very rhythmic. You're almost like hypnotized. And then, bam, a smash cut into something else. Like, I don't know, maybe a guy just getting smacked by his girlfriend or something like that. That's the idea. And it's like, I'm telling you guys, this is important. Don't just treat this as entertainment. But you see what I mean? It Yeah. It forces the person to pay attention. It's telling them the next thing is drastically different than what you're used to, so listen up. There's a bunch of different ways to do that, but smash cuts are good for that. That's, that's gold. I like that. Yeah. Uh, the next one is a cutaway. I don't really use those as much, but it's kind of similar where you want to show... You, it's almost like a smash cut, but you're trying to show the connection between two things. But there has to be something that's the same. So, Do you want to throw that up? or Are you going to give an example or yeah, not? Yeah, I'm trying to think of what I have here that would be a good example of that. 
Ooh, actually, you know what? Oh, out loud. Where is that? Yeah, I think we'll go with I, this. I love your bat. I love your landscape, your cityscape footage too, by the way. <laughs> Thanks, I man. I think it's great. Every day I can't sleep and I get up at like four in the morning. I'm like, well, might as well do another fucking time lapse. <laughs> <laughs> I'm up. Uh, I right. love it. That's, uh, and I know, you know, that you're doing that, you know, right out your window type of thing. And I'm looking yeah. at it. God damn it. I wish I had a view like that because I could just do that crap all day long, too. Oh, so live in 18 property bubbles for your life. Eventually. You get there. <laughs> <laughs> so that's kind of like a cutaway. The idea there, it's not as jarring as a smash cut, because in this case, the colors are very similar. You want to have okay. some similarity. Either there's a building in the background that looks similar to this or the colors are the same, but it's going to be less jarring. It's more jarring than a match cut, less jarring than a smash cut. And that's the idea of, you know, when you're sitting in a room having a conversation with somebody and they're looking around the room, oh, see his paintings in the back, stuff like that. Okay. Very Sherlock Holmesy stuff. But that's the idea is it's mostly setting stuff up. Uh, the next is a, oh, a jump cut. Jump cuts are what you're using. Yep. So let's, uh, where's the raw stuff? I think it's under 10 clips. Yeah, jump cut is very, uh, anyone who's, for the guys that don't understand the terms, which I'm sure a lot of you do, but it's any of your, most of your YouTube videos are going to be jump cuts. Because they're very fucking easy. Yep, very easy, and you just bounce back and forth. Uh, your audio, it's getting rid of the uhs, the ahs, the stammers that I like to do live. It's getting rid of dead air space, all that kind of stuff. Those are all jump cuts. Now, there's a reason for these ones, too. In this case, it's like, uh, it's showing the passage of time. The idea is this would probably be like a 10-minute scene. Mm-hmm. But if you're doing all these jump cuts, you're just cutting to the most important parts. So, okay, it's empty. You walked in the room to fool around. He just leaves. The idea is it's compressing a montage. Mm-hmm. And that's the idea of what you want to do for jump cuts. In this case, people use them very lazily, too, where it's just you want to get rid of any um and ah, uh, smooth yep. over the performance thing. Actually, I will say this. Since we're already on that, there is a trick you can do on this that makes it a lot less jarring. If you go to your toolbox under the effects library, video transitions, this is something different, but we'll cut back to this. For in this case, we just need to worry about frost dissolve. Frost dissolve is, is it fades between first clip and the second clip. So once you mm-hmm. put it in, you place it between the two, you'll see you have this little window here. Change it to two frames. And what you'll do is these two frames, now that's two frames out of 24, so one twelfth of a second. Your eye's not really going to register that. But when you watch it, see how compared to the second one, it's yeah, it, it's Yeah, it's it's not as jumpy, basically. Yeah. yeah. And if you do a long one, it can make it little more there and it actually kind of adds to the purpose of it too which is what you're trying to show is the passage of time we'll get back to that uh next ones are j cuts and l cuts those are fun now i need one of my actual clips of like me yapping into the camera for this shit i'm sure i have one somewhere actually you know what i think i used uh yeah so a j cut and an l cut is just like you think you want to have audio or video in the frame before the audio or video of that frame comes in. So, uh, I just need a clip here. Fuck, I deleted all my audio. <laughs> oh, all right, see, we're going to use this. Again, it's a super channel commercial. I don't know if there's going to be sound. Is there sound when I click this thing? Like, do you hear this? No, I don't hear it. Son of a bitch. Oh, wait, I can add that. I know how. It's because I forgot to add desktop audio. Audio output capture. How about... Nope, Any? not here now. Why is that not playing? Oh, one sec. 
problem. Still not. Now good. do you hear it? Nope. God damn it! It says here my audio. Oh, that's why. Because of the I fucking hate Streamyard. <laughs> yeah, you gotta click the thing. Probably. Might have to do it as a share. So. All right, here. Do me a favor. Add my screen share. Oh wait, did I do the? I don't know. Did you? No, I have to do a share audio. Screen. All right, share yeah. my screen for a second if you don't mind. Not a problem. Now you hear it, right? Yep. yep. Okay, so a J cut would be, or an L cut is where the audio kicks in before the video. By the way, here's another reason you want to use this link clip. If I want to lose two seconds of footage here, I change the link and then link it back up. So you can audio edit channels individually. In this case, let's just say there's a there's a movie that I'm waiting for. This is the scene. I'm waiting for a movie. It's about to start. I was just about to pour water for a cup of coffee. The idea here is showing that I'm basically going to be late and I have to give up a cup of coffee. Now that's, again, that's clumsy because you kind of have to have stuff, like you have to hear it towards this, but that's the point. Oh my God, he's going to miss the movie and then he's coming in there. Or another example you could do is where, you know, this is talking about masculinity. Title on the top is like how to be an alpha male. And then right about here, you hear his girlfriend in the background bitching him out over something. And then right here, you have a cut to her angry ass face just bitching at you. And it kind of shows that contra contradiction between his message here and there i actually kind of wanted i have that on like the back burner ideas where i want to do a video one day where guys talking about being alpha males but their actual life is anything but but that's the point is that the j cut allows you to picture yourself in this scene pouring yourself water to make a cup of coffee while at the same time you're hearing in the background whatever's happening and an l cut is just for yeah that's an l cut the j cut is in reverse the idea where this like the audio is already playing And it kicks in. A good example for that one is the sometimes on my videos I'll have that. Let's see, do I have my latest one? No. Oh yeah, I do. Charles Bukowski, Jordan Peterson. Is that playing? Okay, it's good. So if you'll notice on these videos when you hear them, there'll sometimes be music playing, and that stops when that clack sound happens when the book drops on the thing. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. yes. Okay, that there would be an L cut. That's right. J. Yeah, J is where it comes in afterwards. L cut is where it comes in. Afterwards. The idea is you listen to happy-go-lucky, fun music. It stops suddenly there after this one is already played. So that way you realize, okay, this is supposed to be a lot of fun and games. Now focus. There's a whole bunch of different reasons you want to use this thing. All right, I'm going to stop the show now. Go back to the I don't need the sound. And that's all the different cuts you can do. There is a couple things now, which is what these are. Dissolves. And that's the stuff where it kind of gets fun. So let's use this. Get rid of this one. I don't use added to dissolve. It's just some weird thing. Blur dissolve is the first one. And as you can see, blur will automatically blur the first video into the second video. Best way to picture that is like a dream sequence. Yeah. And that's the idea of a blur dissolve, where it's kind of like a fuzzy thing in there. The next one you can do is cross dissolve. Now, cross dissolve is like literally fade out one, fade into. And that just creates more continuity, and it kind of shows you the passage of time, as opposed to like a different reality or a different thing these are like choices you can make. So when I want to make a cut from one thing to the other, you got to picture like, how do I want the person to understand the relationship between the frame before and the frame after? And that's where all these decisions come in, right? Um, wipes are the other one. Wipes are what you think of like Star Wars. In this case, it's a center wipe. I'm sure you guys have seen that before. Yep. Those are, I like those. Those are kind of more creative ones. Like if I want to do like a Star Wars one, I think it's Edge Wipe. That edges, it goes from like one side to the other type of thing. Yeah, yeah like that. 
yeah, those are just, I can't even describe because I can't find anywhere where they tell you why you would want to use it and what effect it has. The what best I've come up with is like telling is, stories. Like yeah, it's pages. it's like turning, exactly, it's turning the page of a book, it's flipping a page is what it reminds me of. And the other last one is an iris one. That was Adam. because it technically should go backwards. Oh, anyways, I fiddle with that later. Those were because back in the old days, cameras had manual controls of their iris, and that would just like open and close the shutter to let how much light in, and it would literally close off the scene by by uh, closing off. The Again, that's just if you want to get the aesthetic of like a 1930s film. I think uh, the most famous example I can think of is. Christmas story yeah you'll shoot your eye out yep. they do those a lot because the guy is trying to make his 1950s aesthetic so it makes films look older so then here's the question now now you know all that shit what's the point and they got fans who wants to you can combine these two by the way you can combine these if you want and that's the thing is you have to decide on a video why do you want to make these decisions so I'll for example I'll go to Pat Stead. Oh, another thing you can do, by the way, if you want to make, you can do those manually. If you'll notice, when you go to the corner of a frame, there's this little thing here, and your icon will change to two arrows. I'm putting the thing up. I forgot to show you. You see how that icon changes now? Let me pull you into full screen here. Yeah, so when you go to the corner of a frame, there's this little white icon there, and this thing here. Mm -hmm. You drag that around, and that's just basically like a fade. Yep. That's one way you can do it. So you could do it by setting a timeline here with opacity, and I'll show you quickly how that works. This opacity slider here inside of your inspector. If I want my fade to start right here, what you do is you make a keyframe for it, and a keyframe's like everything up until that keyframe is at this level, and then I make another keyframe where I want it to stop, and I have it go to 0% opacity. Functionally the same way of doing it, it just depends on how you want it. The result's still the same. Right, it's doing the keyframe thing is a little more precision control is what that is. Exactly. But sometimes you're like, whatever, just drag it over and I'm done. Yep. And then you'll get that where it fades to one. Now here's where you can, and this is technically, it's a smash cut and a dissolve in one. If you'll notice here, I got a little space in here in black because I wanted to show passage of time. That, and then it's a jump cut. So we're going from just stirring a cup of coffee, zooming in, to bam, a whole new scene. The idea is it's jarring and it's showing something different, but I didn't want that jarring because it's technically consistent, but I don't know how else to get from here to here without that. So in this case, you go to a dissolve and a fade. The idea is you're just showing a couple seconds passage of time. And in that case, I can use a jump cut and still achieve what I want is like a consistency along the scene without freaking people out too much. This Then this dissolve serves the purpose of letting you know, okay, get ready. We're going to, you know, we're taking the cup from here. We're moving it here. And you're like, oh, okay. And because the audio is consistent, this is me talking about uh, the lessons you're going to learn from this. This is actually a combination of a jump cut, a dissolve, and an L cut because the audio is continuous throughout the cut. So that's how you can combine these things. And then the idea is once you combine them, same way you'd make chords when you're making music on a piano, you can achieve very complicated conversations without saying a word just by how you edit. And this is the part that I find is fascinating because if you do it right, I'm not saying I'm doing it right. But trust me, if you ask me to like self-critique where I've made fuck-ups, I'd be here all goddamn day. But don't ever tell people that you do that. Just fuck, carry on and let them figure it out. Don't talk them out of 
out of why they want to fuck you. Let them figure that out for themselves. <laughs> nice analogy. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but that's the point. Then you realize, okay, I'm just telling a story how Pat Stedman's an asshole in this one. He got himself killed, and he's going to get you guys killed too. And if you're going to be trad, at least take care of your fucking kid. But that's the surface story. That's what yelling into your camera at OBS, staring into the screen like it's 1984 film. Doing this will show, and I always like doing this, this style because it shows games. Like, yeah, you can be charismatic and charming. This isn't just about ranting about the world. This is about being able to take something that's absolutely horrific and I can still make it entertaining. Like, you know how, uh, what's that standard alpha male pickup advice? Never self-deprecate, right? Right. But this would be an example of like self-deprecating, just ranting about bullshit, commentary channels, worse than Hitler. But it's, is it really self-deprecating? Because, oh, wow, this is entertaining. We're going, and it's just pouring coffee. I get it, but that's the point. It's like the guy talking about, oh, I'm just a, I'm just a pussy. You wouldn't want to fight me. Meanwhile, he's got biceps from here to the moon, big cannonballs on it. Like, people pick up on that incongruence, but it's an incongruence that works in your favor. And that's why self-deprecation works. So another purpose for edits is if your shots need work. So in this case, I had to do some setups and that. There's like a giant gap in here after I put the coffee down because I want to have three parts to it. Uh, this one's called, a, this purpose is called a rack. You see how it starts off out of focus and it focuses on the book and then here it focuses on the, the part of the coffee where you're pouring water into? A rack focus serves a similar function as a uh, cut on action, but it's with a continuous shot. The idea is same, like it's obvious. You're focusing on the book. They they put a coffee thing in a camera. You bring it in. You're focusing on this. Thing. So the problem is, I had to. There's a. I wonder if I can just move space. So here's the whole shot, and that's. And you're already seeing the problem. I have way too much just sitting there. The rack is way too long. I want that to be like a quick third of a second thing, but it's actually like five seconds. So here's why I like the power. Of so this is basically a still shot. Uh, we're gonna make a cut right at. Oops. Oh, that's right. It actually technically goes back further. So we're going to make a cut right on that. It's all the same. We can just freeze it. We can make that as long or short as we want. And then this is the part where we bring in the, the rack. And if you want to clean this up, same as how you do jump cuts. So right at that point, this frame stays the same for about half a second, which is way too long. So now you got two shots. What used to be five seconds of this, one second of this, and then like five seconds of this, you're going to turn it into like a third of a second of this. This part here, which is like the most important, which is showing there's something new to focus on and the rack focus Oops. you go to about where the rack focus ends and this is the part where you can have some fun you right click on your frame and there's something called a compound mm -hmm. now the problem comes because let's say i just speed this up then it'll be fine the problem is when you speed it up the frame's still the same length so this piece here used to be over here. Now I got all this extra shit. There's a whole bunch of crap you have to worry about. I hate that. What you can do instead is you make a compound. One, whatever. There's multiple purposes for it, but this is what I like about it. Now, that self-contained cut is its own clip. So when I go to change the speed on it, from a seven-second piece to like a one-second piece, it automatically sizes it properly for me. It knows those are constraints. I never even thought about using a compound clip this way. Oh, dude, I, I know awesome. what you're talking about, and I've used them for other things, but I've never... Wow. I, I've never thought about it. I mean, I, I understand it. It's like, oh my god, yeah, you could do that. I just... It never occurred to me. Yeah, it's just less work on your end. And then, so now, if we go back to... Where did it start? Let's get this, all this out of here. And 
that's how the final edit you'll have something like this that rack focus ultra fast and then the cup about 15 seconds of fluff is pulled out of there it's very tight it gets the point across and to the viewer all he sees is yeah he's pouring he put troy's book down he puts a cup of coffee down and he pours water into a big fucking bowl right yeah but that's the problem if i had just literally filmed it like that like just on my phone do these three actions somebody's gonna get bored and fuck off from the video yep and so it's my way of respecting the viewer's time and respecting their attention and achieving the goal at the same time and i like i said i can't say it's for sure or not like i don't know who does who's the most popular guy in rule zero that just does videos like one take talking headphones maybe rich i guess yeah i'd say probably yeah all right not saying it's yeah not saying they're bad not saying they're good whatever my decision here is like at least when you walk away from this you have that feeling that i'm taking your time is valuable people always like being fluffed and i try to focus on keeping you watching so you can focus on the things and make it succinct it's it's my personal thing there no i get it and and it makes sense it totally makes sense yeah and is it worth the effort couldn't tell you for me it is like i said it's paying the bills there you have it then if it's paying the bills <laughs> all right there's all these different bands and wipes and shit too i play with these if you want to i don't find them useful like x wipe for example is just they're no. just different iris effects do them if you want to. uh what do i got here so that was the cuts the dissolves the wipes. so that's basic stuff but that kind of gets the point of why do you want to have this that or the other thing in the 40 seconds you can see i got my own bookmark set i don't name them because they're just like that's the stuff I like. Now, the stuff where you can get really fun is text effects. Oh, yeah. I, I, you're going to have to uh, spill the beans, so to speak, you like my pun, um, about your where you've got your your signature. Oh, yeah. Well, the signature. Oh, yeah. There's a bunch of stuff there. Um, I'll start with the scrolling one. This is when I said there was those different titles you can use. Yeah. I don't even. All this shit is like template shit. So I don't even worry about that. This is to text scroll. The idea is you just put your text in, it automatically scroll for you. You don't want to fiddle around with setting your Y coordinates and that. It's fairly useful. The one thing that I hate about this is it doesn't have any formatting within the text box. So you have to kind of do a work. I'll show you how I do it. Copy this. I need to open on this fucking window. It's window capture. Or no, wait. It might. Am I doing the window share? There it is. All right. What the hell? Goddamn notepad. You know what? I'll just add another one. If I was smart, what I would have done is set all this stuff up beforehand, but a lot of stuff I don't know I'm talking about until we get there. So you guys are just going to have to put up with me a bit of a time. <laughs> there she goes. All right. So here's one trick you can do on that, because if you just put this text without any enters, fuck, I should have had some text prepared for this. You're just going to get one long string of text. Yep. Here, I'll show you at the top see the well last night line yeah it just moves it all into a single line completely screws it up yeah it doesn't do any kind of word wrap exactly but what you can do is so i look at this i copy it and paste it into here i notice about the same answer like this is the line length i want so you go back into notepad you copy and paste it in here you make sure your word wrap is set on and you just change the window size just until it starts to click at where you want it to then all you got to do is go through go to the end of the line hit enter to every line for paragraphs it'll give you an extra line space and for everything else it'll just make it its own line and then you can easily it'll easily format when you copy and paste it back in to exactly what you need it's a huge time saver it took me oh my god yeah oh god yeah 
it's a bit of a workaround, but whatever. Anyway, so then you got your font choices. Now I could talk about like typography and shit for hours. I'm not gonna do that with you guys this time. I'll just say right now, if you wanna have basic shit, stick to the basics, stick to a display font. And because it's on video, if it's got the name of like a city in it, then you know it's made for, for viewing on monitors. Helvetica font store. So like, uh, or Helvetica is technically a print font, so that's an exception to this one, but you'll see, Georgia. Georgia, city name. It's a font designed for being on screen. So that's, if anybody's curious, ask me in the chat and I'll tell you why. As opposed to, you know, like Gil Sands, which is made as a print. Another good example. Verdana. Very web-based. They're easier to read online. That's why you'll notice some people make text on screen and they're hard to read. In my case, because I'm a goofy graphic designer, I always like Helvetica because that's the answer for everything in Helvetica if you're that's role he'll tell you helvetica and adobe garamond <laughs> but um all right so a couple options you can do on here now let's say for example what i did is i just use a black background so there's nice contrast in here it's very easy to read but we add a don't eat paint warning on the video for some part oh, i've already deleted the dead end. yeah like right right here this example here is like those fuck ups i told you not to tell anybody about here's one the coloring here just doesn't work. It's hard to read with the movement that goes on. Like, sure, mm -hmm. in some parts of the frame it's readable, but they're not. There's a couple ways to deal with this. First one, you just bring the opacity down in your main image, and then you just bring the brightness up to this one. That's one way to do it. You could if you want to, but then that's the problem is it like de emphasizes the background. You don't want to do that. If you notice in this one, if I do it white, you have the same problem. It gets washed out by the uh, lighter parts of the image. Now, you've got options that come with it. You can do your drop shadow, which that's the one I kind of went with here. Drop shadow. Another reason you can use a drop shadow is it actually adds a bit of fuzziness to it. If you create a large blur on your drop shadow, it almost just gives it like an airbrush effect. Mm -hmm. Or your opacity. Instead of a drop shadow, though, you could also you can also stroke it if you wanted to. Add a stroke around it. Sometimes mm -hmm. you can do that. For these thinner type fonts, I wouldn't suggest it. Uh, background is the one a lot of people use, too. In this case, you go through it. Select your color. I'm going to do it like a final fantasy. 80s kids remember this. Like the outline window five. And if you notice, the height's always set to zero. That's why you can't see it. So once you extend the height, yep. That's that, an option too. You, you actually, you beat me to it because that's what I was going to throw in is, well, you could always kind of put a background more or less behind your text and fade it a bit so that it's not as jarring or competing with everything else you're doing, but at least you can see the words then. Yeah. Now, in this case, like the creative choice I made, I could do this. If this was just dialogue, like mm -hmm. I'm repeating something the guy's already said, I want to do it like a text box, like it's a Final Fantasy game. You could totally do that. I don't like that in this case because the idea is I want it to be kind of seamless in the background. Right. Um, you can also like fix corners, whatever. And if you notice, there's always, if there's a keyframe here, you can have this change. So mm -hmm. one thing you might want to do is as it starts with height zero, zero. And let's say the first second, I'm just roughing it here. You get it to fill your whole window. That's kind of bad. Then it'll have like a little pop-up thing. Again, if you want it to be fast, usually something that's faster than 15 milliseconds has more of a pop to it. Anything slower than that looks more deliberate and slow. Mm -hmm. That has to do with reaction times of people. But usually if you're doing a 24 frame video, anything less than four frames will seem like action and anything less than or more than four frames will seem more deliberate. I could describe it better, but fuck it. We're just gonna get rid of that. Another thing you can do, I mean, obviously you wanna pick maybe a thicker font, but if you go, if you notice in the inspector tab, the one thing I've never gone into is video. Oh, 
Over here quickly, you got your size changes. Tracking is the space between letters. Mm -hmm. Line spacing, the space between lines. Um, if you're using larger typefaces, you're usually gonna have to pull your line spacing down. If you notice at zero, these are spaced kind of wide apart. And I don't like that. So I like to bring them in nice and tight to where the, under, uh, the underlines of the larger text meets the X height of the lower text. But yeah, usually bigger the font, the less space you need. The smaller the font, the more space you need. That's the rule. You can also have it just be all, like these are options that are fairly simple. All lowercase, all caps, how you want to align it. The anchors, those matter because if you notice, there's like a, uh, you see how this gets cut off? See how that's cut off there? Yeah. Now I'm not sure how this works, but there is a certain window that this text box is allowed to be in. It's not a, it's not a death sentence, but when you anchor things, you want to anchor it to one side or the other of the text box. That helps you size things better for what you want. Make your size so it fits in there. But video tab is where you can do some magic. Same thing with rotation. So one thing to remember too is, oh, they don't have that here. That's in video. So this is where this window comes in handy. Another option you can do, I can't read the text in the background. There's composite modes. Mm -hmm. These change the way your, whatever's in front will render on the things in the back. Add just means add the color information of the front to the back. So actually this won't work when it's white. But let's say it's 50% gray. Add is just adding a 50% gray filter to whatever's behind. So if you notice, the lighter parts here look a lot whiter. The parts that are behind red look not as light. Yeah, so it's I taking, see that. Yeah, it takes 50% gray and it adds, you know, this 40% red to it. And you get this kind of color. That's one thing you can do. I didn't even think of that. Yeah, usually if, and you can do it with clips too, not just text. So if I want to have a clip in front of this one, same thing. The idea is if the one that you want to have in the foreground is brighter, usually add will help. Um, color just adds color information. That would matter if I was say using. It'll actually just add a pink filter to all this one. Um, color burn and dodge, these are old photography terms. Mm -hmm. Burn used to be you would take extra light and put it on a certain part of the frame and overexpose it. So the idea is you have like a, you overexpose the parts that the text is on here. And so that's why you get that darker burn or for the burn because you're underexposing it. The dodge is overexposed. Sometimes mm -hmm. you can use those. It usually has to do with like dissolves and shit. So. But you'll kind of know, just know that's why it's there. Darken just takes the darker colors and puts them in there. So if the background is darker, the background's gonna take priority. If the foreground's darker, the foreground takes priority. That's why you can see the text here, but not here, because this is darker than the text. Darker color, I'm not entirely sure how that works. It's kind of similar, but if you notice, it's a little more pronounced. I think it has difference and exclusion. I don't know the difference between them, to be honest with you. They just literally take, it's like a negative image. So this part is pink, but once it gets, the closer to white an image gets, the more it'll take the opposite color of pink, which in this case is lime green. Hmm. I've never, I never even thought about using that on text. Yeah. So black is going to show you nothing because black's just black. White, it'll show you the opposite of red. In this case, a light blue. In this case, it shows you the opposite of a really light white, which is black. Again, depending on what you want to achieve, these can be better or worse. Difference, I notice, does the same thing. Exclusion or divide. I never really use divide. I'm not entirely sure how that one works either. Hard mix is just like a color burn and color dodge, but it's harsher. Uh, lighten, same thing. Whichever color, it'll lighten the image behind it, but it won't overtake. If there's light shit in the background, you won't be able to see it. Hue just takes the color information. So for example, it'll just add pink to things. If things are dark, they won't get any pink added to them, but if they're light, you can just add a pink hue to them. You would want to do that, to be honest, if you were doing like, uh, how to explain this. You wanted to add like color filters. You've ever worked with like a film camera? I did when I was young. 
Yeah. Okay. Do you remember they used to have those color filters, those filter gels that were like yeah. colored discs yeah. and you put them over your lens? Yeah. That's what Hue ends up doing. Okay. There's colored lens. Lighter, lighter color. Uh, the linear stuff, this just makes it, it just means linear as opposed to parabolic. It's a math term. Just know it's a different effect. It's a similar thing. Luminosity just takes the brightness information and disregards the color. Multiply is a fun one. So if you pick a nice light color, you notice it's hard to see, but if I pick it darker, it's easier. This literally just takes... So there's 255 red, green, and blue in information. It's called RGB. Right. You take the RGB value of the front thing, multiply it to the value of the RGB in the back, and that's the color that displays here. That's actually, you're going to probably use multiply more than anything on light backgrounds and overlay on dark backgrounds. That's good to know. Um, or sorry, screen on light backgrounds. Overlay is another one that you'll probably use in place of multiply. But between those three, you're going to get the whole In this case, you see how screen works. Instead of multiplying the foreground to the background, it almost divides it. Um, I never really figure what fit up with these ones here. But there's, so there's like all kinds of different options. In this case, the one that would probably make it most visible, in my case, I went with black. I just took the hit on this one. But what I would have probably done if I wanted maximum visibility, full on white, just normal. And I'd probably just do a drop shadow, make the drop shadow white, and increase the opacity. Play around until I get it just as visible as I want to. So that's why it even goes well against the background. If you want to be like a fancy movie guy, that's why if you notice a lot of old movies, their subtitles were like in this bright yellow. Mm, yeah. Because there's no color that the biggest contrast you're ever going to find is yellow. and blue. So right there, if you want maximum visibility, always just yellow. on blue. But as you notice there, it's kind of like. Yeah, it is. It's actually almost obnoxious. Yeah. I mean, maybe that's the look you're going for. Exactly. If that's what you're going for, you know, it it has its uses. It has its purpose. Cropping, I've found, is deceptively useful. When you do cropping, in this case, it's just like, it's basically cropping out the video. This is good if you want to make a montage. If you want to put three frames together, do that episode of 24 with Jack Bauer. (laughs) Move this to the end. That's like a really shitty example because montage, whatever you want. All of them is probably straight off. Show purple rain. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So if you want to do that, any kind of like Rockford Files, 24, 1970s, like moving things in and out of frame, cropping is the way to do it. And if you want to be super manual about it, you can basically start a crop at zero with a keyframe, go to the end, hit the crop at 100%, and that's how you get your, your wipes. That's uh, slow, whatever you Yeah. Um, back to, and here's something I found. If you're just going to do yapping into the camera, there is. Oh, I am on it. Oh, damn it. I lost all my footage there. Let me go back to one where I actually have a talking head thing here. Oh, yeah, Stedman. I do some shit where I talk to him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, this, it's funny that right there where you were at and we're seeing him, was he sitting in the dark or? or yeah, it, it was one of his COVID cabals. This is one where you sit in out in his patio and then he's like i want to get more light from the sunset and he sits there and then he just goes into the dark it's all vertical video so there's a lot of black around it yeah um the problem is just staring at somebody talking to you is fucking boring yeah 
movies, if you watch now, modern movies have taken attention span to the extreme and they make three edits a second, minimum. I find, and from watching other YouTubers, the ones that have like hired professional editors like PewDiePie or whatever, mm -hmm. three to five seconds per edit, just on a talk. Wow. So what you can do here, 1501, and I'll show you how you can just take something simple like yapping into the camera and a couple minutes of work. But you should be watching your video anyway before you release it to make sure everything goes smoothly. Yes, yes, absolutely. Every three seconds. So we're going to make a keyframe for zooms, positions, locations. So we do three seconds of him talking like this. And let's say it's just tough. So we'll make another keyframe here. Here's a trick too, to have it automatically look like a zoom in from the second shot. Make a keyframe. Use the right button, the right key to move ahead one frame. Second keyframe. And do a 1.2 in this case, as he talks, now these are a little faster, I'd probably do it slower. And let's say he's making a point and then he's making another point. I'll keep moving it up 20% every time. But you see there, so it makes something a little more interesting. Now, if you want to have it to be notable differences, you're probably going to want to do something like a two or a three, as well as, again, two keyframes. So you want it to be a sudden jarring. Hey kids at home, go download Pat's COVID Cabal so you can play along here. Yeah, do it now while you still can. Yeah, before it gets swept out. So what I can do here is just some simple edits. He's just sitting here ranting about whatever, but it zooms in, talks about something, talks about something. That zooming out thing was a mistake. That's because I should do this once again, right? So that's one way you can change things, by a quick zoom in, and then let's say it doesn't zoom out. So right there, this is just a seven second talking, where you're sitting there talking, put back your X and Y because you're not. And that can make something a little more interesting. Or what you could do, again, it's all about what do these changes mean? In this case, it's just back, forward, back, forward. It's like a very lazy, generic way to do it. And you're probably going to use it a lot. It's like the word. But if you want to, let's say this is where he's making a really good point in between here and here. We'll create a zoom point here, zoom point here, and have it zoom in onto his mouth because you want to look at his mouth when he's talking. Now you want to have it slower than that, but that's the idea is that zooming in is the equivalent of like you leaning in on a conversation. What did you say? Like when a girl's super interested, she twirls her hair, she leans in, starts smiling. That's like, that's how your brain pictures this. Oh, this is something I need to listen to. You'll see I do that a lot of time on my videos. I try to do it right at the point. You'll always hear me say some shit like that. Uh, at the end of the day, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. This is where you get somebody to focus on it. Now, on the flip side of that, you could do, by the way, this button is to reset everything back to normal and this is to set a specific option back to normal. They're always your friend. Let's say um, he's already talking, blah, blah, blah. The lizard people are going to eat your babies. <laughs> and this is some point that's not specific, like you need to pay attention to this. This is like, take a step back, let's, let's get out of the weeds and let's talk about big picture stuff. That's when you maybe want to do a zoom out. And that lets you know that you're you're going from a very specific point to something broader. These little things like this, which will give a guy a cue as to what you're saying. It's like, you know how in writing they tell you, say what you're going to say, say what you say, and then say what you said? Mm-hmm. Same thing there. So it's not enough just to say, at the end of the day, we need to keep the bigger picture in mind here. Why the idea is throwing this zoom out effect, you're visually giving a consistent message across. So not only are you telling a guy about the bigger picture, 
he's zooming out so like he's walking back too and taking it all in giving in the, case of, the visual of a, the bigger picture exactly yeah and that's good wow. because people don't recognize that at all like they won't you can no tell that is this. that is totally subconscious stuff yeah that but is, it works cool. yeah and it's I all about it. mirroring and that's the beauty of this too is that you can't like i could give you like go by 20 percent blah here's your autistic list of ways to make more emphasis the beauty of this is you almost want to run off of instinct because mm. the way you instinctually think it should work is more than likely how other people's brain is going to interpret it the autism comes if you don't know how to react to emotions, in which case that's why I'm saying zoom out when it's bigger picture, zoom in when it's focused stuff. Switch between two focus levels if you want to say something. In this case, I always like 20%. It's a nice level, sometimes 1.5. You'll get a feel for it on your own. You'll see the difference between a 10% zoom, a 20% zoom, 50%, 200%, 300%. And you kind of just notice how it feels different. Sometimes even, let's say there's a detail in behind him, like there's some dude here who's naked jerking off. As he's talking about something super serious, you want to add some levity, so you just like do a quick zoom into this thing here. Kind of like the movie Airplane used to do that for a lot of gags, where somebody yes. in the foreground's being serious and in the back there's rubber dicks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but again, that's it. that's all how you want to play it. And that's totally my thing too. Like I'm using the ominous music here of like unsolved mysteries or that serial killer documentary that people love right now. But it's Pat Stedman talking about the feelings surrounding 4D chest and the lizard people pizza party shit, right? So it's like <laughs> there's a juxtaposition of complete absurdity and super serious delivery. And I like I hope I'm hoping when other people catch on that, they catch like, is he taking this shit seriously? But you can tell from the whole conversation, the video is basically calling this guy a fucking moron, right? Yeah. That the more serious I take it, the more joking it is. This is actually helpful from a game perspective because, you know, when that tweet I put out, like, I don't know, a couple days ago, where the chances that a girl is a lesbian increases 140% when she rejects you? <laughs> yeah, I remember that one. Yeah, guys suck at rejection. Ah, oh, she must be a lesbian. But that's, but that's kind of this one too, right? Like, I could just say, look at this guy, he's an idiot, and then point at him and laugh. And people will go, why are you being so mean? But in this case, I don't actually call him a flat-out an idiot. I just show you he's an idiot because look at this super serious thing attached to this really ridiculous thing. I've already explained why it doesn't work. So I didn't call him an idiot. There's that plausible deniability and that subtext of him being an idiot. <laughs> and it's much more persuasive because if I tell you what to think... Your first thought is like, you can't tell me what to do, and you'll exactly. think the exact opposite. Resistance. Yep. Resistance. In this case, it would have almost been better if I'd have spent this whole video justifying this as like, at least he had balls, and then <laughs> playing stupid shit. But I mean, if you, yeah, that's the thing. If your goal of this video was just to make a slam piece, that's totally what you would do. It's They used to call that the, uh, the boyfriend destroyer. Oh, yeah. Back in yeah. the mystery days. Mystery days and the Ross Jeffrey days, too. Yeah, guys would sit there, like, a girl would bitch about her boyfriend, and your natural thought is, like, yeah, just join her on team, fuck that guy, and then maybe she'll think I'm better. But then girls will start arguing with you, well, he's not that bad. So what they found out is the best thing to do is just take his side. Oh, I'm sure he's not that bad. He must do this, that, and the other thing. And then she basically follows the natural indication of a girl to argue with whoever the fuck's talking to her. And then she basically talks herself out of liking him. And that's the boyfriend destroyer. And this is how you use that boyfriend destroyer in storytelling. Love it. I love yeah. it. Ah, didn't even think about that shit. But I, and that's why I liked that I had to learn this from scratch because it makes me focus on that stuff. Like, what am I trying to do? And then go look up how to do it, which is fucking impossible, by the way. People really suck at it. Oh, amen there. 
But then you can always use it as examples of how you want to cut videos. Take this one. By the way, I did notice uh, in that YouTube window I put up there where it showed like spikes and dips in attention span. Every Stedman clip, there's an, there's an attention spike that people start watching the video. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, I'm keeping a mental note of that. So in the future, if I can do these like Simpson-esque family guy cutaways to something to make the point, peppering a few of them in wouldn't be the worst thing on earth. And that's a way that you can actually take feedback from your audience without asking them because people don't know what the fuck they want. So I'll show this quick clip and explain the examples of how all this stuff comes together. The theme of the video, red-pilled coffee. I make a cup of coffee. It's like you came over, we come to chit-chat about whatever. We just, and because a lot of like contractors used to come to my place and they just sit out the window, sit, stare out the window for a while there. I'm like, oh, okay. So maybe that's kind of an interesting thing. Plus it saves me on having to film like 20 minute sketches every goddamn It'll be make the coffee, stare out the window, watch the landscape, and then get back to subjects. So I got starts from this time frame. You got your dissolve time lapse. And this is him talking about shifting gears and pissing contests. Him talking about the bet. <laughs> and then the next sentence where he talks about how Colty's a piece of shit and he's having a pissing contest. Mm-hmm. Or this here where he's talking about how he's got integrity. And then right here where he talks about how he, he reneged on this other bet. And if people don't like it, fuck him. I love this scene. Not because Stedman's an idiot, but because it's like my most favorite storytelling in this one. He's really good as a subject in these things. <laughs> so I obviously, I move him over to the left frame because I want this real estate because I want this to be like a cartoon thought. It's like a cartoon. And that's <laughs> ideally when you look at this, that's what you're thinking. Like Charlie Brown, blink, good grief. Again, here's the setup. Um, he talks about integrity and whatever the fuck and being a good dad or whatever the fuck he talks about. And then we got to shift gears. Basically, now that it's now that my life isn't as happy, I'm going to stop doing this and do something else. But he plays it like we got to shift gears, like your energy has changed. If you'll notice, there's a ton of jump cuts in here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight jump cuts. But I don't think, did you notice any of them? Uh, no, that's the thing. I didn't notice. Yeah, so that two, that two frame cross dissolve really helps, especially if it's just like a talkie like this. You basically have them completely smooth and the music in the background, it's like a consistent J cut. So the music is almost combining the clips together. Yes. So between the music and the dissolves there, you almost picture it as a single unedited piece. And again, these are just cuts on action, technically, because he's talking about, as he talks about this, put this up. Thought bubble, talking bubble, actions, words, however you want to interpret that. It's a complete cut. It should be jarring because you got a giant pop-up window there. But because it's exactly what he's talking about here, it's it's more seamless. And I can add as many of them as they want to. And then as he says things, you'll see he he does a lot of those linguistic tricks. Like he repeats himself, says the same thing twice. Like he probably followed that fucking pickup artist course about, you know, say the soft parts quiet and you know that shit. Yeah. yeah. I do so know I, what you're talking about. And that's yeah. how I can tell he's doing it because he gives me great entry points to perfect edits. I almost want to work with this guy again. I really should talk to him <laughs> after he gets out of prison. <laughs> we should do a TV show like, uh, what's that one? Bet Bosom Buddies? <laughs> he could be he could be bulky from uh, whatever fictional ass country they had it. Oh, and again, here's that. Now, these could have been video clips. And this is where that clipping the cropping option I talked to you about mm-hmm. really comes in handy because then you can frame this and just on the important parts of each frame. And if you notice, the spacing isn't the same. They're not always like one second apart, three seconds apart. That's just a timing thing. The idea is if it was just every seven seconds, it would be a rhythm and you'd probably just start glazing over it. Yes. So I had to put 
random spacings between this because I want each one to be its own version of a smash cut. Grab your attention. What's he talking about? Oh, what's he talking about? Oh, and even if you only have, like in this case, maybe a second, which isn't enough time to read this whole thing, you're getting the gist of it, right? Oh, yeah. The issue is that they're gay. Well, that's kind of mean. Why do you say that about Colty? And then by the time you're there, you're on the next one. Oh, answer the, oh so he's just harassing Colty. So you don't actually read the whole thing, but you're getting the message. By the way, this is good to know because this is a very manipulative technique and you're going to notice a lot of people use it. Like if you guys, there's a 4chan uh, green text about the John Oliver show. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. Uh, this one, no. I know who. I know what 4chan is, but the particular topic, okay. I, will, I don't know. So there was some guy who's actually like a film editor and he talks about how John Oliver is very good at being subversive. If you watch his show, it has the same theme. John Oliver makes a point but he quickly jumps to like a joke so fast that your brain doesn't have time to register if that point makes sense or not and instead goes to laughter and he does that 10 to 20 times in a row over eight second intervals and that's how he makes a segment the idea that was so clever was because you hear something you get a dopamine response from the laugh track you hear something you get a dopamine response from the laugh track so it's actually skipping the part of your brain that wants to judge whether something is true or not yeah it bypasses what they call the critical filter base right and instead you just get programming exactly now whether they're doing it that way on purpose or not i don't know right I do know that editors know this technique. Like, I'm using the technique here. Ideally, I keep that in mind when I do this so I don't manipulate you guys into thinking, you know, you need to have a Lamborghini and six-figure salaries in Romania or you're not even a real man. (laughs) (laughs) Hypothetically speaking, I'm not talking about anybody specific. No. But you know what I mean? Like, that was my thought back in the day when a limitable man used to shit on this whole monetization of the manuscript thing, which, you know, his that was a branding pitch on his own side. But in the same way that all these evil guys are stealing all your chicks and you just want to be a trad guy with a wife, and as much as those guys are suffering by playing by the wrong rules, why not do it here too? Like, if I'm giving you a real message that's got real value that I think a guy would do better having known than not known, why not use those same manipulative tricks other people use? Just put it, you know, use it for good. And I know that sounds a little bit fucking self-masturbatory, but fuck it. No, it's why not? Yeah. Oh, actually, you know what's good too? This is a great reason for J cuts. So here, um, how does he say it? I got to hear the text. I'll say it as he says it. All right. So he says, um, yeah, I gave up those contracts after leave. Uh, if people don't like me, they're going to get pissed off at me. I don't care if they get pissed off at me. But that's the point. The edit, the film goes away, and he just kind of, I don't care if they're pissed off. Mm-hmm. Now, because of that, now this is technically a J-cut slash smash cut, because it's cutting to black. Very jarring. But because the audio keeps playing, that's how it firms like a J-cut. And the point of this is, because your brain has like a two, 20 millisecond interval where it has to refocus on things that have changed, you're actually turning off your, your slow thinking and back on your fast thinking when you hear, yeah, I don't care if they get pissed off at me. And so that out of all of this, you're actually going to have more treat with more importance this one little line in a black screen here than all of this shit. So there's all like I could have just done a zoom in when he said this. I could have done a zoom out for bigger picture. In this case, I chose a J cut slash smash. But you see what I mean there? Like you combine these things. It's almost like you're creating your own musical language that's subtextual. It's inside of the thing. And people are listening to this and they don't even know what's happening. They just know they're watching this. They feel good. It looks good. But in the end of the day, 
they're going to take from this. He's talking about integrity. He's not being integrity. And right here, he admits he kind of knows on a level he's not being, you know, acting with any integrity. Just fuck him. I don't like him. Now, I didn't mention that message specifically anywhere in the video. Nope. Nowhere in here do I say talk about incongruence at all. But I keep throwing these examples in there. And the idea being, by watching this video and just by the process of editing, I'm giving you an entire second lesson, I guess. And I fucking love this shit. This is why I had so much fun on this. It was almost like filming two videos at once. It felt super quick. I do it a few times. Same thing here. Same uh, process yeah. where he talks about... When you brought Trump in. Yeah. I don't think he betrays me. I'm not feeling it. I'm not feeling it. I'm not feeling it. Everyone is zoomed in more and slower. Emphasis, emphasis, emphasis. Repeating things at the same time, like three times. That's like a Trump thing. Repeat it three times. Zoom in, slow it down, and then one more. I'm not feeling it. Same thing there. This one's like a cut on action with the J cut. Same effect with a completely different style of edits. And that's, I love this too, because then you can show, I could basically say the same thing seven different ways. It's like using synonyms. I don't know, I love that shit. And then here you go from that dissolve. Again, it's a smash cut. Completely different scene. Okay, we're past that, moving on to the next thing. And that's the purpose here of this smash cut. I try to soften it a bit by making it go black, but that's the point there. This has nothing to do with this, right. but they're connected because it's the same narrative. Does that make sense? It does to me, yes. It actually yeah. does. Now keep in mind, this is literally the same thing you're doing where you record your thing in one take, read it off a script and do it, right? Right. But all you have to do is make a couple changes to how it visually represents itself and you can completely change the subtext behind it. Throw on, what if I want to throw this on here, again, it's just like, yeah, relax, just pay attention, listen, do your thing, go make a coffee, go sit in the other room. And this kind of lets you know, like this stuff is important, pay attention, don't worry about paying attention to it, just kind of passively pick it up. Then you make these changes when you want. Okay, now pay attention. This part's important. All right. Now we're just talking again. Whatever. This part's important. But you see what I mean? It creates spike peaks and valleys. Because people don't have a consistent attention span. So what you want to do is you want to spike interest in various places. I'm sure you guys have seen that whole hero's journey. Like the rising action, falling action, the climax, and then the epilogue. And it's like higher and then lower on the emotion scale or whatever. Yes. Uh-huh. I find if you can get a good rhythm, you can do that with your videos too. You do that. Yes, you have a really great one. You're going to go back to the top right now. I don't think there's much more to show unless there's specific stuff you want to see. But... I, think I, um, I think I got that. What the fuck video was it? There was a specific one I'm thinking of. It was something... I think it's when you first started calling people dipshits because you wanted to bring dipshit back. Oh. <laughs> but you actually do the equivalent of like a J-cut zoom-in thing there where you say you're saying a point you're saying a point and then all of a sudden your music cuts out but i don't think you did it on purpose i think it was just a happy coincidence the music stops you say your final sentence of the point you were trying to make and the camera is like in on your face mm-hmm. and i'm like oh that was fucking sweet because it like makes you focus but, but you had like some goofy disco music so it kind of yeah. added a levity to it as well it's like this is important but don't take it too autistically okay and that was kind of like the subtext i got from it that's why i found it to be like a very clever video but yeah i love this fucking shit uh so uh, do i uh. oh i'll talk to you now about this is the fun stuff so color color correction okay this is the part i find the most fun it's my clips. by the way clips and nodes you have to keep in mind nodes or for when you want to do masking and you're going to have these things here input output Something that's good to do is duplicate your Control D that? Isn't it control? 
Yeah, there you go. You want to do this because it's it, for like just one-offs, who cares? But if you're doing like this off a template and you want to use this for later, always make a second clip. So the edits you make are on this one and you still have your original if you ever want to go back. Now, if I want to use, just for an example, um, this one's going to have different color grading than this one and I'm going to fade between them. You want to make alpha output and you want to drag the alpha. What that's going to do is it's going to make whatever changes you make to this one as far as like the, uh, the, the masking, it's going to actually output them as well. Otherwise, you won't. And then control shift change. That shows you the mask. So this is showing you everything that's going to be in frame and everything that's not. You go to this option here or this one. This one will do color changes. So I can select a color. Sorry, shift H, not control shift H. And then if I click and drag across the image, it'll show the parts that I want to be in frame. So if I were to do this one and put it back into the thing, it's basically changing our mask. I don't know why you'd want to do that. One thing you can do is just do shapes. It's probably going to be a lot easier. This one's just a simple box. There's a couple times when I use this in my videos, there was one where I pick up a blanket off my chair and then, you know, it whips around the camera, but then the, the scene transition happens along with the blanket. This is how you would do an effect like that. So at the start of the frame, let's say I want to have this second color correction go. Go ahead. For half a second, I want it to, oh yeah, hit the keyframes or it'll never save. a full second. Over the full second, I want it to completely overtake this. Now, what I want for this frame is color correction. So like I said, for the masks, if you want to do a qualifier, that's if you want to do a specific color. That's actually nice if you want to like change the colors of roses from red to purple and shit like that. Okay. The shape one is easy if you just want to make like broad masks. Okay, squares, circles, lines. You can use a pen to make your own shapes. You can, it's ultimately whatever you want to make for a mask. And then you go into this one. If you want to do color changes, it's not that one. There we go. The wheels. The color wheels are your friend. The easy way to think of this, because like, what the fuck is lift, gamma, gain, and offset? This is the highlights. This is the midtones. Or no, gamma's the gamma's the shadows. Gain is the midtones, and lift is the highlights. So let's say for this second image that I'm contraposting onto it, I want to make it. Yeah, we'll make the shadows green. Shadows green, we're going to reduce the red and the blue in them. We're going to make foreground, more red, and blue, and purple. And you'll end up with like this very weird color face, right? Ideally, what should happen then is as you're doing the edit, just remember not to save, or if you've got it on auto save, oops. <laughs> oh, yeah, they have that kind of thing. So that's good. By the way, hold down the middle mouse, it makes it much easier to scroll. Down the middle mouse and there we are. Uh, we're gonna put this one back. I'm showing the effect you're gonna be able to get on this. One. It's gonna be very hard. And then what should happen is, do I think that? I think you did. Just do it quickly again. Add a serial node. Serial nodes and parallel nodes. Do you want it to happen after, or do you want to have it concurrently with? That's the best way to describe it. There's a button. You could probably do this as a parallel node too. And just make the changes in the bottom one while the top one goes. This is how I do my workflow. You do how you do. So back to what we did before. H. So we can see where the edits happen. We're gonna start with it here, and then so it's a full second. Have it go. Over here. Wait, why is it not giving me a full 
second, it goes completely head into completely. Color change, oops, color change. I wanted to make green shadows. I did it the other way now. Now it's like purple shadows, green highlights, green mids, and make the red highlights. Whatever. Whatever goofy effect you want to do. You can play around a lot with this. Then, after you put it in, that's how you get your masking effect. So you can do all kinds of shit. In this case, maybe it's like changing a color filter. Maybe it's you want to add a second shot in there. Like I can put that shot actually. Oh yeah, it's all kinds of neat stuff you can do on that. That's I use this. I've used this one, uh, one of my old vlogs where I'm in my elevator and then the elevator opens and it's a completely different shot. Mm -hmm. That's my process of doing it to that. Okay. That would be like where the elevator opens and the second yeah, shot is the there. Yeah. Oh, I know what I missed. The reason why that's not looking like that, I forgot to the alpha. That's what happens when you don't add the alpha. Now when I do it. So like I said, you could easily just go and do a cross dissolve or an edge wipe here on this one with this one as its own, but you can also do it this way. The difference is this way you have more control. So I could have had this follow as I put the book down, like underneath the book. You know what I mean? Any kind of shit. Just flipping a blanket around, making your own fancy wipes. That's some special effect. But get past this and I'll show you the part that you were wanting to see. That text special effect, right? Yeah. While you're looking for that, I know Red Crusader was asking about uh, color grading and all that. Not only are we talking about it in special effects, one of oh, the just things. Cleaning it up? Well, yeah, because I know I use on occasion, especially in some of my more recent videos, like the last few, the one that's coming out here on Tuesday, mm -hmm. I use LUTs, which oh, then. Because I've got about it. LUTs. Yeah, they're, they're fun. Uh, they, a lot of times they will, you know, a lot of people will use them for white balance and whatnot, depending on your type of camera. Like, I know you shoot a lot of your stuff uh, with an actual bona fide camera. Does it have a detachable lens or no? Yeah, they all do. I have a few okay. cameras. I have a, a Mazoke, okay. which is like a, uh, it's a Sony A700 lens, but it's literally just a dumb camera. Like, I actually have to physically move the iris and shit open, as well as right. my Fujifilm, which is more robust. So I have to do major post-color correction with the Mazoki because it has no computing inside of it whatsoever. Right. Where when I shoot my videos, obviously, which are primarily talking heads, I'm using the uh, Logitech uh, 920C is what I'm using. The, the camera that I'm talking with you right now is the Logitech. It's just a webcam. Yeah. And so it kind of does a lot of its own color correction, I guess you could say. And uh, so... I hate, using, I hate my 1080 for that. I hate it. <laughs> yeah. But I've noticed using a couple different LUTs, trying them out, it obviously gives different colors. Uh, it gives a different mood, even. Oh, yeah. It's a huge effect. Actually, good. We can do that one quickly here. Um, yeah, because I found a LUT that was for uh, Game of Thrones. That it's the, the way they do their, when they were doing that video, that series on HBO. And, and it kind of gives that same grainy, washed out kind of feel. Oh, the Alexa that, camera. Yeah. Yeah, that's the Avengers camera. They have those. Uh, it's called Alexa is the series of cameras. The Avengers all used them and they actually have like a thing where they make it work that way. Mm -hmm. um, and that's just about your, you know, what I'm looking for here is. That's where you talk about lots. Light something table. Look yeah. up tables. That's the one. Yeah, look up tables. That's it. Which is just a way of when you do your color correction on here, a LUT is a way of saving it. 
needs yep. a label. What I'm yep. looking for right now is the histogram. Oh, there it is. Easy way to do color correction is when you have your wheels open now. So if you notice here, my color information, reds in the mids are a lot higher than everything else. In the highlights, things are a bit more close together. Obviously, it's because this is here. That's why these mids are going to have higher reds. But what you can do is take the wheel here, which moves them all the same. If I wanted to, so for example, anything past this line is most likely going to be washed out. Yeah. So if I want to bring it down, if I want my whites not to be white, but almost more of a gray, you bring down your gain offset. Your gamma, if you notice there, it's changing the multiplication, so it's just compressing. Offset, again, you see how that effect changes your history. Right, and you can also, I do know this much, I don't really do a lot of color grading on my stuff, but I have learned for the guys in the chat primarily, not only can you move things like what Ryan's doing right now, where you're he's kind of moving all the whole spectrum, if you will, all the colors and the shadows and the highlights, he's doing everything simultaneously. You you actually can yeah you can go in and move like just the highlights if you've got something that uh maybe it's blowing out because of your lighting or something you can go in and adjust the highlights but leave your shadows and your colors basically your rgb itself you can leave them without them being touched you you can you can get very specific with da vinci where you can boost up your shadows, for instance, and leave your highlights and everything else uh, the way, you know, at a proper level, I guess you'd say, where if yeah. you boost one thing and, and it blows out like what Ryan was showing earlier, you can make it so that the highlights don't blow out, but you want to bolster or boost your color or boost your shadows. You can exactly. do that. As long as there's information in the image, you can do it. Actually, here, I'll yep. use an example of what you can do, like this perfect thing. It's just a steel stove. I'm going to turn it on. Let's say, let's move it forward a bit so I can see my hand in there too. So we see this is the color information. It's actually pretty good already because I've already done color correction on it before. But if I want to get, I mean, that'll flatten it to zero, obviously. Where am I looking for? I think it's gamma. I don't want to that. So I want to bring it out. I don't want any blocks of this. I want it to be, you know, nice and gray, very smooth, very soft. Um, I also want, at this part, there's too much red in this image. I want this to be a steely color because everything I'm filming is in blues and greens. Yeah, you want a you cool... Yeah, you can get super stylish with this too, where I can make it almost like super natural. So in this case, I want to bring down the reds there. So they're about even with the greens. Probably bring up the blues a little bit. And that gives go. a cooler steel look to it. Yep. I tried playing around at first where I did like red pill, blue pill shit with that, but it just looked kind of weird. Because sometimes blue looks really nice and I didn't want to do it, but I didn't want it, people to get the idea that anytime the color correction is blue that I'm talking about being a fuck. <laughs> That's a fair point. Yeah. That's a fair point. Yeah, so you can go as far as like to wash things out if you want to. Drop down just a little bit of the reds from it. And you'll see from the histogram how it has an effect. Mm -hmm. In this case, just get rid of the dark. Shift down the lights. You can get a much warmer picture. And then once you're done with that, you... Oh, I don't know if you know this shortcut. So let's say you have 17 shots that are all different variations of this. And you want this exact thing to go to the next one. Click Color on the image you... across all the shots. Well, there's another way you can do it too. If you just click on this one, I want to borrow this color correction, you middle click on it. Yeah, just middle click and it'll borrow the color correction every from the other shot you have. And you can do that if you want to, if you want to play with four or five different ones on four or well, five that different one shots definitely keep the one you like. speeds everything up. Yeah. Because the one yeah. you're talking about is just slip, collect, shift, and click. But for yep. me in this case, I got all these fucking little effects and it just does them linearly here and it's a pain in the ass for you to click, so that's the way I do it. But I mean, 
like I said, no, eight ways sense. to do everything. Right. I've always been of the, I guess the way I'm, I'm learning and trying to operate is maximal results with minimal effort. You know, I want to make my, I want to, I don't want to take 10 hours to do a, a five minute video. I want to do a five minute video in 15 minutes type. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Oh, so one thing you could do too, and this is good because you're using OBS to stream your stuff, right? Yes. Okay, OBS actually can work with LUTs, but they work with yep. PNG file LUTs. Yep. So in this case, I get the color. You uh, take a screenshot, save it of you shouting into the camera, whamming a shit or whatever. You got the color correction exactly how you want it. That's exactly how I want my face to look. Mm -hmm. You right click on it. You generate a 3D LUT. Save it forever. Then, and then you go in and load it into OBS, huh? Well, you can't because it saves it as a as a 3D cube LUT. Okay. You can't use that. So there's a program you have to download. Where the hell was it? LUT. And it actually converts it from a LUT to a PNG. I do it so very rarely because I just set it up. Anyways, you go into that program, you convert it to a PNG, and then you go into OBS. I gotta switch to OBS. Uh, when you're in your OBS, you see your scenes. You go to where your uh, your sources. Go to where your camera is. You right-click it. You go to filters, and you'll see a window. I guess I can put this. Oh, does OBS not let you stream OBS? You sons of bitches. No, it's fine. Yeah. I'll just do... I do a screen cap, display capture. This is what I should have been doing at the start, by the way. Okay, there you go. Not that screen, though. There no, you go. That screen. <laughs> Moving over here. Then, once you get them into the PNG, you add them in here, and you can actually add your own one. So, in this case, this is my general one. I got a bunch of them in here. Mm -hmm. The one I like. You know what? I'm going to save that one. You notice this is zero color correction on my. This is just how the lights are set up in here. I want to add a lot. Teal horn, teal lows, orange highs. That's when you went into the thing there. You changed the color stuff like that. You can physically add your own lights in here, which I absolutely love. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. White, nope. Sliders. I like this option. If you're doing your own stuff and you're working, especially if you're working with, like you said, just simple webcams, it's often good to have a collection of lights around there to collect them. You know what? I bet you anything I put it in. I'm going to take this off just in case I accidentally have like nudies of the wife on here. I don't want that fucking stream. <laughs> so what they always know from like a graphic design or like from a computer perspective for forensics, you can tell if it's a guy's computer if there's nudes on there somewhere. Oh, there we go. So here's my LUT collection. But the ones you're probably going to like, there's film and webcam presets. The webcams I don't like. You can actually download a lot of these ones. Just search for like LUT packages. Oh yeah, most of them you can get for free. Yeah. The ones I really like is where you can replicate the style of a specific camera. Uh, Kodak Kodachrome 800 I think is like the standard. And if you'll notice what it does, it's not working because it's this camera, but if you're using a webcam, it'll increase the shadows and decrease the contrast. So you actually can take your webcam and give it more of a film camera look. But that's for that's other people that all things they can do. Same as your color correction, you got the same options. Um, I think that was it. Oh yeah, so how you can export your LUTs there. That's good stuff to know. The last one was the special effects text. I love this. This is the effect I'm talking about. It has like a whoosh sound and it's like mm -hmm. feature presentation. Total 70s, early 80s type of shit is what I think of when I see that. It totally is. It I literally me. stole it from like a 1982 Super Channel like 
vignette. <laughs> I was like, I like that look. Uh-huh. So for that one, you go into your fair light. That's where your special effects come from. Oh, you mean fusion. Or fusion, I think. Yeah. Oh, this is Pain in the ass to work with. So the options I'd start off with is uh, 3D text. I think there's a keyboard for this. I want to say it's like shift, control, space, shift, space. Yeah, control, space. Control, space, so you can type in the options you want because it's a pain in the ass to find in the old fashioned way here. Yeah, it's a search feature you're doing with control, space. That one is your friend. So in this case, 3D text, which is that text plux option that you did before. Mm-hmm. So in this case, we like to break down, he'll better with you. 75, full outline. That's the type where it's like literally out. I could do it just as easily with a condensed thin italic. It doesn't really matter. You have to re-render this stuff because it actually renders. Merge 3D takes 3D text and it makes it into a video. It's an effect you kind of need in there. Otherwise, it's just going to be 3D stuff, that, but it's not going to render properly. I'm sure there's a reason why you want to do that. Maybe you just want to have like it do motion and then you mm-hmm. have the camera follow it without having it render. I don't know. The render then is how you turn it into actual frames. This is the part you have to play around with. So when you actually do your video, this will run once and then create your keyframes. You have to do it again if you change stuff in between. Trails is the option I do for that. The idea for options, um, keep your free pre-roll frames at zero. The idea there is it's so if you do, where did I put it? Pre-roll frames at like you know 60, for example. As I go through this, see how many does like a hundred different frames and it slowly goes from 100 to zero on that. I I like having this three. Probably gonna have to do this again. Because see, it keeps re-rendering it every time, so I kind of need to. So now it only does three frames, but that's the problem is it still goes fast. So I actually fiddle with the gain. For me, what I do is I push this off and change the gain. It's kind of hard to explain, but the gain is like how strong an effect you want, and the pre-roll frames is like a multiplier of gain. Mm-hmm. So for me, I want very, very subtle. So I have like no pre-roll frames and very low gain. And that's where you get like very small. Yep. Now it's going to be slower in this, which is fine. You can set up these options here. This is the one I like if you want to make motion. Rotate, X offset, and Y offset. So you can have this just as easily do that scene from, uh, was it Chinese Connection at the end where Bruce Lee's doing the big fucking waving his hands shit? Remember that at the end of it where he's kind of doing this? And yeah. That tracer effect? You could do that here. Display capture. With just the rotate. Now, if you notice, there's that keyframe option there. So you could literally have it. So when I want to do this, let's say, first 12 frames, I want it to rotate that way. Second 12 frames, I want it to rotate that way. This is going to look like ass, by the way, but whatever. It makes sense. It's the example, yeah. Yeah. Now, this doesn't have to be text either. I did it with 3D text, but you could technically have a frame of video on this one. In this yes. case, swinging his arms. Yep. So then you add your trails. You have to add the trails after the render because you need this to be actual keyframe pictures first before you can add trails. Uh, another example you can do for that is if you make it blur more. There we go. Blur size. You can do that Richard Donner. Remember the beginning of the Superman films where it's like the text is flying with a cape on kind of thing? Yeah. Uh-huh. Add some blur to that. You can do the Superman blur. Just like the Richard Donner <laughs> Superman. Oh, nice. And then media out. This is the equivalent of that little green box in your color correction. And then they're all happening in serial. I want them to happen in order. Sometimes there's effects. Maybe you want to add. I don't even know what happens. Maybe just film grain. But film grain happens in parallel. I want the film grain to happen as it renders. So don't render film grain, but add film grain. I would actually add it. You add that as a 
and that one's in serial. So film grain and the reinder happens at once. Again, this stuff's powerful. I almost never need to use it unless you want to do some serious special effects. Again, other than this relationship breakdown ticker and in the episode where I was making a book, if you'll notice as I pan on the map, you'll start seeing names of the countries I've been to kind of pop up and follow along with the map. Those are trackers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the trackers, yeah. Yeah, that's the other one I like using. I think it's called a planar tracker. It is. Yep. Planar tracker. This is the, these are the two I found to be the most useful. Trails, planar tracker, text. The planar tracker, that's like a whole other thing, and I'm not good enough with it yet to want to walk somebody through it. But the oh, idea God. there yeah. Yeah, is you <laughs> want to make a hybrid point area tracker, go on to your, you know, I should probably actually have a film. Oh, that's that's, that's that stupid film grain. Yep. That's going my $300 after. workaround. <laughs> Just take a film grain and overlay it. So if yep. I wanted to make a planar tracker here, tracker i would have it track i could pick up i know i'm screwing this up i want to technically what you want to do is you want to actually make this into like a series like a frame so it can follow the colors translation oh yeah the options here translation rotation scale perspective this is if you want to have something move back and forward and basically treat the film as if it's in 3D space, which I think is a little overkill unless you really want to do some like Hollywood level shit. And you could, you could do some Avengers level fucking edits on that if you had. Put like a 3D monkey on your shoulder and have it follow you around like you're playing Cool World. Translation's the one I like. It just goes left to right, up and down. It just basically wants to track it to that point. And in this case, I wanted to track red because I know there's a lot of red information here that it can easily follow. Mm-hmm. No. Inverted. Oh, option stabilize here too. This is good, guys, if you ever have shaky cameras. Like, remember, oh, what the fuck's that movie? The Sherlock Holmes ones where he's running away from that camp and they're they're hitting him with artillery as they're running through the forest? Mm-hmm. And they have that weird effect where the camera is, like, steady on his face while the whole background is shaky? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Stabilize is, like, an exaggerated version of that. Yep. So if you have, yeah, you basically zoom in on this thing so you have extra film data to work with, and then you can stabilize a thing in the middle even if you have a shaky camera. So that's what's that's good to know. But if you, I mean, you're not filming, you running in the woods with a fucking GoPro. Well, and for the guys in the chat and for anyone on the replay too, if they're not, if they haven't seen the Sherlock Holmes, I just, I happen to have. Another good example is uh, that I've seen in more recent time is a lot of like Nike's commercials where the people are running and it's focusing right on their face. So like basically the background as their steps are thumping basically as, as they're doing that instead of their whole body going up and down. It's basically like the background's going up and down, but their face is rock solid right in the center of the frame. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah Anyways, um, I'm not going to talk too much about this because I still yeah. have to look up the fucking tutorials to get it myself, but I know the gist of it is you make a square, focus on here. So what it's going to do is going to follow this specific shape and then it'll track it. And if you put text on there afterwards you'd have to actually add a text note on top of that tracker then it'll follow your movement yeah exactly that's how you get text so it's kind of a neat thing you can do but again it's it's one of those things i always have to open up the tutorial and go through it as i go through it because i haven't i don't do it enough where i've memorized it yet yeah fortunately the stupid text and tracer effects i got that shit done. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what i love like this thing i guess i'll go off of here you can literally, if you took footage from the fucking Avengers, you could make the Avengers on this software if you really wanted oh, to. Oh, absolutely. Had enough time. 
That's that's one of the things that when I when we first it's kind of funny because we're kind of going uh, full circle now. When I first opened this up and we were talking about like Filmora versus Da Vinci. Uh, da Vinci, obviously, from what you've showed us, uh, what I know about it from my playing with it, it is you can get very granular with it, and there there have been films, full feature length motion pictures that have been put together and edited and color graded and special affected and all that in Da Vinci. Oh yeah, this Da Vinci is, this is, is set up to tool. make movies. Yeah, it is set up to make movies. And so if that's your goal is, hey, I want to, you know, whether you're doing it on YouTube or you actually want to be an aspiring filmmaker and make a film, pick up a copy of Da Vinci. The, the, there's the free version, which there's no limitations, no watermarks, no nothing. That's what I use. I, that's what Ryan's using. And especially for like making YouTube videos and whatnot, it's going to do everything you're going to ever need it to do plus some. You would never need to get the studio version, which is $300. Oh, okay. yeah. Like I said, film green, the option inside of the open effects here is the only option I don't use that I want to use that I have to pay for. Right. Lens see, flare, I think, is another one. Yeah, that's another one that... Uh, that is in the studio version yep see and for me like i was telling you off camera especially with uh the the 17 the latest version of da vinci the there's a thing called smart mask Mm -hmm. and it's only available in the studio version but it's where you can take a piece of footage and you i think you have to do it in the the color page i think i don't know where it's done exactly i i forget when i saw it but literally the guy went to whatever tab he needed to go to he turned on the smart mask and then he just drew a line like he just drew a little slash on his piece of footage and and it was like on him basically and it automatically created a mask that fit around him as he's walking talking doing whatever and if you invert that you can change the background it's basically like doing a green screen without having to have an actual green screen Oh yeah, the green screen oh. stuff. I should guys could go over that too. I just found a new option for JPEG damage, so I can make my video look like a shitty JPEG. Oh yeah? Well here, let me put you back on full. That's funny. I know it's just JPEG filter. By the way, if you want to change this stuff when you do the open effects, always open open effects in your effects library. That's where the funsy stuff is. Or the open effects tab. That's what then the video looks like. You just add JPEG quality crap to it. <laughs> oh, yep. Legend of Zelda. Look at that. You can make it look as pixelated as like a... Yep, mosaic. Yep. Hey, Red Crusader, just so you know, um, it takes up in hard drive space, Da Vinci's about two and a half gigs just to store it, okay? The, even the uh, the executable or whatever, the, the, the actual file that installs it, it's like two and a half gigs. And it can be a memory hog. The more layers you have like where ryan's got text on top of video on top of video on top of text on top of all these things the more stuff you have the more it's going to bog down your computer because even mine and it's mine's a fairly decent machine okay so you still have the same problems that 16 has then i don't that's why i switched back to 15 because it has none of those problems whatever change they made to the rendering engine yeah it and happened that's in 16. i believe that Okay, so if you have an older machine, um, you might want to look for an older version like 15 that Ryan's running of DaVinci. Or you may want to either upgrade your machine where you've got a better graphic card, better memory, all of that kind of stuff. 
Uh, depends on what you want to do. I know that some of the stuff that I do in DaVinci, it will slow my machine to a crawl, but I can do almost the exact same identical thing in Filmora, and Filmora has no problems. It, it, it just renders, everything works out fine. It's not slowing to a crawl when I'm trying to do edits. It's That's one of the downfalls of DaVinci from what I've seen, and so that's where I still keep Filmora and I still use it as well. I just realized too, tilt shift blur. That's an option I would pay for. Okay. Uh, do you know those ones where it makes like a top-down three-quarter view of the cityscape make it look like a little model, like yeah. Game of Thrones intro? Yeah, yeah. That's what tilt shifting is. But film damage works, which is awesome. This is like grindhouse effect. Look at that. I love that shit. <laughs> Anyways, whatever. I'm fucking around with that one. No, that's good. But it's good. Like I said, I haven't shown you. Like I use maybe five percent of what this thing can do. Oh, maybe. Same here. Maybe. Yeah. So, guys that are watching, when I I know that people were asking early on, you know, is there a free version? Is there a paid version? And I mentioned the paid, and everyone's like, "Fuck that!" And I get it. But it's like, unless you're gonna actually go into making motion pictures you know you're gonna make something you want to remake the avengers or you want to remake star wars you want to remake 1917 then yeah you're gonna need the studio version to do that kind of stuff but for your basic stuff all the things we do this da vinci will do it and way more than you'll probably ever need so honestly you probably would never have to buy it I, sorry about that. The girl's going You're out good. for a walk, and so I gotta get the dogs until we're done here. Yeah, oh, I agree. Like I said, two options, maybe, for something I would pay for. I think it's only 300 bucks, too, so it's not the worst. But yeah, the yeah and it's a one and done. Yeah, absolutely. The one, I will admit, though, the one thing I'm woefully inadequate on is the audio effects. Like, I know the effects, but I'm so used to Audacity that I just haven't found the need to switch over yet. Okay, we're going to shift topics just briefly here, Ryan, because now I'm going to, I get to teach you something. Nice. Okay. You've taught me all kinds of things and trust me, I'm going to be rewatching this over and over and over. But now I, I'm going to teach you. Okay. Do it. Since I know audio stuff a little bit because audio is kind of my thing. So I started out with Audacity because it's free and it's very powerful. And and it's it's decent, but Look, I did the audiobook with Audacity. Fun fact. There you go. See, and I, and it's funny you say that because I'm thinking, okay, it took you how many hours to do your audiobook? Oh, uh, over a hundred. But okay. most of that was the uh, was the editing mm-hmm. and like the pop, like getting rid of the breathing was like the biggest slog of the whole thing. Okay. You don't know how many times you breathe in and out. Oh, I, I get it. Camera. But I, I'm gonna piss you off right now, Ryan. Oh, you're going to talk about the breathing filter that auto does it, aren't you? No, 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 no. I'm not even going to talk about filters. Okay. Okay. This isn't about filters, even though there is things that, yeah, we can bring that into the equation too. Mm -hmm. The thing is though, it took you over a hundred hours. You probably would have reduced it to about 50 if you'd have used breathing. Because you have more control over the tracks themselves. Kind of like you do in Da Vinci. It's the same kind of setup. Because I started with Audacity. In fact, my very first live stream that I did with uh, RP Pragmatic, uh, Jimmy is his name. I did that in Audacity, and I I, I still leave it up. Uh, and it's it was what I needed to do. But he asked me, 
can you do something to mask my voice? Because there are people that if they hear it, they're going to know it's me. And I don't. I, I cast with Carl. I get it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But he didn't have the capability or the knowledge to do it on his end like Carl was. Okay. So I had to do it on the post-production end. And it took me hours because one, my audio levels sucked balls. They were, my audio was way quiet compared to his. Uh, and then to go through every section that he talked and put on the voice changing, the voice alteration, it right. probably took me like 15 hours over and over to do everything to try and make it as good as I could get it. And I'm looking at it now going, man, if I'd have had Reaper at that time, I could have done it in an hour. I could have done it that quickly because... You All right, you got me peaked, you son of a bitch. Well, you should check <laughs> it out just for the fact that um, with with Reaper, they, they that one, it's a trial. I think it's a seven-day or a 30-day trial. So you can download it and play with it. Um, it's very similar to Da Vinci. You're going you're gonna to feel at home in a lot of cases. But it's like $60, I think. And... According to them, it's only for whatever version. Like they're on six right now. Oh, and so there's no upgrades in the in the cost. You get the upgrades, but when they finally like revamp the whole thing, I think you have to pay again. I think. Uh, but they've been on six forever, and they're they constantly update it. But even in in uh, Da Vinci in Resolve, in the in the Fairlight page. A lot of the same stuff you can do in Reaper, you can do in Da Vinci. You can do voice compression where the music automatic, it's called audio ducking. Oh yeah, ducking where, compression. I know all the yeah. terms, I just don't know the soft. I just don't know how to use it in Da Vinci. Okay, we're going to have to do another episode if you want or privately. I can show you how to do audio ducking, that's easy. And so, and then that way you can have background music wherever you want it, whenever. And if you have your dramatic pause or whatever, the music pops back up a bit. All oh, that. so you do use it, use it automatically then? Because for me, I just do that same keyframe that I do for editing. Click the keyframe, yeah. move ahead five frames, and then duck the volume. From like you can do that, but this does the, it does it all automatically. You, you, it's literally a set it and forget it. Reaper will do it. Reaper will do it to the granular level. But even Da Vinci will do it. Da Vinci in the Fairlight page will do it. There is effects for compression and EQ and all of that to get your sound however you want it. And then once you've kind of set it, you can save the presets so you don't have to do it down the road. If you know you have your mic and you have your audio levels automatically already set, like I know I do an OBS. Most of that, I, it's the template thing. I've already set it where I can just go in and besides the little minor tweaks with the audio, boom, yeah, it's the done. Work's done. Yep. So where's yeah, the ducking? In which one? In, I'm right here in the uh, Fairlight tab right now. Okay, so you have to go. Here, I'll open the thing so we can watch it. Okay, all right. So let me. I'm gonna put you back on full screen. Okay, so you go over to the side to the right where your mixing your mixer is down lower. Yeah, there you go. You got your mixer. Okay, so one of the first things is, let's say you've got some background music. I don't know if you do which one it is. Which, uh, A3. Which okay, so A3 is where you're going to want to put your compressor. So you're going to go over to A3, go down to the little square, that, yeah, right, up, 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 right there. Right-click that guy, or even double-click on it. Okay, what do we got here? What's this? Don't want panning. You can turn that off. Well, you can. Oh, leave do I just it add on. a compressor to it then? Yes, you're gonna That's add a compressor. 
multi-band compressor, right? There you go. You add that into that little square thing. Oh, you add it into the whole channel. Right. Yeah, because this is on the channel level. I mean, you can do it on the clip level as well. No, the channel would be much better. That's why Fairlight. Fairlight's where we get into channel level. Okay. Now, go over to your audio that's you talking. You can close the pan out. Okay. So, when you click into that one, um, I'm just thinking, God, I'm gonna, I might have to pull DaVinci up here. Let me let me pull DaVinci up on my end. So, sorry guys, we're going to be playing retard here. For me. By the way, I should have been paying way more attention to you guys in the chat. I know I haven't been. I'm sure you said some very cool shit. I will read it when I get second. During the loading screen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the DAW effect and the... Yeah, you're talking about that soundboard shit. I'm not going to lie. I I know why people do it. I'm not a fan mm-hmm. of it. Okay, so I'm going to pull up my DaVinci. It's taking a second here to load. Your computer might actually be faster than mine. I don't know. Mine's two years old, so... Okay, yeah, mine I just got uh, during COVID, beginning of COVID. Oh, so yeah, you, you you probably have a much better, faster computer than I do. No big right. deal. Just a humble brag. Yeah, no, no problem there. It's it, I'll tell you, DaVinci's been the, the main reason I'm thinking, fuck, I need to upgrade my computer. <laughs> For me, it was Minecraft. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's a good reason, too. Uh, let's think. It'll be a noise reduction. Well, hang on, uh, hang on a sec here. Let me, like I said, I gotta pull DaVinci up, and then when it when it finally loads and does everything, because it's doing twice, it's doing three times the work right now. Yeah. Because I've got uh, the Streamyard running and all of that, and that's taking up a, a lot of resources. And then, of course, isn't that uh, the one nice thing too about templates? It's because you don't have to exactly remember how to do every option; you just set it once. And then, yep. As long as you yep. don't lose it, <laughs> then you have to go like, oh, I gotta look this shit up again. God damn it. Yeah, there is that, but the the thing that's nice about it is you can, I don't know, you just, where you play like how you know that uh, that text effect that you showed us, that ripple swirl, whatever yeah. it is, that 70s effect, where you've done it enough that you know that, that's kind of like me with resetting the presets and everything for the audio ducking, uh, that, gotcha. that if, I, if I lost the template, I wouldn't have to look it up, it's like, I can do this, I know how to do this. Which I, I know that's a good like, thing. The more you do something, the better you get at it. I mean, the better you remember it. Yep. And stuff you don't know too well, you just, I know where to go find it. That's what I used to do in the Navy, though. We used to, they mixed signalmen and sparkers together into a single trade called Naval Communicators. Mm-hmm. And then they also added IT and security onto it. So it was like three different trades. Nobody could remember everything. So your best skill was just to know where to go to recall it. Yep. And Probably and why this is helping. Yep. Oh, come on, Da Vinci. Here we go. Finally, just or did it just die? Let's see. Injection running or did it shit? Yeah, most DAWs have template settings. So yeah, template settings I don't mind. I kind of like doing it myself first just to understand how it works, and then I'll be more than happy to do it. Okay, DaVinci's up. So let me pull up one of my pull up reviews. Yeah, there's no way I'm going to be able to screen share this. My system is just like, fuck you. That's fine. My body is ready. Oh, come on. Okay. So I'm in DaVinci. Let's see. Make sure. Okay. So there's my edit page. Now I'm going over into Fairlight. Come on. Okay. Yeah, red is right. There is more layers to work with. Yes. 
There's this guy on YouTube I watch. He's like a professional editor, and that's what he, he shows us his workflow. And it's like there's eight tracks for his video edits, and there's like 50 for his audio. He goes, that's when you know you got a good editor. <laughs> kind of true. Yep. Okay, so let me see here because I've got my EQ on my main channel. Okay, so you have the little. Weird. Ducking is such a fundamental thing. You'd think they'd almost have made like a very obvious shortcut. Well, and see, going back to Filmora, Filmora actually has that. That it, it's, I, I like it. It definitely works, but it's not as precision as what Da Vinci can do or what Reaper can do. Dude, I just like you showed me the track wide audio settings. That just for this ducking alone, you're probably gonna save. On the four hours it takes me to edit one of my red-pilled coffees or relationship break... Oh, relationship breakdowns are like an hour and a half. You're probably saving 20% of the time on them right there. So like this pot... I've already I've already more than paid for my time on this fucking podcast. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so where is it at? Come on. This thing is just ragging. Yeah, there's three things too. If you can show me where the options are here for a filter curve loudless normalization and limiters mm -hmm. i could basically don't need audacity okay well i can tell you about it so let me oh and the ducking <laughs> well yeah ducking's important okay so while this thing's fucking around and i don't know if it's ever gonna go or not i'm gonna just kind of go off of what you've got sitting up here okay so the first thing i typically do is I will set an EQ on the on the vo on the narration track on my track, you know, okay. my voice. So go over to A one or whatever it is that's your voice. Voice is A two. Okay, so go to where it says EQ. So it's right above, right? No, 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 down. How can I not see what you're talking? About? Your your awesome. your scroller was almost on right there. Okay. Yeah, you should be able to click on that, whether it's a right click or a double click, something like that. That there we go. Okay, so now you have your your EQ open. This is where you would send. Um, you would obviously adjust if you want to get rid of the the low end on the far left of the knobs. You've got one there that says frequency. Yeah, you're in the area. Look down or scroll down. You've got a knob over there. That you can roll that off, basically, which gets rid of a lot of the rumble and stuff that goes into your your microphone. Right. Yeah, ideally, uh, what do I usually set? Like three to four decibels and roll uh, low. Okay. Until mm -hmm. about. Usually, it's somewhere around here. I'd have to fiddle with the numbers because I don't know how these decibels translate. Okay. I'd have to go look at what I got settings now. But it's and that's fine. Like this. But, yeah. But we're Some basically people I know like to roll off the tinnitus yep. too. Though. Yeah, I tend I tend to roll off the high end as well. Okay, but that's that's neither here nor there. You you set that however one. There should be somewhere. Is there? Because I'm trying to see on the screen. Is there somewhere in all of those knobs and everything? Is there a thing in there that talks about send and listen? Do you see that? Yeah, do you see that anywhere? Okay. All right. Go ahead and um, go ahead and close that tab for the EQ. You've, you've kind of got it in there now. We're just, again, we're playing. So we've got that now. Go, yeah, go to where it says dynamics. No, no, no. Close that off. Yeah, the dynamics on your vocal track. There we go. Click on send. It's right dead in the center. Right down, right down, right down. Oh. There, hit send. 
Okay, now, without, leave this open. You don't need to close it, but go over to your audio three or four, which, wherever your music is. Mm-hmm. Click on that one. Okay, that should change. Double click it. You'll have your compressor still open, but now it'll say listen. audio three. Hit listen. Okay, turn compressor on. Yes, click that. Now, when you go and play the, you do your playback, this is the area where you will move your uh, ratio and then the whatever it is that's on the other side of ratio right by listen. Threshold, I, uh, attack, hold, and release. Threshold. You'll do those three as well. Threshold. Okay. okay when so you what scroll, I like a three to one. Uh, that's either way, but it's your threshold that the lower you are, the lower the music will be. The more, the, the quieter your music will be oh. versus your talking head part to your narration. So question okay. then, if this is at zero, that's obviously no change. Right. Is this like equivalent, like is that like a two decibel difference if I go to negative two? If I go to negative 50, is that like going to negative 50 decibels on the sound? I guess I could play and learn that one. Yeah, and, and you will have to but do that. And then you'll also... If that was also... the case, I'd probably do a negative 20 then. Yeah, but then with your attack, your hold, and your release, those will, the the shorter they are, the, the faster it will go back. Like on the attack, that's when from the time you start talking, the, the yeah, how quickly the music drops, and it can be very abrupt or it can be very gradual. Your hold, obviously, is if you pause for a second, and then so your remember, release lets it go. So my settings when Audacity actually have like a 10 millisecond attack. But I actually can go faster here, so I wonder... Yes, you can. I'll have to play, because I don't want it to be yep. too jarring, so I'll just assume 10. Okay. Uh, my release, they usually set that to 1,000. Yeah, and then so I, I know... I kind of wouldn't me. mind drifting that off. Okay, and you can, and same with the hold. I tend to set the hold somewhere in the middle, is the only way I can describe it. And so again, what's the you hold have, do? The hold just... It's, it's where you, like, pause or you maybe inhale real quick because you can set everything so fast that the minute you stop talking, it's bumping the music back up and it's very jarring. Oh, so that accounts for pauses in speech. So how long would my right. pauses be? Okay, I right. get that. So maybe okay. never half a second, whatever I can play. Okay. Yeah, you'll oh, have to. Dude, a lot this, of this is you're fucking wonderful. Okay, now there's a couple other features here that we're not done with yet. So there's a slider right above limiter. You see that slider? Yeah, that guy. That will, uh, because when you start doing your EQ and now your compressor, that's going to alter your master volume, basically, is what it's going to do. Yeah. So that will compensate. You know, again, you have to play with it, but that will help compensate to get your your audio sound in the sweet spot, which is about a grand total of negative six. Zero to negative six, because otherwise when you start hitting the red zones, you're peaking way too much, and even YouTube will compress you. Yeah. So this way you stay underneath that compression. Okay. Now the limiter, I to be honest, I don't usually use the limiter because no. the limiter there's no Yeah, need. limiter is if you're getting really close. Like the way I'd use a limiter in my case is after I've done my uh loudless normalization. Uh-huh. That way I can bring the ultimate value volume up, but the problem is it clips too much at the top and then the limiter's right. way of just softening it up. Audiobooks use it. I don't think for a video it's going to be completely necessary. No. I do. I've I've played with it, and and it was more headache than it was worth. I basically did all of my adjustments to kind of compensate for that limiter. I just adjusted the volume of my narration itself, so your A2 track on its own, I would just kind of you know bump it down a little bit, and then play with your uh, threshold, your ratio, your attack, 
all that stuff here on A3 on your background music, you know, you still have to kind of fine tune everything, but this is how you do your audio demo. This is it right here. Well, I could see you not needing a limiter because you have a very, I don't want to say monotonous, but it's a very stable voice. Yeah. And the music you use, there's no like random like guitar thrashing into it out of nowhere, highs and lows. Right. So you don't have the same worries about clipping at the top end if you do any kind of gaining gains or compression. Exactly. And so that's one of the things that, but this setup that I just showed you or or told you, that is how you do your audio ducking. This is it. Again, you're going to have to play with it, obviously, off camera or whatever to hone it in. But this is audio ducking. So, And you can audio duck any channels you want because all you'd have to do is like, let's say you got your, you have different uh, background music on different tracks based on the timeline progression. You just add another compressor to that different track. So if your narration's A2, you got background music on three and four, you can also run a compressor on four. Which is perfect. And thank God I have this shit organized. Like you see right here. Yep. Audio, like voice channels, usually in this case, it was a bit mod, but like channel one, channel two is effects, channel three is effects, four and five are the music tracks. So it's so easy just to do track-wide changes. Well, and the thing that's nice too, uh, where you're talking about- And you see already all the fucking keyframes where I'm doing the audio uh, edits now. And, and and the way you're doing it, you're basically, you are doing the same thing, but it is way more work yep. this, this way. And you're going to have a lot more precision with the, the compression, uh, the audio ducking that I'm showing you. You'll have actually a lot more precision over it based on what you want to do, but you're not keyframing it and fucking around doing that shit. That'll oh, you've already got me sold on it. Just the work alone. Yep. Okay. And like I said, and you can do the compression per clip if you wanted to. You could do it right here in the edit page. You just click on a click that you want, go over to your effect tab, go down to audio effects and load a compressor right into that clip itself and do whatever you wanted to do there. But I prefer to do it on the track level. Yeah, well, you're like me. You organize each track based on the types of sounds that's there. Yep. And and this, what's fun about this too, where you have a lot of uh, sound effects like whooshes and (laughs) whatever. Fucking picture, (laughs) fucking fatty boy. I'm listening. I'm listening. I'm paying attention, and I'm taking it seriously. Just okay. No, that's fun. That's fun. (laughs) But one of the uh, the fun things where you've got a lot of different sound effects. If you don't want those ducked, you just don't add a compressor to that track or that clip. You you know that way you're not having it's not gonna compromise those if you if you're worried about that. So because the only the only things that I audio duck right now is basically my voice. Yep, to the music to the to the bed as we called it in the DJ parlance. Oh, look at you with your old DJ parlance. Well, I used to do that, dude. That was something I did in college. I was a disc jockey. And so that's why I have an appreciation for audio is I had to play with soundboards and it was all analog. There was no digital back then. We had to splice tape and actually cut the tape in order to make any kind of edits. Oh, Jesus so. Oh, dude. Yeah. I don't envy you, man. Yep. Technology is a beautiful thing compared to what it was. Oh, te- dude, graphic design. My teacher, like I just got into the business in university when they stopped using fucking lethar- lithographs. Oh, God. Like drawing, <laughs> drawing the text onto the thing, like fucking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exacto knives and shit. That's awesome. Yep. So if 
I, I still recommend if you're interested in checking it out, getting into Reaper. It's worth the sixty bucks or the fifty dollars, whatever they're doing. If you really want to, I guess, do a lot of audio stuff, but second audio book, I most likely will be. Okay, especially well, if it saves some time. Oh, it, you'll save hours. Okay, but for the YouTube videos, this is definitely going to be. Oh, absolutely. This is yeah. If if I wasn't doing other audio stuff whether it's making music because you can actually make music in reaper you can hook up midi instruments and all that and even you know acoustic instruments via microphone and record it like a recording studio i've heard that a lot of guys use that for studio recording like they're out there soundcloud albums yep by the way in case you fucking cocksucker i swear on this absolutely in case you cocksuckers in the audience don't know this is me constantly. It sounds like I'm just putting out a video and shitting on Stedman, but every episode I film is basically the equivalent of me and Rob here, except for instead of him, it's a YouTube video with some Swedish guy showing me how to do these edits. Every fucking video. So don't ever say I don't give you guys effort and I'm lazing this out. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> well, it's the same thing for me. It's like, yeah, I, that's why I wanted to bring you on is I wanted to go a little more, I guess, I'm going to give you a run for your money, Ryan. I want to get into storytelling the way you do. Dude, I want want everybody to crush me, so I have to be better. (laughs) All this talk about competition. Well, at least he has balls. Well, how about this? I told Rob how to make better videos than me, and now he's got the balls to do it. Now I have to do it. That's right. Now you've got to up your audio game. (laughs) Nobody's getting arrested on this one, too. How's that for balls? Oh, no shit. No one's going to jail if we're, you know, just shit talking over videos. Hey, you know, that could be fun. Do YouTube videos where it's like a war? No, where it's a, it's, it's kind of like reaction videos where they shit talk each other. Oh yeah, I just watched Ryan's video. This is what I got to say about that. (laughs) Oh dude, remember, actually they used to do those. Remember that Simpsons one with the steamed clams? Remember that episode? Uh, Mm, Principal Skinner went over to, to, or or Superintendent Chalmers went to Principal Skimmer's house and he was like going to make a dinner and he burns the thing. So he goes to make Krusty Burgers and he's doing these elaborate sets of lies. He calls Krusty Burgers steamed hams. Anyways, a whole bunch of guys, they made like 30 videos on this where everybody had their own take on that sketch. One guy even got Jeff Goldblum to, to narrate the oh voice God. of Principal Skinner in it. It's fucking hilarious. And some of this stuff is just crazy surreal. Stuff like that would be so much fun. Wouldn't it though? But uh, it's like, what's the new, you know, what's the new rage in the in the red pill community? All these guys are they're kind of shit talking each other in their videos, and they're making response videos of, hey, oh, well, I fixed that. Check this out. Well, now, you know, since you just, you know, made the first jab, let me let me jab right back. At least I could jab you and you'll jab back. I'll jab Clary and he'll just like go on a 30 minute rant about the economics of shitting on Clary. (laughs) It's no fun at all. That's why I don't shit on him anymore. I'm like, you guys got that market cornered. I'm just going to be nice and polite to him. That's why he's he's always thrown off too. He doesn't know how to respond. He just stares smiling at me. How do I respond to sincere kindness? I don't know. Wow. This guy, you know, if anything, I think he's, you know, looking at you going, what's your angle? Yeah. But yeah, there's like, the other guys, they just shit all over. Them. Oh, exactly. Yeah, and to, so on this too, the bigger point, I guess, for audience guys, and I guess I've already talked to you about this before. Part of it is, I don't know how long my time is in the sphere. Like the autism will eventually get to me and I'll just have to be like, I'm fucking, you guys are talking about sticking shit up your ass to be alpha. I don't want any part of it. Stick tobacco up your ass. No. And so I always want to make sure that by the time this is done, 
I have to stop talking about 10 ways to be alpha. At least I got something out of it that I can still, like I'll be able to record an audiobook for somebody else. I'll be able to make a video on YouTube. I can make a Minecraft Let's Play episode 506. Fucking great. Mm-hmm. But I would hate to be the kind of guy that like my Gumroad course on pickup is that's all I got. I didn't really build any other skills. And so then when that money dries up on that and I have to pull a fucking Roosh V or a Cernovich, I got more options than ranting about the evil Democrats, you know? Yeah, exactly. That's that's something without it scares even... the shit out of me. <laughs> well, it it's something that I never like consciously thought about or put to words of like, oh, I'm going to learn YouTube or learn video editing because it's actually going to teach me a skill that goes beyond just ranting in Toyotas about Rolo's effect. You know, it's like, oh, well, while some of these guys are going to disappear and they're going to have to go back and do the nine to five or or start all over again. (laughs) Right. Yeah. (laughs) They're they're gonna have to go fall back on something else or start all over again and rebuild the wheel all over again. I'm like, well, yeah, I don't plan on being here forever either. I was saying that a while back to somebody. I was like, dude, if I'm still sitting here yelling at the fucking computer when I'm 60, that's in 10 years, basically. That's 11 years from now. If I'm still doing this, then I have failed you guys and I have failed me. And, and on like, the yeah. very rare chance that you've blown the fuck up and are huge, but I highly doubt talking yeah. about whamming online is ever going to become fucking PewDiePie 2.0. No. <laughs> I doubt it. No, I, I doubt it as well. That that I don't, you know, I'm not going to be doing this forever. It's like, no, this is what I'm doing now, but I'm going to either get sick of it like you, where you're like, fuck these guys, and I'm going to go do something else. Or I've done my time that, yeah, I want to do something else with the rest of my life, guys. Fuck all yeah. this shit. But at least I've learned some skills that, oh, hey, I can I can do some audio for guys. I can be an audio engineer. I can be a video editor. I can do other things. It does a huge disservice to your audience, too. Like, I know it's do it, do it for you. Don't do it. Don't pander. And yeah, there's that part of it. But at the same time, you are, we are, we're infotainment. Yep. At, that's the most charitable way I can describe any red pill content is infotainment. Yes. Trust me, I want to use much more malignant terms here. <laughs> And that's when I get to the subtext of it. If you're given your subtext of like men got to be better, we got to you know fight feminism, whatever bullshit things you do, and then the only thing you do is you show them how you're a one trick pony, you have no skills other than just like emotional triggers and gumroad forces. The guys watching that, you're essentially walking them off a cliff, and you're treating them more as a resource rather than step back. I don't know how to word it, but I always said at the very beginning, very first speech I ever gave in that Central Florida convention that shall not be named, is that. I'm basically paid to come here and you give me an hour of your time. So you got to respect that. At the time, it was like 150 people give me an hour of time. 150 hours. Do you remember that story I told? The one about when I was in my primary leadership quarter uh, course. Did I tell you this one or did I just write it on the blog? I might have just wrote it on the blog. I think you just wrote it. All right. So at one point in the course, everybody, you have your platoon and your platoon is made of sections. Everybody will become a platoon leader once in the course. You get two days where you're in, you're the CEO of the unit. And the idea is you get to do, you know, teach leadership. It's mostly just like organize the thing, set the tasks, make sure they're done. You're ultimately accountable for being underneath. On my days, we had a bunch of bullshit tasks they do to run out the clock because they want you basically sleep deprived. That's the only hardship they can impose on you. So they try to work you till like midnight and then start your work day at four. We also had to give lectures on 
rules of force, any kind of like brief you have to give it to a command team. And there was 60 of us that had to do it. So that's like 60 hours of content fit in within like two or three days. Anyways, so for me, what people would normally do is because they were just trying to take a risk averse approach and follow the herd. Everybody sit down and watch these lectures. Everybody was sitting there wasting 10 hours a day watching the lectures. And then they'd spend another 10 hours a day doing all the tasks. We have to clean your boots, polish your whatever, do your drill, whatever. Me, I start looking through the requirements of it. And it turns out the requirements, watching the fucking lectures is not a requirement. Giving them is. And the only people that mark you are the instructors. So I'm like, you don't have to fucking be here. So I made a call. They put me in charge for this. I'm like, here's my call. We have X, Y, and Z to do. You guys all go do that. And you put a little bit extra and cover for the 10 guys today who have to give their lectures. Then when that's done, we all go home. And it was something around like 2 in the afternoon. We're supposed to be there. They usually want us there to like 10 to midnight. 2.30 in the afternoon, everything was done. All that was left was another like 5 or 6 or a couple lectures. 5, 6, maybe a handful of people. So I'm like, look, I'm making a call. 40, 55 of you go home. The last five that have to give lectures, you stick around and I'll stick around because you have to stay until everybody else leaves at the Zoom call. And everybody's freaking out. But that's not fair. Why do these guys stay and they get to go home? Like, well, when it's you're not your day to present, you go home. I'm not going to fuck over everybody because you got it hard. I'm here later than all you guys, so I don't give a shit. Anyways, it was actually hard. I almost had to kick people out of the fucking barracks. But they got to go spend 10 hours they wouldn't have spent with their girlfriends, their family, or jerking off in the living room or whatever. Anyways, next day, I hear this, this gigantic fucking psycho bitch. I can't remember. Uh, I don't want to say her name on here. But she was like a Hungarian blonde, you know. Call me ma'am. That kind of chick. <laughs> Call me Erga. Basically, get over here. Drag me into a room. 15 minutes. Chewed me out. This is bad leadership. We didn't tell you to do this. You weren't told to do this. Blah, blah, blah. I checked the standing orders. I have the authority to, to call when the day is over and when the day started, and I'm accountable for the task done. I met all the tasks. I made the calls perfectly within my rights, right? But I'm not going to argue this point. She chews me out. The other boss that was behind her, he's got a big laughing. I can see he's laughing, but it's, it's kayfabe, so I have to like, act like she's chewing me out. So after 15 minutes of getting reamed, my asshole fucking opened up. I go out to class, and everybody's standing outside looking at me all horrified. Oh man, are you okay? I knew we shouldn't have done this. I'm like, I sat everybody down for our morning meeting. I'm like, look, I'll address this thing so you all get it out of your system. You all got 10 hours, 55 of you, 10 hours. That's 550 hours of awesomeness. I had to put up with 15 minutes to get my ass reamed out. Cost-benefit perspective, I think that's a trade I would make every day. Just get back to work. And that was... I got... It actually cost me marks for it. But the other boss, he actually worked together later. He loved it. But that was always the lesson that I wasn't supposed to learn in my leadership course, but I did learn. And this is kind of where I talk about taking the audience and treating them like with some reverence, right? I have to make a, a pithy little tweet on that, too. Like, sometimes leadership is getting your ass reamed out so people can love their children or something. I don't know. I'm not catching up. Well, what it kind of reminds me of, it's funny. I, I know you meant a different thing, but I can tie it to what you just said. It was the tweet you mentioned the other day, and I quote tweeted. It was part of a little thread you did. And you mentioned about having your buddy bail you out. You know, you go out. And oh, you the networking one. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's better networking than some main network event type of thing. Mm-hmm. That's that's this right here. That to me, it's like, oh, this is there's the analogy is there for me, at least that it's like, oh, yeah, because if you treat your audience with reverence, you value their time, they're going to love you for it. 
You know what I mean? I hope you guys don't love me. I don't want no para-social relationship on this shit. <laughs> but no, I, I see what you mean. Like, they'll... It, it's... They'll respect you. Let's put it that. I don't even like that because respect's been such a botched-up term with that fucking decent capital shit. But I know what you're saying. I just... Yeah. I'm just quibbling over the term used. Yeah, you are. You're 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 getting triggered. <laughs> grumble, grumble, grumble. That's right. You're getting triggered over terminology now. But it's yeah. the idea that they see the value because so. you're you're valuing their time. So you're like, I don't want to fuck around. And the greatest way I can look at it, and I'm sure you've encountered this too, Ryan, is we're all standing on somebody else's shoulders, whether it's red pill or it's like learning video editing. Okay? Yeah. I'm going and watching guys that, that know how to edit so that I can learn how to edit. And some of the guys are phenomenal. They, they just get right into it. They just, okay, hi, it's me. Let's get in, open up DaVinci, and away we go. And then there's other guys that take 10 minutes telling you their life story, and then it takes them the two minutes to tell you how to do whatever it was you were looking for. Oh, that's like cooking blogs. Let me teach you how to make a tortilla. But before then, my trip to Matt, and you're like, fuck. Yeah. And those are the ones that I'm looking at it going, okay. And I know like Jack had said, well, monetization. And I'm like, I understand monetization. I get it. Your videos need to be X amount of length long in order for YouTube to monetize it if that's the thing. But there's other things you as the content creator can do that you're not just telling your life story or whatever. You can get to the point and say what needs to be said and maybe add a little extra value to it to get your monetization mark. But at least I'm not sitting there going, I just wasted 10 minutes to watch a two minute video. Yeah. You know, because I hate those. It's like there's guys I won't follow because of that. It's like, oh. I'm, I'm a minute and a half in and this guy is telling me his life story or he's trying to hold my hand when I'm looking at it going, dude, I, I'm not a noob here. I understand what you're doing, but your video was oddly specific about learn this technique. It's not going to, well, we need to go and download DaVinci and then we need to install DaVinci and then we need to open DaVinci and okay, well now do this. It's like, I understand how to do all that. I, I watched that video already. Get on with it. We're going to teach you how to do a glitch effect. You know? It's like, get to the glitch effect. I understand how to open the fucking program. Yeah, and help. And that's the thing. There's tools to get around that. You know that new chapter option where you're like, it splits up your timeline yes. based on headers? Yes. If you wanted to do that, if somebody wanted to support you by watching your pablum, which most people won't, at least that, it makes it easier to search. I actually got to learn how to do that. Why more please is trying to teach that to me right now. It's, Apparently it's easy. It's very easy. Like, I'm is it in the wait. editor you do that or in the descriptor? It's in the descriptor. Oh. Yeah. When you set up, you put in your links and everything and your description of what your video is. You make it a separate space and then you start off with zero, zero, colon, zero, zero. Type the word intro. And then at whatever point that you're going to have your chapter, you need to watch your video as you're doing it, basically, because you can do it, you know, in real time. Yeah, you just need but your it, time code. So you're just doing it, is it by frames or by seconds? It's by seconds. Oh. So at 1 minute 30 seconds is where we now get to making coffee. And then at 2 minutes 45 seconds, now we're going to do red pill. And then at 3 minutes 22, we're going to drink some coffee. And then at 4 minutes, we're going to talk more red pill. That's, Dude, I actually would like that for the relationship breakdown for the, each the definitions in that. Yep, that's how you do it. But you start off with zero zero colon zero zero intro, and then 
from there, you just time code and call it whatever you want to name it. I like that, though. Yeah. I will say, too, I'm with you. If you don't have enough to fill an eight and a half, like they lowered the that default to eight minutes, by the way, eight and a half Is minutes. It? Oh, yeah. I didn't it know ju- that. They just changed that, I think, two, three months ago. Okay, so that's recent. But if I don't have a video that'll fill that time, then either that video's not ready yet. Or I can just double them up. Like the Roycey ones where I do on points, I could, mm-hmm. those are like six minutes. I could probably put two into one and make it just work, but mm-hmm. I just or, skip the mid-roll ads, whatever. Yeah, well. Ultimately, and, and, ultimately, if you get more views, then it's going to cancel that out anyway. So that's my decision. I'll let you know in three months how it works. Yeah, right, we'll find out. The, but that's kind of like when I did my uh, Twitter notification video. It seriously is like two minutes long. There's no way it could be monetized, even though my channel's not even that big yet. Mm-hmm. But there's just no way because it's too short. But honestly, I don't care. I was like, I'm going to make this video the way I wanted someone to do it for me. Mm-hmm. You know, that it's like, just get to the fucking point. And so that's what I did. That is my most popular video on my channel. And yeah. I don't know why it took off. Maybe Dude. it's the description. Nobody ever knows why. My most popular video, I'm the same way. I'm like, why the fuck are people watching this? It's that, it's this random one, like, what makes a modern man? I don't remember it, but it just keeps blowing the fuck up, and I'm like, why? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't either. My, It was really funny, because when I did the Twitter one, I did it because I wanted to do a tutorial about how to do this, because I had to go slog through a whole bunch of other people's crap to get there. <laughs> And then, so I was like, you know, okay, now that I know how to do it, I'm going to do it the way I wanted it done. That someone, I wish someone would have done this for me, did it, put it up, set it, forget it, released it, forgot all about it. It did its little spike like all videos do. Oh, it's a new video from, from Rob. Let's go see what he's got to say. And then it died off, which I expected. And then like, seriously, like two months later, boom, took off. I don't understand the algorithm at all. I don't either. I, I, it is my most popular video and it's two minutes. And it's not even a red pill video. It's a Twitter video. You know, it's just a notification. <laughs> How to tweet. First step, take a yeah. shit. Second step, think something up. Third step, make it sound autistic. Fourth step, success. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like and subscribe. Oh, fifth step. What's up? Fuck nuance. <laughs> Tell the audience what they want to hear, but don't pander. That's right. If you don't, don't understand pander. what that means, just keep trying. Yeah, and then sixth step, guilt and shame your way through it all. That's right. As a real man, you're going to wipe up that hoe or you're a fucking loser. That's how you have to do Twitter. That's how you Twitter properly. And it's, you know, the worst part about all that is that I, I hate when I'm watching a red pill piece of content on something on a topic that I kind of know makes sense. But the way they're describing it is very pandering anger face shit. And then I hear some feminist dunk on it. And I'm kind of like siding with the feminist. I'm like, he's got a point, dude. <laughs> Fuck you for making me say that. Oh, uh, right? <laughs> like, I don't mind the feminists. They're just like, you're a white male and freak out like the ones on my last tweet there. But sometimes they're like, dude, don't ever do this to girls. And I'm like, yeah, she probably would be. <laughs> like, why are you doing that? <laughs> like, put a G- What was the other one? I think I think Donnie does that. Like, they put the GPS tracker in her car. Like, uh, yeah. Don't yeah. worry. It's just a misdemeanor. I'm like, that's kind of not the point, though. How can you argue about having a good frame when you're like, Maybe if she comes back and doesn't feel like having sex that night, but she was horny when she left, then maybe you don't need the GPS tracker to know what's up. Yeah, no shit. Well, and and my take on that 
particular one would be if you have to install a GPS tracker. Yeah. That kind of says, Well, it, yeah, it kind of, to me, it's like, come on, if, if you already have suspicions or you're not trusting, why are you even with this person? Well, that's the point. Like, yeah. yeah, it's, there's one of two scenarios. One, you're paranoid, in which case yep. you have shit, you need insecurities you need to work on. Or yep. two, you're not paranoid and your instinct has already told you what you need to know. It's and like, you're just uh, not acting on it. Yep. Yeah, and Americans are, seem to be brutal at this because that whole Trump election stealing whatever shit. Mm-hmm. I don't really care to argue which one's right or not. I'll put it this way though: the perception of impropriety, right there, shows you exactly why that's just as important as actually being like legit and no like fraud or anything. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, Canada. Whether, we're, whether yeah, it we got it. are not. It's well. The fact that people can plausibly say that it did happen—that's the yep. issue. Yep. Trust thing. And that's why Canada actually has. You guys don't have this. We have Elections Canada. It's a federal arms length organization that strictly exists for all election like security, local, federal, provincial, whatever. That's their only reason. They're like the FBI for elections. And they make it their job not just to make sure the elections go smoothly, but to make sure people trust the system. And they, unfortunately, they like they can't be influenced by political parties. That goes against their mandate. If that happened, it would be just as bad as when uh, Statistics Canada, Harper tried canceling them for a bit there. Canadians lost their fucking mind. And I guess you can't have that as Americans because you guys aren't a country of provinces. You're like 50 separate countries with a yep. kind of a weird banner on top of it, right? Correct. Yes. We are a confederation. You're like the EU. <laughs> yeah, we kind of are. Yeah, we are a confederation that when it comes to, we have the federal government that everyone is, you know, evil, bad federal government. But the reality is the state governments can override the federal government at any given time about damn near everything. Yeah. And I think so what do they have like, the rules on? Interstate commerce and the post office. Is that the only thing? The, and the military. That's like the only three things the military that federals have, right? Yeah, pretty much. Because even when it comes to like the ATF and the DEA when it comes to drug enforcement, okay? Right now in the United States, here's a great example, okay? Most states now either have some form of medical marijuana or even recreational marijuana where they've they've not only decriminalized it, they've made it straight up legal. On the federal level, that's not the case. That the feds, in theory, the DEA could come in to any dispensary or any grow farm and whatever and shut them down. Because on the federal level, it's still illegal to grow marijuana, sell marijuana, possess marijuana, buy marijuana. Yet on the state level, each state's they're kind of doing their own thing. I haven't seen the DEA or the ATF or anybody showing up yet, which tells me they're probably not going to. Yeah, well, it probably means the state will be like, I will kick you the fuck out of my state if you fuck with my tax revenue. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So basically, yeah. don't do it inside an FBI headquarters in your yeah, state. Yeah, pretty much. Don't do it where it's considered federal ground. So, yeah. Consulate. Uh, military base, I guess. Military, yes. Military base would be another one. And um, reservations. The, the, the Native American land. That's federal ground. Huh. And so those type of areas where it's federal, yeah, you better not fuck around there because they'll probably kill you. But literally. But anywhere else, it's like, oh, if the state's allowing it, you're kind of, you're okay. You really are. Fair so, enough. I don't know, we'll see. Right. We're Now this COVID quarantine shit's the way it is. I'm like seriously looking into expatriating. Now I got to pick a place. And I hate to say it, but right now Florida is really high on that list. <laughs> Well, Why do you guys funny. do this to me? 
Well, you want, you want freedom? Comes with Florida, man. I'm like, fuck. Oh, goddamn Florida. Yep. Well, it's funny you say that because, of course, there's a lot of guys on Twitter talking about expatriation, you know, leaving the America. And, and I'm like, where are you going to go? Because wherever, whatever you give up here, whatever you're trying to run from, you're going to be trading and exchanging it for something else somewhere else. You know? Yeah, that's the problem. Which one's better? Which one's worse? Wh- yeah, which one is okay with you? Like, I would love Australia. Well, Australia, and yeah, this is going to sound stupid, but Australia's got issues with firearms, and I I like my firearms. So Canada, too, I guess, to a lesser extent. Australia is like an extreme version. The thing I don't like about Australia is it's so isolated. Yeah, well, there like, is Like, I like that. Tim Tams, but not that much. <laughs> Like everything I'm used to seeing is like, yeah, that's an eight hour plane ride of shipping away. It costs 10 times as much. Yeah. No, I get it. But you're always going to have some form of trade off. Oh, well, you can have your guns and you can have this, but you'll never own the land. It's like going to Mexico. The only people that can legally own land in Mexico is Mexican nationals. That's it. Yeah. See, I can do that too. That's the beauty of it. My girl's Mexican national. Well, there you go. See, now you have an inn there. You but at the same time, it's like Mexico. A feudal lord. Yeah, but that it's the shithole of Mexico. Right. But yeah, you Mexico like is a, the shithole of Mexico. <laughs> shit. But you at least would be a feudal king down there with your income, you know, because they, they survive on dirt and bread. And so, you know, but that's what you're trading off there. My girl hates that, by the way, when I talk about the chief export being dirt farming. <laughs> Stop saying that about my place. I'm like, whatever. <laughs> now oh, she oh, even oh. starts to call it. That's how much she's gotten. She hears it so much, she accidentally calls it a dirt farm every now and again. <laughs> <laughs> now there's an example of frame. <laughs> yeah. You got her in your frame. If she's calling the dirt farm a dirt farm. <laughs> yeah. Well, someplace, like I would love, Croatia would be kind of nice. And I know it's kind of got really close ties to Canada. It's got the nice Mediterranean thing. Apparently, fitness uh, fitness brands, they're all down in Dubai right now. Because Dubai was like, once you get in the country, as long as you're clean, then fucking fill your boots. Oh, shit. But that's the problem. It's like 54 degrees in the summer in August. I don't want that. Have you ever been in 54 degree? Oh, I guess that's Celsius. You're talking, it's Celsius. Like, You're talking like 120, 130 Fahrenheit. I think 130. Yeah. One second yeah. here. 54 Celsius to Fahrenheit. 129. Yeah, 130 <laughs> degrees. That's Death Valley. Yeah. Yeah, it's fucking hotter than hell. Dude, I remember I used to go outside to like walk around and then get to the Emirates Mall and then I would look at my pants and where my pockets were was dry because the pocket absorbed all the sweat, but the rest of my pants were drenched. That's just sweat. And then you walk into there and you go into like the uh, the ski range or the ski slope that's in the mall. Fucking Dubai, of course, you gotta have a ski hill in the middle of the desert. <laughs> And it's like ice cold and I had to wear a jacket. And then I'm thinking like we walk back in and forth like seven times a day. I'm like, this is extreme 50 degrees to negative 10 degrees shit. This can't be good for your heart, especially no. not when you're drinking. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know what the I don't know how what the life expectancy is of Dubai nationals or Emirates or whatever they call them, but it can't be good. <laughs> well, it's too bad Mish isn't here. He'd probably have an idea about that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Dude, I love Mish, man. He's so much fun. Yep. He's kind of sad, though, because, like, you know how I shit on Muslim Twitter a lot? That like, What can I say? I was a kid born in 2001. Sue me. <laughs> it's a 9-11 joke. <laughs> but they all put up with it. But when he does even, like, minor shit, they all get fucking pissed at him. And I think it's because 
like for them it's like oh that's just a dirty heat and whatever that's what they yeah, always say it's easy to dismiss me yeah. but an actual muslim guy saying no no the chicks here are still whores i'm dating one now they're like fuck this guy he's letting them know our secrets <laughs> right yeah. Oh, yeah, he he's DM'd me stuff, showed me video clips and pictures and all this, and he's like, Ryan was right, dude. We're just behind the curve as all this is. Feminism's here. Yeah. It's like, there you go. But yeah, they they're yeah, it is. It's we want to keep that under the rug. Don't let that out the door. We don't want to let the rest of the world know that yeah, we're just as fucked as the rest of you. So Hey, doesn't matter to me though. If you guys want to dismiss me, it makes it harder for me to get uh Twitter TOS violations. Yep. Exactly. I had my first one, by the way, this year. Oh, some random one where it was talking about like choking sexually, but I guess because of the way it was worded, it didn't. It, if you took it like an aspie, it would sound like I was talking about choking chicks. So whatever, I'll own that one. My first twelve-hour ban of my entire Twitter career. Wow, uh, I, I've stayed out of Twitter jail so far, but that'll probably change here now. But I don't think yeah. it will. I think they've. Like, my, my followers stopped dropping, so I think they're past the let's boot everything Trump off of this platform. Yeah. God, man. The Trump, the Trumpination, the Trumpination has been just brutal. I'm down, like, I was, like, 700 guys just disappeared off the face of the earth. And it's <laughs> so hard. I had to take, like, a bunch. And honestly, I thought about the same thing, risk perspective. I'm like, okay, so how do they, how do they find out who the Trump guys are? There's obviously keyword searches, but I guarantee you they see who, like, the big... Like, who's Cernovich's followers? Who is Trump's followers? And do, like, a map of that. So, I'm like, I started following some feminists and a couple you know, ex-sex workers. And I'm like, all the, the hardcore lefties. And that's when I found out a lot of their sexual relationship takes are better than the fucking manosphere. Like, fuck. <laughs> you got this 28-year-old Tumblr girl, and she's saying some shit that's like, Rolo didn't even get there yet. What the fuck? <laughs> but, yeah, it's kept me from getting on that band bandwagon. Although I know a lot of those guys, we lost those guys because they were pissed. You know what is funny, makes me laugh more than anything, is the is not the guys who got censored because they were too hardcore to Trump. It's the guys that didn't. <laughs> How many people fucking deleted their account in a fucking rage saying, YouTube's going to fucking delete me, I know it, and then nothing happens, and then delete their account, tell you to get to their newsletter, and I look over, it's like, that's funny because when they boot your ass off the platform, they tell you the account was suspended. This just says the account no longer exists, you lazy yeah, yeah, exactly. You rage quit. It's like stolen valor for Twitter. Where's Jesse Ventura to talk shit on these guys when you need him, man? <laughs> but how bad is that, though, when, like, you can tell this hardcore, I don't know what to call him. I don't want to say conservative Twitter because it's not about conservatism. It's like LARPy conservative Twitter has this nail yourself on the cross brand strategy. Martyr just don't Twitter. get it. Martyr yeah. Oh, like, yeah. Jesus did that for you. Why are you doing it again? It's like, why would you double up on work? He even wrote down the, like, fuck, I did this three days. That's supposed to be like, that's not supposed to be an instruction manual. <laughs> like, he's not writing. The trick to branding is you need the Romans to whoop your ass. So you got to bait them for a ban. And then when they murder your ass, wait three days, come back, and then start your following. Start with, <laughs> thou shalt have a gumroad course. Thine oh, book shall be 16 point times new Roman on 50 pages. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, that's funny shit. Oh my god. Yep. Yeah. What can I say? I got the Christopher Hitchens in me. <laughs> I'm here all week, guys. Tip your waitress. <laughs> Take my wife, please. Yeah. <laughs> oh god. Fuck these guys. That's why I love Carl. We actually talk a lot about this offline. It's like we actually had a concern. Is like, are you ever worried that 
like using some of the shitty manipulative things like the editing techniques. Do you ever worry that that's causing more harm than good? And I say no. Mostly because I see the alternative isn't very good. So the bar set to be better than that is really fucking low. But on the other time, like we're honest. Like you're honest, Jack's honest, I'm honest, oh, oh Rich, all the guys are honest. I think that's very fucking rare. It is. Like where you can even, you have the self-awareness that if you have something stupid on yours that gets engagement, you know it is. Like when you say, yeah, I'm putting out some red meat for the guys. You acknowledge this is just some bullshit emotional tweet because then you guys will engage this and hopefully enough that you stick around to watch the part where I tell you not to be a fucking moron. (laughs) Yep, exactly. I believe they used to call that authenticity before they start doing the exact opposite. Right? Or what do I call it? Authenticity is like sincerity without having to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds real good, though. Uh, uh, It's lying without lying. Yeah. Oh, God. It's my Jack Murphy rant for the day. (laughs) Oh, you mean the L.O.? Uh, dude, I, I I hate to say this too, but I always get a chuckle and I don't have any reason to poke fun at him. He's never done me no wrong. And I'm like, whatever. He, I've met him. He's a good enough dude. But I just laugh every time he shows up on Tim Pool with his hello fellow children fucking beanie and zero skateboarding hoodie. And I'm just like, hey, fellow children. Like, yeah. Come on. Yeah. He, he's, he's the boomer wanting to hang out with the kids. Yeah. I'm trendy. I'm hip like you guys. Just yeah. hurts. It hurts to watch, especially when he's got that like bride of Frankenstein on her standing on her head beard going on, which yep. I found is cool. And that's just how it naturally grows. But yeah, you know. he's got that streak down the middle type of thing. That's actually how mine started before it all went completely white. No shit. So, yeah, I found I got I've got one. There's this one patch here that's ultra gray, and the rest is just kind of normal. So it's very weird. It's like I had, you know, those people that get those shots for like uh, that stuck gluten intolerance shit. What do they call that disease? celiacs or whatever i think yeah i think so i just remember this because in my book when i talk about weber and his wife the fiance story she actually had that and she has this weird patch of like three white groups of hair from the injection for some from like celiacs or something like that as a kid so every time i have that patch it's all i can think of is like now people are gonna think i have a gluten intolerance god (laughs) i love gluten gluten ain't never done me no wrong it was plant's version of protein can't fault them for trying that's right how it goes. Besides, out of all the part about like simple deep fried carbohydrates, I think gluten is the least of your worries on them. There's so much more things on there that fuck you up. Maybe high fructose corn syrup. No, but that's Ooh. natural. Yeah, fuck natural. yeah. Uranium's natural too. That ain't telling me nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that. I like best times. Tim Pools, Hems and Haws, too much for me. And his chat is a fucking mess. Every big channel's chat's a mess. Yeah. Tim, and I, look, I even got to give Tim credit. He's honest. Do you remember when he did, the, like, I, everybody was talking about now that Trump's kind of on the way out, you're going to start watching everybody pivot, pivot and like, hey, guys, let's talk about whamming again. And it's like, don't fucking forget who was all mega and who's coming back to man now. Don't fucking forget. And I remember that he had a video coming out where he just basically gave a 20 minute long rant about how he's not going to talk about politics anymore. And he's going to talk about winning the culture war that men have to be better. I was like, oh, at least you're honest about it. But like, Jesus, man. What does Rolo say? Hear me now. Believe me later. (laughs) (laughs) Also, why I'm pretty sure I'm never going to do collabs with these type of guys. I'm just having like no filter. And eventually they're going to be like, hey, bring Ryan on the Tim Pool show. And somebody's going to send out the video. Are you sure? Here's the 20 minute thing where he calls you a fucking grifter. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Fair enough. Yeah. Well, you know, and I think you even mentioned that to me a little while back. 
you know, if, hey, if you're wanting to, you know, make your mark here, you gotta, you gotta watch what you say and do. And I, and I get it. And I appreciated the heads up. You, you know better than I do. But I'm sitting here thinking, Ryan, you don't, you haven't gotten to know me well enough yet. One, I don't, I don't care. And and I'm not here to. Everybody you know, says they don't care, but they all care a little. Well, I care. If a million enough. followers fell in your lap, you'd fucking care. Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm not gonna say I wouldn't want a million followers, but at the same time, I'm not here to, I guess, to to make the money. If people want to give me money, great. But otherwise, I'm good. And it's like uh, I I want to actually help guys and say stop putting your head up your own ass. Yeah. Well, I think yeah, same. I get it. And I I should have clarified that I didn't mean that as in like you be careful because this is bad and I did it and don't make this mistake. No, no, it's not I that at all. It's just it there's there's a choice to make. There's actually a, a great YouTuber. He's one of those uh he does like films and like camera work and shit like that, tech reviews, all that kind of stuff. Random thing, nothing to do with this. And he always mentioned that too. He's like, and it's probably the best thing I've ever heard when it came to guys starting a channel on YouTube is make a number. And for him, he was like, take what you pay for bills, take what you pay for food, like all your expenses. How much do you need for paycheck living month to month? And then how big of an audience and how many videos, like how much do you need to get there? And make that your goal. And then once you're at that goal, don't fucking worry about the rest. It'll happen. And that's like you've seen it on my channel. Like mm-hmm. I'm, out of all the rule zero guys, I'm probably the slowest growing guy. About 500 a month for growth. I'm fine with that for subscribers views yeah, every I, first I year was like a thousand views of videos second year is like two to three thousand and it's fine it pays the bills i'm very comfortable I'm not buying lamborghinis and i know for a fact a big reason why i'm not growing faster is because i'm not collaborating with like john somnes or uh, who's somebody else i can't stand. i mean i like him i just don't like the the, the, the brand i guess tim pool uh, murphy Cortez, all those guys. I worked with them a little bit. They seem nice enough. The better I got at brands, the more I realized I just don't want to do that pandering shit. But that's all I mean is that there's a cost involved. That just means it's going to take me five years to get to X amount of growth as opposed to one year or two years. But I don't need it because I already know what my number is. And I think you're the same way. You're like, I don't need any money. I'm just here because I want something to do with my spare time other than jerk off in the living room. Pretty much. That's (laughs) pretty much it. You know, that, yeah, that I don't do this for the money because I make my money in the nine to five world that, yeah, I'm not the entrepreneur. I'm not the, you know, be my own business. It's like, no, and I'm okay with it. That way, if I walk away, it's like, well, it's not like I was making a ton of money anyway. If I get deplatformed, I'll just go on and do something else. It's not the end of the world. I'm not going to be bankrupt and kicked out of my house if I get deplatformed. They they can't hurt me with that. I can just start another (laughs) You're anti-fragile. I have a nine to five. I'm anti-fragile. How's that for like the opposite of mainstream (laughs) advice? (laughs) Yeah, there you have it. You know, it's like, I, I am. My boss knows what I do. They know. And they're like, just don't talk shit about the company. It's like, I can do that. I can be good. You know, I won't oh, talk Oh, you just figured out why censorship is bullshit. Yep. Nobody cares about that. Nobody, dude, I have never seen, Count Dankula, I think is the only guy I've seen who's legitimately been fucked over by cancer culture. Yeah. The guy with the, the Nazi pug? Yeah. Because he yeah. wasn't, he was just fucking around and he just happened to be caught, caught in the right crosshairs at the right time. Everybody else, it's literally, I'm going to drop Nazi references for like six months and then he gets banned for Nazi references and he's like you see they're censoring you you gotta be able to have free speech and I'm just like I'm not a sitting here like you're George Washington yeah well and I know I've talked with Bull Rush about it with 
Nick about it a little bit, that it's like when people start screaming about free speech, I'm like, I don't think you really understand what that term means. Mm-hmm. That only applies to criticizing the government. That doesn't mean you get to have diarrhea of the mouth and yell fire in a movie theater or call people racial slurs and not expect to get your ass kicked. Oh, yeah. You're talking like the difference between First Amendment and free speech. Right. Where people always just, yeah, I agree too. That it's like, we've never had ever their version of what they're considering free speech. It's like, you guys obviously haven't been punched in the face because, (laughs) you know, if I run out the street and say something to somebody and call them a racial slur... Yeah, we can argue the Pat Stedman. I pulled a Stedman. I got balls, but I wasn't smart. You know, I got I, balls. Well, they had to kick you somewhere. Yeah, because I said that racial slur, and that's not protected speech. You know, that is hate speech, and it's just like you can't just run your mouth on anything you want, guys. That's not how free speech works. Or at least be aware of the consequences of what you're taking. Oh, oh, dude. That's some of my favorite ones is guys that I remember seeing here right even before the detrumpination or whatever, even before that. Guys getting deplatformed because they were playing revolutionary. Oh, yeah. They they were going off and, you know, the world's coming to an end, arm yourselves type of thing. And... And they're saying all kinds of shit, and I'm looking at it going, okay, I just heard the bombs start ticking. And the next thing you know, two weeks later, they're fucking wiped off the face of the earth. And it's like, well, you were playing revolutionary, man. If you're going to go revolutionary, you go all the way. You don't talk about it. Yeah. No, yeah, if you're going to storm the Capitol, bring, bring a weapon. Yeah. Show I mean, up don't and... bring a weapon, but if you're going to do that, do it properly. Don't yeah, be there. If like... you're going to do it, go all the way. It's like, imagine, you know that uh, Okinawa where the three soldiers are raising the flag on the beaches in Japan? Do you know, It's like that famous photo from World yeah, War II. Yeah, yeah. It'd be like that, but there's one soldier in front with no weapon taking a selfie. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's Pat Stedman in your life right there. Yeah, there you have or it. that, uh, the one with George Washington crossing the river. Yep. Sitting there looking all thing. He's just like taking a selfie. You know, everybody's there with bayonets and rowing. <laughs> <laughs> the Boston Tea Party. Bill, Take come here, help me out. One second. <laughs> Whatever colonial version of track pants they wear, he's wearing that. Oh, God, no shit. <laughs> that would be the God, that'd be the Civil War. You have a Confederate and a Union guy both taking selfies while everyone's fighting in the background. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Oh, but that's the thing. I don't get, and you can't call yourself Red Pill because Red Pill is never about changing anything. It's about navigating. Yep. And say what you want about the current culture, what you can say, what you can't say. Maybe you don't like it, maybe you do. I don't think anybody's happy with it 100% until, well, they are until it affects them. But it's consistent. It's like very consistent, I find. There's certain trigger topics that you just know there's going to be a consequence. I know for a fact, if I put out a tweet that is a metaphor with a reference to anything violent, that 15 feminists are going to dunk on my mentions. Like, I know these things are coming, and I know some things will be like, you're going to boot you off the platform. Like, I can say all women are cunts, but I can't say Karen at this Twitter handle is a cunt, because that's direct harassment. Yep, exactly. And I don't care if it's fair, and I don't care if it's good, or if it's right, or if it's virtuous, but it's consistent, and you can work with consistency. Yep. Consistency. There you go. Yeah, and you can. I mean, it's... And I've seen it happen to guys where they uh, they, they don't go after women, but they go after... Uh, Another group of individuals who were persecuted by the Nazis. And oh, you're talking about that Austrian painter scene. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. You know, and and it's like, uh, yeah, if there there are certain groups that if you criticize them in any shape or form, your your time is running out. Yeah. 
they're going to find you and they're going to make you pay. And considering, too, most of the ones that move to the States, their whole culture is based around, like, a justified paranoia of discrimination, you know? Yeah. Even if it's, like, outlandish today, that's like telling a black dude, here, look, just slavery, whatever. Yeah, no. It's not going to fly. Try the hard R. You get the most... Ed Lattimore will probably knock you out if you start dropping hard R's in front of him. Just Uh saying. And that's Mr. fucking Red-Pilled Rogers. But that's but, why. That's know, not they fair. They should get over it. It's causing these problems. Yeah, it's like, well, yeah, maybe. But don't be surprised if you get knocked the fuck out while guys chatting World Star in the background. You know, hey, that's, you know, but then we can always say that the guy that dropped the hard R on Ed, hey, he had balls. <laughs> At least he had balls. <laughs> you remember when we used to make fun of shit like that? That whole meme about hold my beer and then you watch a guy go basically suicide himself. And that's- now it's at the point where guys are like pinnacle of alpha male yeah hold it's my a, beer hold my beer is now a virtue yep. i'm starting to think that miller light truck nut masculinity wasn't an extreme enough term to encapsulate this concept <laughs> nope <laughs> should have been like uh darwin award masculinity or something i don't even know we'll have to we'll have to workshop this yeah what do you guys we'll, think in the we'll chat we'll come up with a new term <laughs> i like it I like uh, be- yeah, best time here. Can we not say Jews now? You can, but that's the point. If you do, and you start doing it pejoratively, doing your parentheses, A, it's not really mapped to anything in real life anyway, so you're just kind of doing theatrics. And B, it's really not palatable to people who are in a position to do something about it, so why would you do that? It's yeah, not hard to use a euphemism. Yeah, you're poking the bear at that point. Yeah, I can talk about how the Austrian painter scene has created a culture of people who love struggle hugging. Like, you know exactly what I'm talking about, but I'm, I'm kind of being cheeky with it, right? <laughs> Chinese do that now with their version of Twitter. It's like Weibo or Weibo, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, where they know that if they want to shit on the Communist Party, they can't do that. So they have, like, euphemisms they use instead, which is so vague that it's very easy, like, the government comes by were you talking shit about you know whoever you're like no 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 i was just talking about flower gardens but everybody knows so if you really have to rant about austrian painters be smart about it yeah i'm canadian though like dude i was on the west coast my whole life i didn't even know like jewish people were like a meme to me until i was 35 i met my first one in montreal i was like 34 35 and I'm not even past the point now where I'm still like asking about the hey, what holiday is this one? <laughs> Tell me about the hat. Why is this holiday here? Why is this one? And I'm finding out most of them are just we had a big battle, we slaughtered a lot of guys who were fucking with us, and then we have a big meal to celebrate. And I realize that's basically the Hebrew faith within writ three large. sentences. Yep, that's the writ large. Yep, you summed it up right there too. That's beautiful. Which to me sounds a lot like the Sikh religion, because most of their shit too was like, yeah, here's where we fought, like, you know, an Arab army or a turban had some food. Like, Alright, so most religions are basically around kicking ass and chewing bubblegum, basically. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, that works. <laughs> God. Plus, I do like their version of, like, you know how there's tithing for the church or whatever? I like how they just like tax food, like halal and uh, kosher. You basically pay and a rabbi comes to you know, bless your food and then you can serve food to the people of their faith. It's like a nice value added tax for Bronze Age religions. Damn clever. Oh, I could be wrong. It's just the way I've seen it there. Yeah, That's no, the beauty it, of it. The guy it, who has no concept of any of this shit, how he sees it. <laughs> well, the funny thing is I'm sitting here thinking, you know, 
you probably understand American politics better than most Americans. And and you're not American. <laughs> well, most Canadians do. That's why every conservative pundit right now is a fucking Canadian. Like Gavin McInnes, Stephen Crowder, and how many others are there? I'm pretty sure I, if you name anyone, other than like the Hodge twins. Which, do you remember when they used to be about relationship advice? No. Talking about, oh, dude, they used to have tons of videos where it's like getting into them sweet walls, putting that mushroom stamp that's all they're just talking about dicks and whatever and then before that they were all about working out they basically like elliot pulse and them were, were like this and then elliot's like hey you know what's great breathing in the ice and these guys are like you know what's great o's and that's how but then they're all coming back like you know what's great trump and now it's like i never liked trump anyway and they're kind of <laughs> all roads all roads eventually lead to rome <laughs> they do too yeah we're, we're gonna get back to constantinople here soon oh thank god <laughs> Well, I gotta catch myself though, man. Dude, I start doing about Canadian politics, which is even worse because A, you're still that idiot ranting about politics, but 99% of YouTube doesn't give a shit about Canadian politics. Past the meme of Trudeau's such a homosexual. Well, you're not wrong, because I know when, when you've gone off a little bit or I've seen someone else bring up Canadian politics, all, all I'm doing is like, and? Yeah, and you're like, who the fuck is Mad Max? What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> what the hell does big L liberal mean? Little L liberal. You you're talking Swedish. Yeah, it's like, I, you know what? I don't even understand. Uh, the only thing for me besides the White House when you guys burned that down, you know, because I'm still so People got mad on that one, man. <laughs> Fuck you guys. We weren't ready. <laughs> it wasn't Canadians at the time. It was Brits. I'm like, technically, you were Brits too back then, last I checked. Yep. Like, not, you weren't Americans for like another two years, if I remember yep. correctly. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, so the, the things when I look at it is it's like, well, we got, yeah, that Trudeau's a homosexual, so that works. Uh, we've got the the burning of the White House, still sore spot too soon. And the other one for me that I think of is, uh, oh, you guys, we, we did export something to you guys. And you guys took it to a whole nother level. And that was the Hells Angels. Oh, yeah, dude, BC. My stepdad used to chop for the Hells Angels. I remember this. Oh, yeah. I remember Back, you, that's when you become a man. Yeah, you they're... become a man when you realize that all of your all your farm equipment and toys are all fucking hot goods from the angels. Yep. Yeah. See, I grew up. Even my quad. Yeah. Even your quad. Yep. Why would we buy you a Suzuki just because? You know, fair enough. Mm -hmm. That's what I mean. That that was you know something that we exported to you guys, and you guys took it with gusto. It's like oh, that it makes the the angels down here look like a bunch of you know lame asses sitting around virtue signaling on Twitter. That's so. what I'm wondering too. Which ones are the more badass chapters? So the Quebec ones, fucking brutal. New York mafia style brutal. Yep. But then the ones in like BC too, like along like the oil rigs and the mining stuff on the West Coast, those ones are brutal. I don't know which one is worse. I know which one's more popular, and that's your that's your Quebec ones. They're the ones that have had movies and docu series and fucking books written about. Oh yeah, wasn't that the ones that uh, what's his face that author? Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas guy. Was it the Montreal chapter he was with? Yeah, you're talking about Hunter Thompson. That's the one. Yep. I will say this. I did party with the Angels once. It was actually right out of basic training. I just got off. I had like three weeks before I had to go to my unit. And so I went back home. And my sister took me out to Kelowna. She goes, I'm going to a party. Uh, let's have some fun. And then, you know, we're having fun. And my sister is wild. 
like she runs wild a thin blonde girl at the time it was like stay out of her way because <laughs> she's gonna get everybody else killed and nobody's gonna hurt her because she's like a blonde thinny white right and the guy who there was her the dude she was fucking that guy's friend who owned like a 1976 ferrari he's like it's great i only paid 30 grand and now i have a ferrari <laughs> sat in there drove it around it was actually kind of cool kind of fun and he goes hey I'm gonna go to a party but we gotta ditch my friend and your sister because they're gonna get us fucking killed you wanna come I'm like yeah sure so we go to this party it's this log cabin in Kelowna having so much fun sit down look like this guy looked like Hulk Hogan surrounded by chicks and they're having like a poker game over here having drinks and then we get in there I'm like I don't get it what would be the problem here he goes just so you know this is like a Hell's Angels party I'm like oh I have my dog tags on the inside of my shirt because I was a brand new sailor. And I'm like, oh, that's not good. <laughs> Last thing I need to do is be around organized crime just as I got my security clearance, right? Oops. But whatever. And I remember, I don't remember much of the party because I was, they were just throwing drinks at you. They didn't care. And they were the most cordial people I've ever seen. Nobody started a fight. And in the redneck towns I'm from in BC, fights always happen at parties. But this one, oddly not enough. They're hmm. not nothing. Go figure, right? And I remember at one point, this girl started hitting on me. And I fucking panic. So I'm like, all right, she may think she's single, but does every fucking guy, does Hulk Hogan think she's single too? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> is, she, is she community property or is she some dude's old lady? Yeah. So I lucked out on that one. She ended up sitting on my lap and getting the ride home with the Lamborghini or the Ferrari and all that stuff, having a lot of fun. I came home. I'm telling my brother and my buddies, we're all sitting around like partying together the next day. I'm telling them about the story and they're calling me liars. I'm like, whatever, fuck off. And then all of a sudden, Junks, our one high school friend, he's like, dude, you got to come in here. And I look over and their TV's playing and I'm like, hey, that's the cabin. And then I see RCMP hauling guys out in cuffs. I'm like, oh my God, that's Hulk Hogan. <laughs> I guess they raided the place like four hours later. And I was like, holy shit. <laughs> wow, you almost got caught up in a sweep. I know. And it was just like the most random thing. No, I didn't alpha male to get into that party or whatever. It just happened to be in the right place, right time. And I just, I don't know why. I was, oh, I was telling that story because we talked about the angels. They have very few Hell's Angels stories. That's like one of two of them. And it's always one I always laugh about. That's a good one. But yeah, you know, that's when I think of Canada and politics and whatnot, besides the goofy shit, obviously, like uh, the, the, the royal, you know, the, the, the Mounties. You're, and I think of Dudley Do-Right. Really? You should be thinking of like hardcore racism and like Black Lives Matter beatdowns. They've been in shit for a long time for that. Really? Well, yeah, I, dude, I don't they, live in Canada. They had a federal probe because there was so much outrage over them, like literally executing people. There was a story of a, a Polish guy who was having a seizure or something, and they tased him to death in this Vancouver This was the Airport. royal... The, the yeah, royal... Our no? FBI, basically. Wow. Um, there was a story that came out that started... The, that followed onto that one where this one guy who was like native or black i can't remember which but in his unit guys were like flat out like none of this racism's like hey you play basketball no it was like screw you and you're like you know insert slur baby there guy's brand new father and they're throwing slurs out at his kid nobody was working with him he got gaslit his bosses refused him promotion they're throwing and all this shit and then there was a bunch of chicks too that had like casting couch promotions and shit like that. Yeah, they fuck. <laughs> wow. And then once you started getting up north, that's when because that's Hell's Angels territory, so they were like a tougher breed of cop. Now I don't know, maybe it's justified, maybe it's not. They're literally driving people out into the tundra and then beating the shit out of them and leaving there. Plus that uh, serial killer we had up and down the Highway of Tears, where the guys were stealing like native prostitutes along the highway and murdering them. 
Washington farm feeding them to pigs. The cops basically like ignored that. So like, yeah, it's not a concern. Fucking serial killer running rampant for seven years. Yeah, they Jesus. don't let don't let the funky hat and the do south episodes fool you, man. They got yeah. a lot of. <laughs> oh yeah, I know. I I'm I'm aware, obviously, that just like anywhere, there's gonna be shit. You know, but like I said, from an American perspective, I think of, you know, like Strange Brew, Dudley oh, Do yeah. Right, you know, hey, oh, hey, you know. Yeah, the Canada nice. That's, you know how you guys export freedom? We yeah. export nice. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Not that nice. We're yeah, exactly. Well, and that's, but that's where I look at it. And I think, but on the more darker side from my take anyway, it's like, we exported the Hell's Angels to you guys, and you guys grew them into some fucking serious players. Yeah, well, what can I say? It's all about the oil. <laughs> Basically, you guys made ISIS what they are when you exported freedom over there. You guys exported the angels over here, and we made them into all the angels. Except for the flags, not nearly as cool for the angels. By the way, if there's any angels in the chat, dudes, the party was fun. I got no beef with you guys. I'm just chucking shit. Don't take it too seriously. <laughs> I got no beefs with you guys. Whatever. Right now, I'm kind of choked at the government, so you guys keep doing what you're doing. Uh, there you go. Keep at it, boys. There, there's a fucking disclaimer you need to put on a goddamn video. <laughs> this is not an anti-Hells Angel rant in any shape or form. It's merely no, satire. That's not to it. be fi- financial advice. <laughs> that's right. This is not financial advice. This is not life coaching advice. Yeah. Yeah, I, just, I hate that. I hate that macho. I've been to jail, match. This is why I hate that. By the way, this is the shit I grew up around. Fucking criminals. There was inbred Blaine. He was a friend of my stepdad, and they used to tell this story about how they broke a guy's arm for stealing a chainsaw, and smoking crack. I actually, I've been around crack more than Ed Lattimore. I don't like bragging about it because it's kind of embarrassing. But it was just one of those funny things as we talk. He's like, "You did what?" I'm like, "Uh oh." How does the crack account telling me, dude, that's a lot of crack. (laughs) (laughs) But he got murdered. My sister's boyfriend, when I was like 17, got murdered. Like literally knocked on his door, shot him in the face kind of stuff. And I've seen crime just decimate my town and every marriage and that. And I see guys talking about having balls and criminals with the real alphas. I'm like, this reminds me of those idiots who talk about how they want to work on a farm. No, you oh, fucking don't. Yeah, I, I, I want to do physical labor and, and dig ditches. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, motherfucker, you, that tells me right there you've never dug a ditch in your life. Soft hands, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because I'm like, there's no way in hell that I would go back to doing some of the shit I did because it, it is backbreaking, miserable fucking work. Yeah. So, yeah. You guys are taking that as a virtue? Fuck off. Yeah, that's like, LARPing to an extent. I never forget that feeling waking up aching like i know it's not 60 year old men who are like oh i ache when i get up now because i've been working no. too most of my life no it's like i'm like 15 waking up aching that's not like yet yeah, yeah okay that's what we used to be but no no cold showers none of that knuckle push-up shit no normal push-ups padded gloves and a hot sh- fucking shower fuck you guys that's right and i'll take i'll, I'll make it up on the masculinity sugar. index later <laughs> masculinity index mm-hmm. oh, i love it yeah but no that's it's funny because you're talking about a little bit of your past with family and friends and whatnot and talking about uh, inmate twitter and and it's funny because i think about it and i too have family members who have done deeds that got them incarcerated for extended periods of time in the, in like in like mormon state Oh yeah, yeah. Utah's Jesus. got its share of criminals. 
one of them is a, a cousin of mine who did like 15 years in a federal penitentiary. Okay. Well, the guy, it's funny because, you know, he comes out and he's got all kinds of jailhouse tats and whatnot. And he had joined up with uh, one of the uh, prominent gangs in the prison because he needed to survive. And so in prison, color is a real thing. What, what color you are, it counts in prison. It may not count for much out on the street, but inside, it's it's kind of a big deal. So it he makes had, sense. You're all wearing the same clothes. You got to distinguish for something, right? Right. So he had to join up with the Aryan Nation, and so he's got swastika tattoos and Adolf Hitler and all that kind of shit all over his body. Okay, it's not that he is racist or that he was racist. It's what he what had, he had to, to do. do. Okay, I get it. Okay, because he saw and did some really fucked up shit while he was in prison. Okay, one thing I know about this cousin of mine when he got out, other than telling me, don't ever do that and go to prison. Don't make the mistakes I did. You don't ever want to go to prison. He doesn't want to talk about it, you know. And so I'm looking at these guys that, yeah, you know, I was in prison for 10 years for whatever and hardcore and I'm hard to kill and I'm thinking my cousin yeah, dude, would probably, no. my cousin doesn't even want to talk about prison. he's like can I, I just want to put it behind me and get on with my life man. you know he's ashamed of his tattoos but it's like it's what I had to do at the time I can't afford to get laser surgery or whatever to get these things removed so I gotta basically wear long sleeves the rest of my stuck life stuck with turtlenecks for the rest of his life that's pretty much fate worse than death yeah, pretty much. I look like know. I'm in the 70s going to the club, god damn it. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. You know, the guy's got to cover up at all times because he's got all kinds of white supremacist propaganda on his body. Mm-hmm. Okay? But that's what he had to do to survive that. And I, and yet I'm looking at him going, okay, he did some real time and in a federal penitentiary where it's day for day. You know, you, you don't get out on early behavior. You don't get that kind of treatment. It's a gladiator academy. And it's like, so every fucking day of the years he was in there, he was living hard. And it's yet he's not coming out and getting on social media. And let me tell about my 10 years that I was in prison. No. Like, wasn't the one guy like tax fraud or something stupid like that, too, talking about being hard in prison? Yeah. You know what? I don't even want to like, but I agree with you. I miss shame, shame and dignity. Right. If you want to go back to trad, that's what I want. Shame and dignity. Bring those back. <laughs> Fuck, I'm embarrassed enough now when guys ask what I do. I just say author now. Author and I make YouTube videos. And even I like YouTube videos, I say it quietly at the end. I want them. What kind of videos? Yeah, it's how to sleep with women. I work with these guys. I work with this guy here. You know, Red Pill 42069. <laughs> Sexy Wampa 1. <laughs> yeah. With his amazing video on why the divorce industry is rape and akin to like the Holocaust. Yeah, that's that's my peers. That, that, that's my people. <laughs> Not an ounce of shame on them either. Not an nope. ounce. Like, ah, whatever. Trump was going to be the god emperor, and I'm coming back, and Hillary's the devil, and I'm going to go storm a pizza joint with a rifle, and just like, fuck. Maybe that's the big problem. Maybe it's not that men can't get laid. Maybe it's that there's no more, and there's no rites of passage shit. Maybe it's that, like, friends. Like, the one guy that's around you to say, that ain't it. No, man. Slow down. Like... Carl's that, you're that, my really good friend Chris is like that, there's lots of good people that are like that in my life, so I know even if I try to go off the edge, they at least would warn me first. Yeah, I, I would be, I know I would be like, what are you doing Ryan? Uh, you 
think that's a good idea. That's what terrifies me about uh, Stedman's thing. Like, I actually feel pity for him on this one. All that time and all that shit he did. Nobody tried to talk him off a ledge. Nobody. Not only that, they tried talking him into it. They're like, this is the best idea you've ever had. Yep. Oh my God, you are a true hero. Because, like, look at me, hold my beer, I'm going to walk off a ledge. Oh my God, that is brave and stunning. And I just think, like, remember feminists when they're like, yeah, cut your hair, girl. And if he doesn't like you, that's his fault. Gain 50 pounds. Same he should love idea. you at any size. And they're just like, aren't we supposed to be better than this shit? I, I, I thought so. But Want it like, to be. Yeah, that's that's always been my thoughts. But And, and I tied that into something I said even the other night with Nick and Bull. We were mm-hmm. talking about uh, technology. That why you and I and Rolo and Rich and all, why we even exist, why we're having these conversations and whatnot and doing what we do. A lot of it's not just because dad wasn't in the house. You know, that's the big one that everyone wants to use as the convenient answers. Daddy was gone, rather physically, mentally, emotionally, he was a pushover, whatever. So they're kind of demonizing dad a little bit. And in some cases, there may be validity in that. And same with, you know, they can demonize mom because mom was a cunt. And yeah, maybe she was. But the one thing a lot don't really bring up that I think is a bigger one is technology. You oh, got so like, a generation- you're like the atomization of people now. Yeah, because you have technology where we now have the first generation of people. I'm going to sound like a roller here. Good. But we have a generation of people that have grown up online. It's They've known it from day one. And that's all they do to interact with one another is they're texting and, and selfieing and, and Instagramming each other. They don't know how to even Stop have adding a ing at the end of technology. You sound like a boomer. <laughs> right. With the texting and the sexting <laughs> and the twitting and the twitters. That's right. The, the, the tweetering and all that. Yeah. Buddy logs. <laughs> <laughs> right. But a lot of it's technology. They don't know how to interact like you do, like I do, where we were pre-internet at some point. I definitely was. Well, yeah. And so you had to face-to-face, and that's where your friends would either tell you, dude, that, that ain't it. Or they might, you know, you say something stupid enough, instead of going, well, he had balls, that's when you got punched in the face. And sometimes it was your friend doing it to save you the bigger beating that was coming your way. <laughs> There's a classic. Trust me, you want this better. I remember right. those. Yeah. I think, yeah, and I think we're in the last generation for that. It's, I don't, because I don't know how, when yours is, but that I had 19, what did they say, 1977 to like 1983, that little micro generation, they call it like Oregon Trail. Yeah. Is the ones that grew up without internet and played with rocks and sticks and then had internet just on the cusp of becoming adults. That sounds about accurate. Yeah. See, I'm definitely Gen X because I was born in 72. So. Ah, okay. Yeah, but that, so. but the point was like old school enough to know what human interaction is pre-internet, but yep. tech savvy enough that, you know, I understand why a Zoomer is doing a TikTok where he's dancing, talking about his depression, right? Yep. It's oh. almost like a gap bridging thing. And it's, I don't want to say it's our responsibility to drag everybody into this, but it's one nice, unique, unique life experience we have that's kind of like not going to happen again yeah exactly yeah we're we're pre-internet enough to remember what it was like back in the day but we're not so isolated and and so obsolete as to not be able to comprehend what these younger people are now yeah like i'll never call it the twitters (laughs) yeah exactly the twitters and the the vlogging the gate of gamers and that weird, funny TV channel you watch on your computer that, what is it, that MeTube or something? Yeah, go go watch some sports. Stop watching this gameplay. Exactly. 
like my boomer father, I mention YouTube to him and he's, he has no, when I tell him I do shows, I have to, for my dad to comprehend it, I have to tell him, dad, you know those uh, TV talk shows you watch on TV and they sit around a microphone and talk to each other? Yeah, that's pretty much what I do. <laughs> then he, then he comprehends. That if oh, I try so to you're like him, Rush Limbaugh. Yeah, kind of. I kind of have to go that direction with him. I have to tell him, you know, because if I tell him live streaming, he's like, what the hell's that? <laughs> and, and even if I mention, well, it's kind of like being on a radio station and people call in, except we can see each other. And he's still kind of like, and that's why I have to tell him. It's like those, you know, sit downs where they're all in the room and they got the microphone in the middle and they, they sit in their chairs and they debate shit back and forth. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's what I do. That's pretty much what I do. <laughs> oh, well, that's okay. good as long as he gets it. Yeah, he understands it. Fuck, we've been on for like almost four hours now. Yeah, we probably ought to. Fuck Sunday. <laughs> I'm, no, I'm good, dude. I set aside plenty of time to, to do whatever, and it would go as long as it needs to go. I'm more right. of, hey, if you got shit to do, man, you know, I'll cut you loose, and you can go take care of business. All yeah, I'm my girl do- had to go out. She's going to go t- uh, take care of a friend from work. She's an uh, older lady, has nobody around for COVID. She's going to go keep her company, hopefully bring COVID home. Why don't we cut it off at, like, the on the four-hour mark? We've got 15 okay. minutes. That sounds good. I kind of like this last chit chat. We don't talk and collab much anyway, mostly because I'm just too disorganized to schedule something outside of like the core stuff I do. Well, and you know what? But it's it's kind of the same with me. It's mm-hmm. I, I get guys all the time that are Rob. You know, have you seen this video? No. Have you read this blog? No. Have you listened to this audio? No. Well, why not? It's like uh, I make my own videos, I make my own audios. I'm on at least three different shows a week, and I hold down a ten-hour day job, and I date, and I go see my dad. When do I have fucking time to do all this other shit you guys want me to do? I'm busy. Uh, the content creator dilemma. I'm yeah. so busy working that I don't have time to consume. <laughs> exactly. Which is a beautiful thing in my book. It's like, wow, I, I'm i not nearly as irate and pissed off because I don't have time to get irate and pissed off. I have to, I have to amp myself up to do it. Well, and you, that's what I like because I can tell you're social because you do that with like when we're talking. Mm-hmm. We both know when we're talking to the other person, we talk about a thing we've done, like, oh, yeah, my last thing on this or my tweet like this. You always kind of sum it up as you talk about it so the other guy can, I don't want to say save face, but has that impression. Like, he can save face by, oh, yeah, that one. No idea what you're talking about, but he's enough to follow along, right? Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, but that's, I... But that's where I was, you know, when I hit you up and you were like, well, hey, this Sunday works, you know, this time. And I'm just like, okay, I'm going to pretty much free up most of my Sunday. I mean, yeah, there's going to come a point you're going to have yeah, to Give me all that free time, you motherfucker. Hey, but you know what? I'm enjoying this. That's the point. I've wanted to have you on my show forever. It was just finding the time and saying, hey, man, can you make it or not? Yeah. Just like Carl, when I've had him on, getting trying to get... Dude, he took it personally that you won't have him on when he's sober, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> joking about that all weekend on the show he's like yeah i don't get what's with you guys i told rob yeah i'd love to do a show with you i'm just not drinking for january he's like all right we'll schedule for february then (laughs) i I want you drinking because i'm gonna drink damn it that's i'm so i really want to start the homebrew thing like he and chesty have both like i i know exactly the kit i want i know the beers i want to try i've got space set aside for it like the smaller ones here but i just know like i'm on a cut right now and so i drink when i'm on a cut but i calculate the calories for drink. and if i 
grew my own beard. There's no way I'm going to be able to drink two gallons of beer and have any manner of cut. <laughs> no. But it looks like so much fun, and I would love if I could make like a bitter ass, one of those estrogen-inducing IPAs. I'm so mad, I'll drink estrogen. I don't give a fuck. I'll still be fine. I'll still outman you with your stupid Miller Lite brand, motherfucker. <laughs> social signals, you know the ones? Yes. Ah, uh, I love it. Dude, I love social signaling. Once I've kind of learned it, it's really turned down the, the heat on a lot of like the political politics. Because I was always confused me for the longest time that diversity is our strength line and like Im- mass immigration should be a great thing. And everybody's like, there's all these problems now. The labor wages are down. People become poorer. Crime goes up. What's the other one? The uh, community trust goes down and it sounds just bad across the board. And then I think it was either Jeff Miller or a different guy we're talking about these social signals. Yeah. This is basically your way of sending an expensive signal that says, see all these problems with this diversity thing? None of them affect me. And so you're like basically proclaiming genetic fitness in a social signal. I'm like, oh, fuck, that's clever. Yep. And that explains why everybody starts repeating like very contradictory statements saying, I could, I could be batshit crazy and I'm still doing better than these people who have the reality makes sense why girls dress ugly you know hot chicks when they dress up in like fucking homeless clothes oh god yeah that's a flex hey i'm so hot that i can dress in a plastic bag and you'll still want to fuck more than susan over here yeah or or uh, a burlap canvas bag yeah yeah those ones yeah yeah totally that it that oh my god that does make sense too from that point of view i never even thought about that until right now and it also makes sense then why you hear all these guys bragging about being alpha males and people take the wrong message from it. Well, the right one, but the wrong one according to the alpha male. Yeah, to Where the you guy think he's just an idiot. <laughs> yeah. No, you wouldn't understand. This is what evolved alphaness looks like. Exactly. Of course you don't, you dumb fucking dirty cleave. You have no clue. That's, and I got to give him credit, man. Ajax, Cortez there, when he did that thing in the ballet outfit, everybody's calling him gay. And he's like, I'm like, pretty good social signal. Yeah. I can wear tights and chicks will still want to fuck me over you. The big mm-hmm. shit eating grin on his face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Meanwhile, yeah. Red pills, 42069 is like, man, fuck that guy. He needs to be like me. He needs to right. play soul caliber. Uh, he needs or, to play soul caliber. He needs to grow out his beard and be a lumber sexual. <laughs> That was the only, that's how I did the, the when I did Twitch there, and now I'm doing the game shit there. It was me thinking about that expensive social signal. I'm like, all right, that's the angle I can sit here and play two hours of live streams for. I'm playing Tekken because I get enough fucking done, I got enough money done that I can basically chit chat with you guys while I'm playing a Jackie Chan simulator. Oh, I, and I love it. I, I've noticed that you uh, decided to, I guess, uh, put more attention towards your digital channel, which that's good. Yeah, everybody kept telling me, and I keep forgetting that because I see it doesn't mean anybody else sees it. <laughs> right? Plus, that's my just-in-case, like, hey, red pill, get them off the internet. Just in case Trump comes back. That's my, like, backup. Uh, yeah. What are they going to do? Boot me off for that? Oh, this Minecraft Let's Play, man. It's got to go. <laughs> no, man. I'm not going to be Stefan Molyneux. No fucking way. I hear you there. Well, and what I took from it, too, what it reminded me of when you first started it up, like with with that channel and with the Twitch, besides it was more like a fireside in a way where it's like, oh, it's just a bunch of dudes sitting around talking shit while you play video games. Yeah. You still were dropping nuggets. So it was like, oh, this is cooking videos 2.0. Yeah, like well, you got to talk about something. 
Yeah. Be like the standard Let's Player where they just basically describe how they're playing with like as, as manic a voice as possible to keep interest as long as you can. Mm-hmm. Fucking hate those guys too. Yeah. Oh yeah. I don't. I don't typically watch. Like I said, that's where catching you on Mondays when you were doing Twitch, it's like oh, I got some time. I'm off today. Let, oh fuck it. I'll go hang Dude, out. It always warmed my heart when I saw you or Chesty in there. You know. Yeah. Well, I know it surprised you the first time when I said Heidi on Twitch, and you're like, Rob, wow. How, well, what know? the fuck are you doing on here? You're what? Isn't aren't the Seahawks playing? What the fuck? <laughs> oh, I am so not the sports guy. It's like, no, I'd rather watch video games when it comes <laughs> to that. It's like, no, not the sports guy. I'm not the Jersey guy. I, I am totally indifferent to professional sports. It's like, Dude, it's okay. Dude, and there's a skill to it I never considered. Like, I don't know if you do any game streaming at all. I have done I've, I've done the, I've done the uh, what the you call masculine geek stuff. Well, there's that, but when it comes to actual gameplay, it was the Among Us thing. You uh, was like, hey, you should come on and do this with us. Oh, I'd yeah, no, no. That again, too. The group stuff is fun. I actually wouldn't mind doing that again, too. I'm talking solo. Oh, it's fucking yeah. harder than it looks. Yeah. Like, I realized this because I've noticed, Tekken especially, because I have to focus on what I'm doing because I'm trying to level up. I'm trying to get up a higher rank. But it takes like 20% of my attention to talk to an audience, and that 20% costs me. So I usually like, I'll practice for like two hours during the week, and then stream for two hours. I go up, and then as soon as I get on stream, it's just Marty laughing at me getting stomped. I'm like, holy fuck. (laughs) Just to be able to keep a point and a conversation going in your head while you're focused on this thing is goddamn difficult. Mm -hmm. And I see now why people do Minecraft, because it's like a much easier paced game, so I don't have to pay 100% attention. Yeah, you're not going to lose your ass if you take your eye off the monitor for a second. Yeah, and I'm good at that skill. Dude, when I used to work in the Navy, I used to be a bridge watch guy. Fucking good one, too. And one skill you learn is how to have a conversation and an ear on the radio and eyes on like the monitor all at the same time. I'd have to talk with giving an order or a uh, communication to the officer of the watch. But the radio, I got to listen out for communications while I'm having a conversation with the bosun mate because it's eight hours of boredom out there. And to be able to multitask like that is a real skill. And, and even then, I still get fucked over. Yep. Like, I need Ritalin. <laughs> or Xanax. What's what's the good one? Ritalin, Xanax, Ambi- no, Ambien's for when you want to get fucked up. Yeah, Ambien will put you to sleep. Yeah, you'll sleepwalk and sleep eat and sleep fuck and everything else on Ambien. Don't, don't fuck with that one. You would not... You would... Actually, you would be surprised. Out of all of... You know who I work with. Yeah. And you know who I have worked with in the past but no yeah. longer work with. Yes. You have no idea how many of those guys are on pills. It actually wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, and I used to Dates think it was on, just the space, but now I realize I think it's just everybody's on pills. Like, everybody. It kind of seems that way, doesn't it? Yeah. I, I don't fully understand it either, because I'm the guy that I, I'll I'll live with a headache for six hours. Then <laughs> not take an aspirin? Yep, then not take an aspirin. <laughs> That's kind of how I roll. That when I go and get, like, a physical or a checkup, and the doctors or the nurse will always ask, you know, what meds are you on? I'm like, I'm not on any meds. And they're Same. like, you're not on anything. It's like, well, I take aspirin. Kid. You know, if I get a really bad headache, I'll take a couple of aspirin. And like, but you're not on anything. No blood thinners, no uh, heart meds, no boner meds, no fucking antidepressants, anti-anxiety. It's like, no. They're like, wow. Dude, there was like a year-long period where they had me on that in the military during the panic attack and the Batman origin story shit. That's the one lesson I took. It's like your prison one. I ain't never going back. Yeah. Fuck that. Oh, 
yeah, it's I I see what it does to people, and and it it explains in some cases their behaviors. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can see why this guy's out on the out on the ledge. You know, he's on a, mo- a cocktail of. <laughs> oh, excuse me. Yeah, exactly. Dusty in here. That's right. <laughs> it, it makes a lot of sense. You know, it's like, well, yeah, the dude's on all kinds of meds. That's got to fuck with your brain chemistry at some point. Mm-hmm. And not like in a I'm, good way. And I'm still wondering if uh, El Presidente, that's the only thing that makes sense. The last time I've seen people act that chaotic was when they started getting nose candy. And that's my running theory. I'm like... It's either like, nose candy or he was on some kind of meds that stabilized him and he got off them. Uh, that now that be Rolo's like, pitching my shit, I don't need these anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Wait, no! Because um, <laughs> right. that, that's my two takes, too. You're, I'm in the same boat as you. It's like, well, either you found snow or, uh, or you got off of something that you really ought to be staying on. <laughs> exactly. Out, so. What are you going to do? I don't know. Some people are just born to fail. I guess there's 8 billion of us. We could lose like a billion or two and not worry too much. Oh, I, I the world wouldn't even slow down with that type of a loss in my opinion. I used to say that, but now with like how many people from COVID, like 10,000, 20,000, the world did slow down. But that's only, mostly because we're all panicky. Fear. That's why. It's only because of, that's it. It's because of fear. It, even with the loss of people that have died from, you know, and it's such a paltry loss compared to some of the other losses we've had over the, the years. Mm-hmm. But it's it's the fear factor. That's all that is. Oh, we're still, dude, COVID is still way behind tuberculosis in like yearly murders. Oh, it's way behind pretty much everything down here other than, I think the only thing, well, it's right it up there. It overtook the with, flu. Yeah, that's because it, it was stealing the flu's numbers. There you go. The only thing that I think that it that's it's going to reach, it's almost as dangerous as people dying from the common cold. Jesus Christ. That's it. Shut down the mall. Yep. Because, you know, people die. We're, we're seeing the same numbers that die from complications due to the cold. Well, that's COVID. And it's like, wow, we're shutting down the entire world over the cold, basically, over the same numbers. And don't get me wrong, my investments have never been happier. All this panic selling people have whenever an industry has some COVID after effect, it's really been helpful. Oh, I'm Buy sure. it when they're freaking out and then just wait for them to stop freaking out and then I sell. Yep. Buy the dip. <laughs> uh, dude, I'm so pissed. I was like, my latest one, I don't want to say what I invested in because I don't want to change it. But it's been bouncing between 20 and 23. Like, oh, I'll just buy it at 20 and sell it at 23. And then sure enough, it worked right for like the first three dips. And this last one, then it dropped down to 19 and now it's back to 20. <laughs> but then I remember all that means is instead of waiting two weeks, I just wait a month. Yeah. Granted, at the beginning of COVID, it was that trading at like 50 in the 50s. So oh, wow. worst case scenario, if I just leave it there and ignore it for a couple of years, it'll go back. Probably. Well, and I think I'm, you know, this is not financial advice because I'm not an investor, but that seems to be the kind of the the main point that I have gotten from investing is you find whatever it is and you put your money in it and then stop looking at the fucking, the, 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 the graph. You know, yeah. stop watching it, stop obsessing over it, and you kind of hold it for the long term. And it tends to, unless they totally tank, it, it tends to work out better. But it's, yeah. you don't get that dopamine rush of, oh my God, it went up to 300 or whatever. You don't get that. 
And that was my thought, because back in the day when I was first investing, everybody was saying a 10% return in the year was considered a good year. I think that's still the case, right? I, 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 mean, I believe so. Unless you're in GameStop or Bitcoin. But. Right, yeah. But if you're doing kind of more conservative investing, that's that sounds about right. But that's all I do now is so if I get a 10% boost in anything, pull it out. I don't worry if it's going to go up another 10% or whatever. I'm like, 10%, that's a year's worth of investing right there. And then if something dips again, looks opportunistic, I'll go into that and then hold it there. It goes up 10. And even that, that used to be called risky investing back in the day. Now, I don't know what the fuck. People are looking at me like, Jesus, you're such a pussy. Should have put 20,000 in GameStop when the banks were halting trades or something. I like my heart where it is now, not fucking in my stomach. (laughs) Right? (laughs) At least you know. Oh, dude, these mean. GameStop guys and the Bitcoin guys, I'm like, how the fuck do you guys handle this? Are you yeah. are you on Xanax right now and that's how you can keep level? Like I couldn't do that. Heroin. <laughs> wake yeah, wake up in the morning to 40 grand, have a coffee, it's 30,000. It's like I just want to sit down and watch like a watch PewDiePie talk about dicks. Like, fuck slow down. <laughs> <laughs> Think about my future, where I want to retire. I don't want to sit here and just like jump out the window, then halfway down my stock recovers. And I'm like, oh shit. Grab onto that. Grab onto the rope that the the window cleaners are using, and hopefully, just burn my hands a bit. Exactly. (laughs) I don't know if you guys in the chat have like a have like a system where you can handle these ups and downs without a panic attack. You let me know. And I'm level headed as the next guy. You're you're probably even more level headed than me, then, because the the swings are too high. Couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. I think for me, it's the book, the rev- the p- passive revenue from like the book and the audio book and that. I'm like, all right, my retirement plan is basically to have these properties make enough money that I'll be okay. And then my pension, all those other funds, I'm like, I'll just trade that for my future. We'll see what happens. There you go. Okay. Government's well, already taxed half of it, so I'm already pissed off. Uh, Dude, can you believe that? Military, you're forced to contribute to your pension after taxes. So it's money you've already paid taxes on. If you leave the military before 20 years, they give you what's called a return of contributions. Now, of that, 50% of what your pension is will go into what's called a locked RRSP. It's like a 401 or a Roth. Okay. It's tax deferred, goes in there, no tax paid on that. The other half of it gets taxed at the highest tax percentage. So of my already paid tax paid money that went to my pension, they took another 40% of it right on the top. So by the time I get it, 200,000 turns into 50,000, oh. which was annoying. But luckily, after this whole COVID and the panic thing, I managed to get it back. So I've made my money back on taxes, and it's in what's called a TFSA, which is Tax-Free Savings Account. Okay. So basically, you've already paid taxes on this, whatever. There's no capital gains or whatever you earn on I just, I'm annoyed that we need like a worldwide pandemic in order for me to like mitigate the tax damages because the military has shitty fucking planning. What it reminds me of is the kind of, I don't know how it is in Canada, but like in Utah is a good example, since the states are all doing their own thing when it comes to like income tax. So we have, you you get your pay, the government, feds take a cut, that's your federal income tax. Then the state, at least in Utah, takes a cut. And then you got like social security and a couple other things in there. But then, okay, so you get your your net earnings and you go out to buy groceries. Now you're paying sales tax on money oh. that already just taxed. What's your guys' sales tax? Let's let's do, let's let's compare dicks right now. I think it. Well, here in Utah, let me look it up. I'm gonna blow your fucking mind in a minute. Oh, I'm pretty I'll, sure. I'll, I'll bet you probably will. But let me look it up here. 
Yes. All right, here, while you're looking it up, I'll tell you. So for us, it used to be provincial sales tax and general sales tax. One was 7%, one was 6 They've since switched it to what's called a harmonized sales tax, 13%, except for in Quebec, because Quebec can't do anything the Angles do. So 13%, that's on top of income tax and property tax. You've got your 13% harmonized sales tax. That's on everything. Actually, I think everything. There's very few things that aren't. I think the only things that aren't is if you buy a used home. Like if you buy a new home, you're paying 13% on it. But if you buy a home from another seller, then no. But they'll make up the difference in all kinds of other fees. Or if you're in Quebec, they have the Bienvenue tax, which is funny because Bienvenue means like, welcome, welcome. But for them, welcome's like 5% off the price of your home. And you're like, that's fucking retarded. That's not very welcoming. They're like, actually, it's the guy who made the tax. His name was like Donald Bienvenue. I'm like, ah, you fucking assholes. Jesus. Well, yeah, you're, uh, yeah. You're now you see why Quebec's all pissed with that fucking lockdown shit. Yep. No, I get it. Well, our, oh, yeah, compared to you guys. Uh, 7%? You cocksuckers. Yeah, that's actually about right. That's what I was looking at. Let's see. Salt Lake, we have... It's 7.75 because you got to figure the state, the county, the city, because the city gets their cut, the county gets their cut, the state gets their cut. So, yeah, 7.75 is what we pay in Utah for sales tax. How do Americans go bankrupt? You guys don't pay shit in taxes. That's just on sales tax. Yeah. That's That's not property tax. That's not inheritance tax. That's not um, the the income tax that you get charged through your paycheck type of thing. That's the money that we pay. Yeah, straight off your grocery. payroll. Right. That's not the gasoline tax that we pay when you go to the gas pump. That's the oh, gasoline dude. taxes on top of that. We compare gas prices between the states and Canada. It's not even funny. Oh, I'll bet you guys are paying. A I don't even want to hear you bitching about that hidden gas tax. Like, <laughs> fuck you guys. <laughs> We we run to the gas tanks like it's under a buck a liter here. That's awesome. For us, that's $4 a gallon for us is like a crazy steal and go fill up the car. I remember going to the States. When you guys hit three bucks a gallon, you start having your American Revolution LARPing fests. Yep. (laughs) But that's my concern is that, and this isn't even bad. Quebec is way worse than Ontario is. But I have a feeling if we start going down the list of what the taxes are, like I'm going to, oh, so this is why you guys have free health care. It's like, yeah. Yeah. Is it worth it? But I don't know how Americans go bankrupt. Like, you have to physically go bankrupt. It's you know called I mean? overspending. Like, is it? That's Everybody always says it's because once you get sick, the American system fucks you. Is that the only reason? No, that's... I mean, for some people, yes. That is that is a one way that you can be bankrupted, for sure, is you get in a... You know, you have cancer or you get into a, like a major car accident that puts you in ICU and you got to have life-saving surgery and all this other stuff and rehab and everything else. Oh, yeah, that that can bankrupt you real fast. Okay. So mostly there, it's guys who wanted a third powerboat that year? Yes. Most of the bankruptcies are not health-related. They are spending-related. It's them spending more money than they earn and rack, rolling up the credit. Dude, this is the most controversial thing I think I'll ever say, but you Americans don't deserve America, man. <laughs> I'm Such not going to necessarily disagree with you. Such a waste. Yeah, but that is, that's what it is. It's, it's, it's a, we live in a debt-driven society. See, we are, every three months has a party in Vegas, and he's like, yeah, my snowmobile caught fire, I'll buy another one, and he's doing well, and I'm just like, fuck, man. I would love that up here. That'd be awesome. If I could have my car catch fire and it just like irks me, 
and that's like the, the legit reaction that I have is like, oh, that's nuts. I got to go to Walmart later. Now I got an Uber. <laughs> As opposed to here where it's just like, holy shit. I don't know. Maybe I should move to Florida. It's too bad. That's the one state in the union that I got like a guy I don't like there. <laughs> or wherever hey. Cernovich lives too. Him and him and Anthony. Well, I can't move to New Jersey because Stedman. Well, actually, yes, I won't have to. I'll never see him. Well, <laughs> I'll be out on the street. Yeah. <laughs> Prison junkie motherfucker. <laughs> Yeah, no, well, you know, you would if you moved to Jersey, you'd, you'd get to know Vince because that's where he lives. He uh, lives in the same state as Stedman. So. And that's what I don't get, isn't it? Like, I think there's, is there two New Jerseys? There's like the one that I think of with like Snooky, and then there's another New Jersey yeah, with like gardening North, and shit. Yeah, there's North Jersey and there's South Jersey. Huh. So, and and I can't remember which one is which. I think it's South Jersey that's Snooky. And, and and the mafia and all that kind of stuff. And then I think it's North Jersey that's flowers and everybody's kind of happy. Is this like the, the New York State versus New York kind of thing there? Yes. It's it's very similar to that. It's New York City versus the rest of New York. New York. Yep. Okay, that makes sense. I did notice that driving through like like Chicago versus everywhere else in Illinois and the New York State versus New York City change. That was kind of neat. The road trip through the States was kind of fun. And then did Seattle go, versus the fucking boonies. We just did all the northern states. I've been Utah's on like 12-hour layovers where I just got hammered at the bar with all these like Mormon beers. Yep. Which I'm like, thank God you guys don't drink this more for me. <laughs> but no, I did... Uh, uh, so I've done Washington, Portland, or Oregon, to California. Down, we went down to Mexico. And then the other one was Washington, Wisconsin? Wisconsin, North Dakota, dipped into South Dakota briefly. And I know I'm missing a state in there. What's on the other side of like, Mon- oh, Montana. Montana. Okay. And then we did Illinois, Michigan, the East Coast ones. Vermont? No, no, not Vermont. Vermont's like way east. I know we just dipped briefly into New York State. I think there's a state in the middle there that I missed. Well, there's, uh, I want to say there's Maryland, Massachusetts. Uh... Ooh, Maryland. We didn't go as far as Massachusetts. Okay, so you didn't go that far south. And you didn't go as far east as like over to Maine or anything like that. No, no, no. We stopped just short because it was on our way down to, to, to Montreal. So we stopped. I, think, I guess Vermont would have been as far as you go to get to Montreal. I think. I'd have to go look it up now. I have to go check. Isn't it bad when you've been to enough places that you have to go check your Facebook albums to see which ones? You're like, oh, yeah, I remember that now. Yeah. Well, I, now. I could say the same thing, too, that it's like, oh, well, yeah. It's like, well, where haven't you been at least at some point? It's like... Well, I've been to Florida, I've been to Massachusetts, Maryland, Vermont, Connecticut, um, a lot of the East Coast. I haven't been to Virginia or West Virginia, I haven't been there. been to Texas, New Mexico, Arizona, California, Nevada, Idaho, Montana, Colorado, Wyoming, all that. Been to- and by the way, Northern Colorado or Northern California, I did not expect like Eugene, you know Eugene, California? I think mm-hmm. I'm pronouncing it right. I did not expect that. Like country people with like a shop that's a diner that sells pies and you didn't good really, but that the earth. I thought it was just LA, LA everywhere. <laughs> yep. Yeah, you're just thinking it's LA or, or San Diego or something. Yeah. yeah, there was no traffic. And then I remember outside of San Diego where you get like people that as a hobby, what do they do? They just roam around the border with guns looking for migrants sneaking across. And it's like fucking Batman wannabes. What do you uh-huh. guys want to do? It's like you used to do gopher hunting when I was a kid. You guys are like, no, we're just doing that with the mix. Yes. <laughs> 
Yeah, not all of California is just L.A., even though L.A. No. will try to tell you otherwise. Well, to be fair, I know more San Diego than I know anything else. San Diego and San Fran, but San Fran I know is dead. Oh, yeah. It's we used been to go there. Yeah, we had Diego and San Fran every year, Fleet Weeks. So much fun. And then the last time I went back, my girl was having a uh, one of those conferences for her industry. And I went there, and the place smelled like piss. And I was like... Dude, you had a thousand sailors here peeing in the streets. It didn't smell this bad. What the fuck? Yeah. I don't know. It's too bad, though. It was like a really nice city, and then you guys oh, yeah. just ruined it. Yep. Seattle I mean, was you guys, nice. You, you personally. Yeah. yeah, not me, but I know what you mean. Yeah, oh, I know. Dude, Seattle was gorgeous at one point. Oh, I, liked, I used to love Seattle, too. Yep. I used to love it, too, but now it's just a shithole. Yeah, yep. it sucks. And oh, that's, yeah. that's the way Frisco went, too. Frisco's a shithole. Poor bastards. You know what happened? What started this all? It's when Kansas City barbecue burned down in San Diego. It was all downhill from there. <laughs> that was the fulcrum point. <laughs> that every sailor was a rite of passage. You hit San Diego, you're like, what do you want to do? You want to go to Horton Plaza and buy some hot sauce? Like, yeah. You want to go, you know, party at the pier? Yeah. What do you want to do? I'm going to fucking Kansas City barbecue. And I'm gonna blast great balls of fire on the fucking piano. Why is that? Because Maverick. Fuck you. That's why. <laughs> Maverick and Goose. Right. Maverick you always get to be Goose. Well, you're the one that's going to die the way you act in porn parts. You get to be Goose. <laughs> yeah, oh. Top Gun was like the sailor movies. That's Navy. Yeah. Because Amer- And Canadians have like, our NCMs have the cap, or you guys have like the Gilligan hats. Yeah. So we were always, everybody just thought we were American officers, so we always got treated well. And the strippers would try and steal our hats because you don't want to be without your headdress. Canadians were like, very careful to make sure no girl stuck it. You use it as like a coaster for your drinks. The stripper couldn't steal it. Fun times. But you have to make, but strippers aren't fun in the States anyway with that whole topless and booze rule you guys got. Which one? Oh, dude. Okay, so you know how you can't drink and have full nude clubs in like most states? Yeah. 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 That's, You're talking G strings and pasties. Yeah. That is something I have never seen until I got to the States. Canada, it's always full nude. In Canada, they're paid for like the show. They don't live on tips, so it's not very like it's not always about buying their gumroad course. Right. You go down, it's like a fun experience. There's like a group of Filipino ladies watching the UFC fight, eating chicken wings on meat seats. It's like an event. It's fun. It's lighthearted. It's like an 80s movie. It's like watching Ski School or Police Academy or The Toxic Avenger. Uh, and then you go to the states, and they're like, "There's a vagina, and here's your Mountain Dew." And I'm just like. What the yeah, no, you're right. And see, it's funny you mentioned that because I didn't really think about that until you just brought it up. Because I, I haven't been to strip clubs in quite some time. But Right, me neither. Well, yeah, exactly. Wink, wink. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but in Utah, we, we've got some goofy-ass laws because of the LDS religion. And I just thought it was more a Utah thing. But it's like, oh, I, because I, we have a couple of clubs that do full nudity, but they don't allow alcohol. So you can go in and have your punch or have your Coca-Cola or whatever and sit down and see full nudity, but you can't drink alcohol. What's the Where, point of that? that? Well, exactly. That's my thoughts, too. Okay. The only thing that I know when I went into those couple of places just to see like what the deal was. Yeah, me too. All the guys that were there, it was the whole... like hat pulled down low so you couldn't see their faces, collars turned up, uh, the, the trench coat on that it's like, oh, that dude's jerking off at the table. You just, you kind of knew that. 
Oh, oh this is not good. You know, it, it, it was it was sleazy. damn shame, man. Yeah, it was sleazy. So it was like, yeah, I got to get the hell out of this because oh. I'm not going to sit there with peeping Tom. Go to go to one in British Columbia. You're going to love it. You sit there, girl, the strip for you. They have their three shows. They do the dance. First dance is like a dance dance. Then the strip tease dance, and then the third one's a full nude dance. Chant shower at the end of it and bang your fists on the tables. Maybe they take a shower. Maybe they don't. Nice. It's fucking good times. Yeah. Alberta, they'll play games. Like, I remember when I went down to the French Maid in Calgary. I think it's still around. It's probably, I don't know, who knows with COVID here. But because there they were more tip-based, is that girls would set up, like, pitchers, empty pitchers near their hoo-hahs. And, like, everybody would try to throw loonies and toonies to get it in there. And if you were kind, you would, like, warm it up in your hand first. And some of the guys that weren't kind would, like, just whip them down there to try and leave a mark. And they'd get kicked out. It was fun. <laughs> and Montreal is a little more like like the mafia run it. So it's kind of like, I think I've told this story before, too. But, yeah, I remember guys would come back from Saint-Jean-Richaud. Uh, and I got $20. I got a blowjob and can't remember the name of the place in Quebec, but there's this one in Montreal. Every sailor military guy knows exactly the place I'm talking about. If you remember the name, put it in here. And Ontario is kind of more like an American strip club, except for it's fully nude, so I don't really like it. But yeah, BC was where it's at. I don't know. I, like I, I just think you guys really missed an opportunity. You're talking about freedom, and you should have the freedom to, to drink a highball and see a shaved vagina in the same place. Uh, I agree 100%. That's my my version of freedom right there. But Export yeah, that shit to the Middle East. Oh. <laughs> Mish, we're sending you a package. Yeah. But you know what I mean? It was like, and that's the part I miss. And I don't, that's why I kind of joke like 80s movies need to make a comeback. Like the Police Academy stuff. It's just sexuality and comedy need to come back. The lighthearted fun of go to a strip club and it's not you're not at a strip club because you want to jerk off you want to go to a strip club because they got good wings titties are fun everybody's laid back everybody's mellow nobody's uptight and tense or nobody's you know a bona fide pervert or it's like oh jesus dude some of my favorite stories here's one more i'll tell one more sailor story uh, my roommate i talk about her a bunch she was like my wingman she was one of my two wingmen I used to live with her, bipolar chick, D-Cups, awesome girl to drink with. Her friend, who was the first girl I met when I moved Victoria for the military, ended up leaving her psychology classes in university to become a stripper. And I knew she was doing it, but she never did it at home, so none of us knew what or where. And all of a sudden, I get a text from my brother, who lives back in like the interior in BC. He goes, who the fuck is Gia? And I'm like, I don't know any Gia. What are you talking about? Well, she says she knows you. Turns out different name also starts with a g that was her stage name and he starts telling me the story i guess he was the cool guy with all of his friends and they all know me from like when we were kids she's like strippers usually make casual conversation with the guys in the meat seats he's trying to be all slick he's like yeah where are you from i'm from vancouver island he goes oh i got a brother who's down he's in the navy and she goes oh really who's him who is he 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 name drops me and she goes wait are you and she name drops him and i was like, like what the fuck and then they're calling me from the, they're texting me from the strip club. Who the fuck is this? And I just started laughing. And then I came home. They thought that like the sailor life was nothing but like strippers and blow all day. It was the funniest shit ever. <laughs> oh shit! It is yeah, you can't get down. that with like trench coat and jerk beyond that. No, no, God no. Most no. of the time, I had strippers yelling at me. Like I was this one chick dressed as an Air Force thing. I was kind of bored. And I wanted to go out. So I'm like noodling, doodling on my napkin with like a pencil from the bingo thing. I look up at one point. She's staring at me. Titties hanging out. It's like, are you done your fucking math problem? Like those are the kind of stripper stories I have. 
And I'm all like, like, I just got chewed out by a naked chick. Fuck, why do you walk back from that? It's like a, it's like a gay guy calling you a fag. You're just like, like, what do you say? You got me. God damn it. <laughs> oh, shit. Well, hey, a uh, couple of options here for you, depending on what you want to do. We can either call it quits if you want to go. I can still go. Because if you want to go, we can go for probably another, I don't know, about a half hour, make it an even five, and then you will have officially trumped uh, Carl. Oh, uh, you know what? Actually, no, fuck it. I haven't had breakfast or lunch yet. Okay. It's like three in the afternoon. I should probably go. Yeah, I get you because I, ne- I need to use the bathroom. So. This is your goddamn problem. You're too goddamn fun. <laughs> well, we need to do this again. We can Well, next one, make it about before. 10 ways to be more alpha and I'll guarantee I'll be bored of it in like 40 minutes. <laughs> All right, guys in the chat, hit the like button, subscribe, do the thing. Go watch Brian's stuff if you haven't. Uh, if any one guy's content really popped a few bubbles for me and got me to pull my head out of my ass, Brian was the guy who did it. So, <laughs> Thank well, you, man. Well, it was. It was. It was your Gillette one, dude. That, that oh, just yeah. totally just like... Rolo made me realize I wasn't insane, and he helped me you know by his work he helped me not want to eat a shotgun round. you on the other hand like totally popped the outrage thing that i was going down and it was just like oh my god fuck this shit yeah nobody remembers gillette anymore you notice that yeah exactly but they all remember the outrage that's still you know constantly churning day to day and but it was your gillette take that i was just like oh god I'm not going to die of a heart attack or of a coronary or a blood burst in my brain because I'm so wound up and angry because the internet told me to be mad. Yeah, it's fucking nothing. Yeah, it's, and that's where even to this day, it's like, yeah, I just, I got guys that are like, hey, you should talk about this. It's like, that's outrage. I don't care, you know, because I don't. It's like, I don't give a shit about this stuff. It's like, why do you want to wind yourself up, guys? You're just going to give yourself a heart attack and die early, so why? You're a better Christian than the Christians. You're doing the serenity prayer, man. Pretty much. (laughs) You know, it's like, eh. I'll just talk shit. We'll talk about how to make videos. We'll talk about cats and dogs, which one's better and why. You know, because we could have that conversation, too, because I know about your dogs, and you know at least vaguely of my cats. Yeah, that big fucking thing you got there. That's right, my goddamn Maine Coon. He, he's a behemoth. Either you're a midget or your cat is fucking huge. That's all I'm saying. It's a combination of probably both. <laughs> but he is a big cat. He is. He's a big son of a bitch. So, yeah, he's part mountain lion. So, he, he might even be on the show at some point. I'm surprised he didn't show up today. Yeah, but, fair enough. Yeah. Done with your shit right now. <laughs> All right, so guys, hit the like, hit the subscribe, share, all that stuff. Definitely bookmark this for you guys that want to learn some real crash course intro. Hey, here's how we make videos. I mean, I I learned a lot just from being able to kind of step into Ryan's mind of why he did it and how and what makes sense. And it's like, oh, shit, this is nice. Oh, you saved me so many hours of audio ducking. Good. Well, then it was worth it for you then. See, this is value and value for value type of thing. If I just saved you a bunch of audio ducking shit. Because, dude, you'll play with that. You'll never go back. You'll be like, fuck keyframing and all this other bullshit when it comes to the audio. So it's good. Right. But guys, we'll see you all next time. <laughs>